Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And this isn't the Criterion Collection. Nothing resembling it at all. Hey, <laughs> RJ, remember last year when uh, you watched a Puppet Master movie and then soon after we were watching like a hundred Full Moon Entertainment films? Uh, yeah, I do remember. That was the worst fucking month of my life. Or was it one of the best? date. Was it one of the best? Oh, you're 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 gonna do that, eh? <laughs> or uh, consider this: it was the best. Well, uh, do, this is, I'm, I'm clickbaiting you, bro. Do we need some context to what that was all about? Because no. it's well, it's now gonna be a tradition, apparently. Well, yeah. So here we are. Uh, it's spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's beautiful outside. The birds are eating worms from my backyard, and uh, it's halfway to Creeptober. It is halfway to Creeptober, so... Just over, actually, now. Just over halfway to Creeptober? No. Yeah, that's pretty good, I guess. That's okay. Yeah, so I I think... So last year, it worked out well where I was so sick, and I watched all the Puppet Master movies in one day, except for, like, one. And then we just... We rolled with it. How many uh, Full Moon movies did we talk about in that episode? Like Lots. I don't don't know. Yeah. Lots. Lots. Many. (laughs) Many. Several. And then, well, I mean, it took me a while to figure it out. I think you knew about it before, but I was like, hey, did you realize that this was halfway to uh, Halloween? And you're like, yeah, of course, you (laughs) idiot. And it's like, oh, well, I didn't know that. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, this is ghoul school. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does that mean, Jared? I don't know. It means that, uh, I don't know, we've set a precedent. And, uh, you know, when you think about these schlockmeisters, these, uh, Mm -hmm. these... Con man, like a Charles mm-hmm. Band. You got to think, like, who's the other man who puts entertainment in his uh, film line and uh, has a similar kind of personality? These guys who model themselves after Stan Lee and mm-hmm. Roger Corman. Lloyd Kaufman, RJ. Who's that? Uh, the man behind Troma Entertainment. Troma Entertainment. Yeah. Along with this other guy named Michael Hers, who's like, doesn't really have anything to do with anything. He just kind of. I don't know, make sure the money is there. Mm-hmm. But Lloyd Kaufman is uh, the face one way or another of this enterprise that we're going to be talking about for the next uh, rest of our lives. So it's come to this, eh? A. It's come to a trauma episode. All trauma all the time. What what, what did you coin this, Jarrett? Trome. Trome. Mm. Not to be oh, confused with Trome. Trome. Yeah, Lloyd Kaufman. I don't know a whole lot about him. I will say though, he seems like he seems like a better person than Charles Band because it seems like Charles Band is like like knows that or like deep down is just shit, like a shitty person. But Lloyd Kaufman, he's like <laughs> he's like more upfront about it. He's like, yeah, I'm just here to make money and sell movies. He, but he he like tells you that he's like, I don't know. That everything I've seen with him, he seems like a little bit better of a person because he's like upfront about it, and he's just like whatever. He's like, I'll take a picture with you. Let's, you got a, you let, got a let, dollar. Let, let's try not to say anything too actionable in a court of law here. Um, mm. Well, this is where we say that uh, what we're doing here is uh, characters and not uh, our own actual opinions. This is satire. This is satire. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Well, what else you got over there? Well, RJ, I'm just gonna throw it to you first. Uh-huh. Um, uh, before. Uh, taking upon this venture what did you know about trauma uh to be honest not much like i i knew about toxic avenger 
and I knew about the general shtick of the Troma Enterprise and what they were all about. And that was mostly because of a friend of the show, James Rolfe, uh, of the angry <laughs> video game nerd. Um, I think it was most, I think he, like he, he talked about, he would talk about like Joe Bob Briggs and Lloyd Kaufman trauma movies in uh, his uh, Monster Madnesses at Halloween. And then he, he had Lloyd Kaufman on an episode. That was like later days, though, um, where they were talking about Toxic Avenger, like video games and stuff like that. But I would say probably that was my first exposure to him because I think James Rolfe talked about Toxic Avenger and then like early on in Monster Madness, like one of the first couple of years. And then eventually he would do like a lot of the later day trauma stuff. But that was honestly about the extent of it. And then, I don't know, some of the the movies we watch, every now and then you'll see a Toxic Avenger poster up on some kind of like dorm wall or uh, like a Newcomb High poster or a t-shirt or something like that. But I had I had only ever, before this month, Jarrett, seen one loosely based trauma movie which was uh the the um instant classic don doler flick night beast the movie that fox but mm-hmm. uh, i think that's it's pretty loosely trauma right like yeah, that was just don doler distributed it's distributed yeah, yeah. They, they bought the rights and like, like a lot of the movies we'll be talking about outside of like the actual lloydman lloydman kaufman lloydman kaufman hey yeah mm. yeah they are uh, those are in-house and then there's a whole lot of stuff that they just they're the pickups and i think uh, i covered mo- more of those than uh the tromaville proper yeah i i uh i took the bullet on that one uh i, oh. I watched pretty well all the uh i watched actually all the essential kaufman films mm-hmm. save uh the latest uh return to the return of class of newcomb high part two which is still yeah. uh out there being screened uh, at conventions and stuff, you couldn't so, get a copy of it. No, no, like care. you, you didn't call Lloyd and no, I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I don't want to cross that line, you know. You don't want to bug him and be like, "Hey, Lloyd, we're doing this thing. Can you help us out?" Nah. nah. Okay, that's fine. I just we're good just on that a, front. Just curious, yeah. dude. Uh, as far as my uh, background with trauma, same, mm-hmm. pretty well the same. Like, there's a I've never From James Rolfe. Uh, not really. I mean, that's like where he seemed oh. to come back into prevalence. Like I always had seen trauma as like kind of this like background filler to like horror conventions and stuff like that around. Like no one ever talked about these movies in like particularly high regard. The types mm-hmm. of movies uh, that I was watching were not trauma movies. I didn't watch Toxic Avenger for the first time until like 2012. Um, and then I, I remember as a kid, like there was the Toxic Crusaders cartoon. And yeah. I remember it being like, oh, but there's like this movie and like mm-hmm. I, I, I was like, oh, that's weird. Uh, how do you reconcile that? Maybe I should watch it someday. But then people are like, oh, man, they're way more violent. They're really fucked up. And I was just like, OK. And I just never went out of my way to watch it because I'm like, how good could this movie possibly be? And mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk about that. But, yeah, no, I mean, it was just something that like I knew of the property. I knew actually the, the big thing for me was uh, Cannibal the Musical. Because being a mm-hmm. fan of the mm-hmm. South Park, I remember it was like, whoa, did you know before they did South Park that they did this Cannibal the Musical? And it's distributed by Lloyd Kaufman. And it's like, what does that mean? It's trauma. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, These are things I just like had no idea, didn't really have context for. And um, anyway, that's kind of like the 
early relationship. And then when uh, James Gunn started to grow in prominence with Slither yeah. and Super and stuff like that, it was always like, yeah, you got to start on Tromeo and Juliet. And I was like, <laughs> what's that? And like, uh, it's, it's like a trauma movie. But again, these were things I just wasn't particularly like interested in at the time. I find that a little surprising because this seems like uh, what Teenage Jarrett would have been all about. No, Teenage Jarrett really wasn't watching that many movies until high Just school. Born. And then by that point, I started watching uh, those Criterions. RJ. Oh, you nerd! Those those uh, those things that you would find on Roger Ebert's great movies lists. And well, like, some people yeah. some people say Troma is the Criterion collection uh, of the the regular man, the average Joe. <laughs> some say. Some some would say Boyd Kaufman would probably say that. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Hmm. Well, that's well, a fun fun fact for our Criterion Collection listener types. Uh, yeah. Apparently, uh, Ernst Lubitsch's "To Be or Not to Be" was oh, uh, the movie that uh, made Lloyd Kaufman want to make movies. Oh, do you think Lloyd Kaufman had a, a feel with that Lubitsch touch, and he was like, he "Ooh, baby." Yeah, and then he wanted to bring the the, the Kaufman touch to to his cinema. Jared, what would you describe as the Kaufman touch, or or are we getting ahead we're, of ourselves? We're getting here? ahead of ourselves. Well, I think okay. it'll, I think it'll become prevalent uh, mm-hmm. as we get into this. I see. But I think without any further ado, um, let's, <sighs> let's let's start at the beginning, RJ. Okay. Let's go all the way back to Lloyd Kaufman, this young man. He's like so. I got I was reading his book. I got it out last year or so. All I need mm-hmm. to know about filmmaking, I learned from the Toxic Avenger. He wrote this uh, with some assistance from James Gunn, and uh, it kind of lays out his like history. And I also watched uh, a week or so ago "Greetings from Tromaville," uh, this documentary that is on Amazon Prime that kind mm-hmm. of touches on the history of trauma. And it's kind of amazing how rehearsed and polished the Lloyd Kaufman story is. That it's kind of like this never comes off as genuine. Because there's this, this tale of him going to Yale University and having like uh, like it's not clear if he actually finished his degree or what, mm. but he apparently has one in like Chinese studies, which like which to me <laughs> that, feels more like the... it's it's a joke, right? Like it's like yeah. it feels like a punchline that he took this thing of all things, but it's like if he did finish it, I'm not sure. I can't even. I was trying to look on like Yale University's uh, alumni page, couldn't really mm-hmm. locate anything, but um, on Wikipedia it says it's true. Why would he lie? <laughs> That's like the most trauma thing I've ever heard. Right? Isn't it? So, yeah. So it seems like it doesn't get like investigated too closely because who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I guess like he uh, took a year off from school or he took some time off from school. He traveled to Chad and he talks about going to uh, that, that country and talking about pendulous breasts and filming video of like a pig being slaughtered, bringing that mm-hmm. video back home. And discovering his real knack for annoying the shit out of people and, like, getting reactions out of people. And that kind of set him on his course. And then, like, yeah, he had no real interest in movies. He had roommates that were into movies. And he got turned on to cinema. He's like, yeah, I could do this. I could make movies. And then Mm -hmm. he did, RJ, in 1969 with a film called The Girl Who Returned, who, Lloyd Kaufman, uh, basically says this movie's horrible. And he's not totally wrong. Um, It is the epitome of a like no like zero budget zero 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 budget film about like hey this is a story about uh girls live in one country guys live in another country and then once a year they get to they have a competition uh, olympics hunger game style yeah i believe uh the women are from i think it's like 
or something like Geneva and all the men are from Mongolia because mm-hmm. again, Lloyd Kaufman. And um, of course, yeah, it's just like lots of footage of like, you know, sorority age girls running around track fields without bras <laughs> on. That's the that's the gimmick, and it's yeah. It's, and then it's, what do they do? They just run. They run around and they run and they run and they run and they run and they run. And, they run. and there's a voiceover narration. One of the another uh, part of the the Kaufman touch, we'll say, voiceover mm-hmm. narration. Because mm-hmm. apparently you can you do that to just communicate information that you maybe didn't get visually, but usually it's completely unnecessary. One, yeah. Well, I mean, how what is necessary in any of these movies, Jared? <laughs> uh, money. Oh. But they didn't have any of that. Yeah, yeah. I believe uh, Lloyd Kaufman described this film. Uh, the watching it Sorry. is akin to having your arm eaten to the bone by cage filled with starving rats. That doesn't seem like the worst thing, though. Mm, well, we'll, we'll just just compared to that. movies. Yeah, yeah. So he made this thing, um, and then he followed it up with the Battle of Love's Return from 1971. Is it a sequel? Nope. Oh. This is a a one-off set in uh, the Rotten Apple of New York. This Mm. movie actually stars Lloyd Kaufman. Of course. uh, Who who plays this nebish young man who just wants to get a date. And he can't. He's a loveless loser. And he's just experiencing, you know, 1970s New York firsthand where everyone's cruel and mean. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, this movie is... Not good, um, but <laughs> what, a, it, what a delicate way to put it. It's not good. Uh, it, it, I'm watching these out of build the finding the, the the building blocks of uh, oh, okay. what would become Kaufman, and there is definitely elements there. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of Woody Allen's Take the Money and Run. His like first like real feature film. It's like very goofy sense of humor and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. uh, we'll just say Lloyd Kaufman is no Woody Allen. He might say that he is. Uh, well, I mean, other than the, the I don't think he would stuff. actually. Yeah. See, there you yeah. go. Yeah. See, I, I'm. Figured, I, I know you, how to distance myself yeah, there you, a little bit. Yeah, you figured it out. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what I mean. Boy Kaufman seems like a, a pretty decent guy. I mean, he might make movies about sex pests, but I, I don't know. Has he ever had any scandals? Not none that I've heard of. Not that I've heard of. Yeah. So he's doing something right. Uh, Good for him. <laughs> yeah, we'll just say that. Good for him. Uh, fun fact, RJ. Uh, yes. Apparently, Lloyd Kaufman grew up with Oliver Stone as a close personal friend. A real close personal friend, or like how we say close personal friend? Uh, uh, as in actual friends that they went to school oh. together. Their parents were friends, and uh, that's nice, I guess. Yeah. So they they had their start with one another, but then you know Oliver Stone did not wind up making a film for uh, Trauma, sadly. Well, isn't uh, JFK under the Trauma like production company? I believe that is inaccurate. That's not true? Not true. What about Born on the Fourth of July? Is that a trauma pick? Also not true. But it, it features trauma elements. Some. <laughs> There's a lot of shit and puke in that movie. Yeah. You never killed a baby. You never killed a baby? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, yeah. a story for another day. Yeah. Battle of Love's Return again. Uh, you see, like, you just see little bits and pieces of uh, the Kaufman mm-hmm. sense of humor but it is yeah. a, a muddled movie again m- made with like next to no resources, but he's starting to stage like big battle scenes in like parks, um, just like outside of New York, which mm-hmm. is uh reminiscent of Troma's war later on on a larger scale. 
but we'll get yeah. there, RJ. We'll get. Oh, there. we'll we'll get there. We got a lot to talk about today. We have many many things. We'll, we'll we'll get to you soon. I just got a couple okay, a couple more pictures here to mention. So, uh, that was the end of his directing for a while, for about, yeah. for eight years. In between, he started um, just uh, producing movies, and he worked with like John Avildsen, director of Rocky and Joe. Uh, mm-hmm. And like on, for Saturday Night Fever, he worked like as a production location manager. He was involved. He got even thanked R.J. Uh, by? during oh on the uh, during the Oscars acceptance speech by John Avildsen for Rocky. Lloyd Kaufman is really? yes. There is verbal confirmation. I have seen the video. Lloyd Kaufman Ooh. is thanked on the Oscars in 1975. I guess. I don't know if I've ever heard Lloyd Kaufman bring no, that up though. Later, later than that, he has. He brings it up in the oh, book. He- so wait, was oh, he, the book? What, was Sam? the book? Is it an autobiography? Is it like Lloyd Kaufman memoirs, or like yeah. is it a mix between him and other people talking? It's, it's just him. Well, he's got like his assistants. It it is the sh- it is all shtick. It, it, you, mm. you can imagine what like a Lloyd Kaufman book would resemble. He, it's like him talking to his editor and having back and forth, making ridiculous jokes, absurd, yeah, stupid jokes. And they're like, yeah, it is. Uh, it's a fun book, RJ. It's a trifle. Fun? And it, it jumps between kind of like autobiographical stuff about uh, the history of himself and the company. And then it goes into like mm-hmm. production stuff. Like, hey, how do you do this sort of effect? And he lays out some technical stuff every other chapter. It's um, neat, I guess. Yeah, it's fine. It was yeah. worth uh, four bucks used on ABE books or wherever Where the- I got it. Was there any insight to uh, some of the technical things that you yeah. pulled from that? Or Yeah, there is. I mean, I didn't really read those parts. I was more interested at the time of like the history production stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's some, I guess, hey, how do you do this sort of effect? Like uh, throwing a baseball at a guy's ass and uh, laying out. <laughs> how the, do you do that? Uh, reverse. You do it? Well, there's, that becomes a, a staple of a trauma. It's like, hey, we know how to do this one trick. and We're going to keep doing it over and over again. And like, what, what do you mean reverse? Like they put the baseball on a guy's ass and yeah, he just and then, like, and then they pulled away like on a string and then, then they pull it away on a string. And then when, oh. you, when you flip it around, then it looks like the ball's going onto his ass. Classic, classic, classic Kaufman. Mm-hmm. So while in the production game, uh, one of the films I did watch was this one called sugar cookies. It's from, okay. 19, it's like from 1973. Uh, this is currently being distributed by on Blu-ray by vinegar syndrome. Sounds sexy. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a uh, sleazy, sexy vertigo type deal. Ooh. Not in the way that Under uh, Silver Lake is like Rear Window. <laughs> oh, one of those? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Sugar Cookies, uh, Lloyd Coppin actually has a pretty good sense of awareness, I think. More than he lets sure. on mm-hmm. uh, from his, his shticky character, the Barkster con man. Well, he's playing a character too, right? Um, he, he is, just like we are. Yeah, just like us. Um, he wrote about Sugar Cookies, the ultimate 70s film in the Troma catalog, a wash with bell bottoms, pop art, and Vaseline lenses. There's a contrived artiness to the film, a slow moving quality that destroys any wit that was in the original script. Uh, he mm. even has some unkind words for, uh, uh, what's her name? Mary Warnoff, who I'm a big fan of. What does of. she do? She's. Um, what does she do in this film? She no, is... What does she do to piss him off? Well, she's just, He describes her as like having like all the presence of like a plank of wood when she's supposed to be like oh. very erotically charged. And, That's uh, sad. Yeah. Kind of a... What do you call... She's a scorned lover. Her, um, her lover, played by Lynn Lowry, she's murdered by this other like pornographer, producer guy. 
Mm-hmm. And so she sets about getting revenge, and she happens to find a woman that looks exactly like Lynn Lowry, played by Lynn Lowry, to mm. get her revenge. And there's a whole seduction game. It's all very cold and calculated, and um, it's not horrible, but okay. I mean, it's just, it's a '70s picture. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've seen so many of these types of movies, but yeah, it definitely could be could have been better, could have been more. But and this is just one that he produced. Uh, what's his name? Theodore Gershuni. Gershuni. He uh, not dr- a real name. He directed this because he and he also worked on a, a film, Silent Night, Bloody Night, from 1972 Ooh. that Kaufman also produced. Um, which let's see here, The Mansion, The Madness, The Maniac, No Escape. <laughs> a man inherits a mansion which once was a mental home. He visits the place and begins to investigate some crimes that happened in old times, uh, scaring the people living in the region. What do they mean by old times? Old times. Like what, what, like what era? I don't know. It's been a Just long time. Times? It's been many years since I've seen that movie, and I did not mm. rewatch it this month. That's um, fine. But anyway, yeah, he uh, he made this the sugar cookies. But yeah, I, I think his like, it was like part of the struggle of like trying to get a movie made, which is always yeah. understated by uh, I think people who maybe write and talk about movies how difficult it is to make movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up for me that I watched was, uh, one of their more nefarious distributed movies, blood sucking freaks. So is it, it's just distributed. It has no other, like, uh, right. it wasn't. Okay. Yeah. It, this was, gotcha. a, this was a pickup. Um, yeah. And this was, uh, Joel Reed's movie, blood sucking freaks. That is more just famous for being just like a weird, nasty movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's one of the other like kind of early or kind of like early 2010s online reviewer types? There was um, what was his name? Like us? Like us? No, but like 10 years before, they were making videos, uh, putting them on YouTube. Like the guy with the glasses. There's the spin-off guy, Cinema Snob. That's it. Oh, okay. So he's like very much like a James Rolfe, and those those guys all really love trauma because. Mm-hmm. I, arguably trauma sets the bar low enough for these types of like films. And so you can, it makes excuses for like making shortcuts, making cheap movies. And Lloyd Kaufman really encourages that stuff. He's an incredibly uh, encouraging person, very supportive because it doesn't really take any effort to like say, yeah, you should definitely do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It doesn't matter if it's good or not. It's just like, yeah, you should should definitely do that because one in a hundred might actually work out well. Well, he inspires hope, Jarrett. Hope. And I mean, look what happened. He, they got James Gunn. He's like the golden child poster boy of trauma now. So I think I think it worked. Lloyd Kaufman was like, yeah, I'll give anyone any shot ever. And then uh, now they're just, I think every every promotional thing he's done in the last like 10 years has been like, hey, ever heard of James Gunn? Well, even before that, it was uh, Trey Parker, Matt Stone with Campbell, uh, the musical. Around see, that same time. Cause like, he struck lightning twice. Yeah, because there's those times like in the the making of some of those mm-hmm. 90s movies uh it's like hey james gunn was on set and uh, like or then but then of course it's like hey ron jeremy's on set everyone let's just stop mm-hmm. what we're doing to give him a round of applause every time it's it's pretty amazing like it's <laughs> everyone's got to shake ron jeremy yes oh man did they give the same treatment to lemmy from motorhead oh yeah because yeah well, oh, but, he deserves but, the applause but, 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 oh they piss off lemmy though we'll get there We'll get oh, there. Yeah. okay. I did. I this is news to me. Oh, you see, because you didn't watch the best parts of Troma, those making ofs. I think I did exactly what I needed to do, mm, and nothing more. So, blood sucking freaks. Uh, this yeah. movie. So, this is like our first actual uh, ghoulie movie. Yeah. 
Um, the the tagline for this film: Join the fun, human dartboards, home style brain surgery, dental hijinks. Sardu runs the theater of the macabre. Sardu is into S and M. Sardu likes to kill people in public and make them think it's fake. Um, what was the name of a? So I'm I'm having deja vu here. What was the name of the vampire and subspecies in the full moon? Things wasn't his name like Sardu also? I can't recall. You I'll it. look it up. Okay. You keep talking. So Bloodsucking Freaks. Uh, yeah, Sardu's got a little pal, a little man named uh, Ralphus. And uh, they get up to no good. Uh, lots of enslavement, keeping women in cages, mm-hmm. uh, turning them into cannibal fiends that uh, they feed unwanted people to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, it's kind of funny. <laughs> like, it, it's never terribly serious but i could imagine in 1976 people going into theaters to watch this and being like jesus i believe this movie Mm -hmm. did uh probably come with a a william castle style vomit bag classic yeah vintage yeah so uh subspecies the uh charles band uh special uh had a vampire named radu ah see see it's close to sardu completely different you just swap the S and the R, and then you or the A and the R. You put an S in front, and uh, you change the movie, the location, the the look of the person, and it's almost the same. Yeah, you see what I'm doing? I'm doing some Charles Band level stuff over here. I, I see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell me more about uh, blood sucking freaks. Uh, or is you, that it? You wouldn't like this movie. Uh, I don't think it's a very good movie yeah. at all. Just like, even compared to like uh, a lot of the '70s stuff that mm-hmm. I have seen in the horror vein. This is like subpar, not very interesting beyond uh, the joy that Ralphus takes in torturing people. He's a, yeah, he's just a happy little man wearing a very 1970s clothes, uh, like a little kid. And mm. uh, yeah, they, uh, I mean, they get their, they get their just desserts at the end, but um, I don't know. It's completely inessential. Um, when I was when I first started watching these though, I hadn't really started grading them on the trauma scale, mm-hmm. um, so maybe it's undergraded. But uh, as far as like, I think right uh-huh. now I got this bad boy at two stars out of five. Yeah, and I, uh, I would be like, because that's about my uh, chances of rewatching it, more or yeah. less. It's like, yeah, it wouldn't be on that list. Yeah, I had a sliding scale as well for uh, ranking these movies because I ranked them, and then I watched more, and I was like, oh. Oh, I was like, so that wasn't uh, a two star movie. That was a five star movie, apparently. Yeah. See, it's all about uh, perspective. Perspective. It's mm. right. So, RJ, uh, yes. the, 1979, Lloyd Kaufman, he returns to the directing game. And uh, here you enter because this is a movie that you and I watched together. What do you mean together? We don't see each other in real life. Yeah. Well, we did this time. We watched. We did this time. We, we watched Squeeze play. Mm hmm. We sure so, did. This is when uh, Lloyd Kaufman was like, hey, you know what sells? Sex. You know what's selling right now? Comedy. What mm-hmm. What if we just did a sex comedy? Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, the one thing he likes to do, I've noticed in his book, is try to grab for the sky of like some sort of like, I don't know, kind of like socially aware kind of idea, like women's lib <laughs> in quotes and be like, yeah, let's bring <laughs> women's lib into our movie, our sex comedy and, uh, yeah. have some fun with it. And then you get squeeze play. And then you get squeeze play. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want me to take over? Yeah. Here? Yeah. Go for it. All right, Jared. 
it's pretty early, but this is going to be a long day for us. So, Squeeze Play is a film about a male softball team. They The boys like to have fun. They like to crack some cold ones, you know, for the boys, Jarrett. They go out, they play, they leave their uh, bag, bags of wives at home, their girlfriends. They're like, listen, baby, I got to go play some softball. This is very important. We're playing our rival team. There's a huge fat guy on that team, and he is a real piece of shit. We got to go. But then one of the girls is like, hey, I like softball too. And they're like, that's all they do. They go, they're like, women can't play softball. It's a real league of their own type situation. So she tries out. They give her a hard time. And then she's like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'll make my own team. My own team of cutthroat women. And we're going to play our own softball. So they make their team. They get guided by an old drunk man who I'm not sure if he's ever like really introduced or not or if he's just kind of there. You do that. uh, The male team gets a little bit hostile towards the female team. Uh, They're up in wet t-shirt contests. Uh, where all the other men are oogling them. And then so the male baseball team is like, hey, those are our girlfriends. Other guys can't look at them. So they get a little bit mad. They get a little hot under the collar. And then uh, it all comes to a head when the male team and the female team play each other, Jarrett. Mm -hmm. It's a world series of laughs is the tagline. So that's a squeeze play. Do you know what a squeeze play is, Jarrett? No, tell me. So a squeeze play is a scenario where you have like a runner in between second and third, and then you have uh, like the third baseman and the shortstop uh, are throwing the ball back and forth, and he's running in between them, and they're trying to take him out. Well, squeeze play. Wow, it's baseball. Is, is there any like thematics in connecting that to this movie to any of like the drama? Or is it just well, I mean, there to, are like, some asses that get squeezed, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, tits and asses getting squeezed, getting groped at. Yeah, some like uh, attempted rapery by the big man mm-hmm. in that car, and his head gets stuck in the window. Remember that? Yeah, yeah there's that. Well, this squeeze play is also kind of like, uh, it's like when someone bunts to, and it brings the third baser off. So it's kind of like a sacrifice thing because the bunter always, like, usually would get thrown out. So I, do you think there's a deeper meaning to that in this movie? Like, do you think the men are sacrificing themselves so that the women can get on third? No. You don't think that that's an issue no, here? No, and then the movie, it, the movie ends with the men winning. That's that, true. Because it's, it's unexpected. That is true. Yeah. Well, you would think that, they, but it's not a league. Well, don't they lose in a league of their own, too? I have no idea. They don't win, right? I don't know. I've never seen that movie, RJ. What, really? Yeah. That's a good movie. It's got your uh, girl Rosie O'Donnell in it. Mm-hmm. Not riding the bus with my sister Rosie O'Donnell, but uh, <laughs> she's there. So that's Squeeze Play. Um, yep. <laughs> I think Squeeze Play is it's fine. Yeah. There was a few things that I was like, yeah. I, I mean, for 1979, I'm sure this probably uh, got lots of roars in the drive-in. Oh yeah, this uh, movie this movie uh, turned around fortunes for uh, Lloyd Kaufman. If this movie mm-hmm. hadn't been a hit, he would have. Uh, He'd have nothing. Yeah. This, so, it, I, yeah, because I guess like so the yeah the way this story went, I believe was uh, no one wanted the movie at the beginning. It was just mm-hmm. like crap, and it's like no one wants this. This is just like no one no 
Kaufman, get out of here. Get out of here. And then um, it, it played one theater. He got it distributed distribution out there because this is back in the old days before uh, we got DVDs, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't even have that V. We didn't even have VHS yet. But uh, yeah, it became like a huge hit. And people were rolling in the aisles. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, yeah. And it worked so out. I, and- yeah, I get that. There is a lot of um, pretty aggressive uh, mishandling of uh, women in this. Um, but that fat guy is pretty funny. Yeah. When he's not raping people. Apparently, uh, one of the girls during that uh, uh, wet t-shirt contest she did not want to to do it and of course Mm. they found that out the day they were filming so they had to like get some people in that didn't match at all and they couldn't do it topless and they couldn't do anything topless it's just one of those things about like he's all these rules now (laughs) that start coming Mm -hmm. into play about like how women get uh cold feet sometimes when it comes to doing these nude scenes so they do them first when they're filming a movie because like on the first day yeah I see. Yeah, before because if it's too late, because if they if they don't want to do it on the first day, then you can at least like fire them and get the get actresses that will do it. Even because like usually these women say, "Yeah, I'll do it," but then they're on set amongst like the actual crew, and they're like, "Uh, I don't feel comfortable anymore." And then yeah. Kaufman's like, "Jesus Christ, <laughs> I, have to, I have to get you, I have to get you abroad." <laughs> so, I mean, it, however that sounds. It does actually kind of. It makes sense. It makes right? practical sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, well, it's like, well, we can't reshoot the whole movie, so it's like, it's better to do it up front, see if they're cool with it or not. And he's like, and if they're not cool with it, then fine. At least we know before we filmed anything else. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's like that. I mean, it goes to like when he's talking about like with the Toxic Avenger stuff. Like they had the guy who played the Toxic Avenger in the first movie. He was playing it in the second movie, but then he was just like he wouldn't show up. <laughs> like he just wouldn't come. He some was days. being a Bruce Willis. Uh, just won't leave the trailer for days. No, no he wouldn't even. He, well, he there's no trailers in Tromaville, right? Uh, but no, this is like, oh, the actor doesn't show up, so he's like, well, fuck it, we got, we have to shoot. So yeah. they just got a guy who's big, and then they kept using him for like another movie. So mm-hmm. movie well, magic, RJ. The movie. That's uh, that's what the, all the normies don't see. Those behind the scenes that's action. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, squeeze play is like fine i think like it's not yeah it's got parts of it that are okay but then there's also some pretty dated stuff where you're like yeah well that's the thing it's like uh, as we've talked about on the podcast proper uh, Mm -hmm. comedy doesn't necessarily age great and uh the the whatever you want to call it the sex comedy teen comedy is all from this era Yeah. yeah you had to have been there you had to have grown up with this stuff it's like you know for you and i rj dumb and dumber all-time banger though i imagine that people one Mm. day will come to that movie and be like "Ugh, really this isn't funny at all but those people are wrong though that's true and i'm sure there's got somewhere somewhere out there there's like some like squeeze play aficionados that are like really into it the whole the whole uh kaufman sex comedy cycle which we'll get into uh before continuing on to that though you and I also watched 1980s uh, Trauma Distributed, directed by brother of Lloyd Kaufman, Charles Kaufman. Mm-hmm. Mother's did you Day. Watch Mother's Day. Did you watch any other Charlie Kaufman movies? I did not because okay. I watched Mother's Day. So we watched this on Mother's Day. Look at how well that uh, I know. lined up. So I, I'm on the letterbox right now, and the tagline is, if you go down to the woods today, mm-hmm. that's it. That's all it says. If you go down to the woods today. I think they could have added a little more. So um, I know you have a, a pretty 
interesting history with Mother's Day. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about <laughs> my, it. My interesting history of Mother's Day is I watched this movie several years ago, uh, just mm-hmm. as a random watch, and I lasted. Uh, you know what? I actually did watch this whole movie. I thought I might have turned it off before mm-hmm. the end of it, but no, I did because I was watching it. I'm like, oh yeah, it's all coming back to me. These scenes. This movie sucks. I just don't, tell me what you really feel. I, I don't like this movie at all. It's um, gross, boring. It's boring. Yeah. It, I, I don't like how any of it's handled. The characters suck. There's these like unnecessary flashbacks to baseball diamonds. <laughs> um, well, they like, had to get in that squeeze play reference, Jarrett. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. I, I, um, I, the first time watching this movie, yeah, I, I did not like it at all. I thought it was terrible. And I mean, I kind of have like, um, uh, a history of liking these like, kind of grossy mm-hmm. rape revenge like 70s movies like a I Spit on Your Grave or mm-hmm. Last House on the Left and this I just like I don't Deliverance. know the, 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 the filmmaking of this isn't good at all like Deliverance is yeah. classy Deliverance is a classy picture that's the classic rape yeah. revenge well, pick I Spit on Your Grave is like pretty gross but it, like mm-hmm. at the same time I think there's like some genuine good filmmaking on display and like Last House on the Left I think it's also like fairly well made. Mother's Day though, oh, I don't know. And some mm-hmm. people, people like this movie, so I don't know. What what, what did you yeah. uh, think of this number? Well, I was gonna say I could see this being like, not even like a cult classic thing, but like I, I I imagine this has like a little fan base where they're like, oh yeah, it's so seedy and greasy, and it's just like it really hits you in between the beans. Um, so it's like this old lady. And she's got these two like chud sons and she they're all they're both like vying for her love and attention. And they do this by like capturing people and like raping them and murdering them in front of her. And she's like really into it for some reason, for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, The one son kind of looks like that. uh, What is it? That Irish actor who has the the huge scar along his mouth from Ratcatcher. Yeah. He kind of looks like that guy a little bit just without the huge scars. So, yeah, I was watching this and, you know, my take on this kind of stuff, like, I'm not huge and I, I don't really like rape revenge movies because they're gross. Yeah. Uh, and I know that's what I mean. Like, I know some people are super into it for whatever reason. I don't know. If or some people, maybe like, it just doesn't in, bother not, them. Yeah, they're not. I don't know if anyone's in, super into these movies. Like, I bet I'm there's sure, one guy. Oh, who's oh 100%. There's a few guys that are probably yeah. super into those, and I don't want to know those guys. But yeah. The uh, Jarrett's of the world. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, I know. So that's what I, I'm, I think some people, it doesn't bother as much. They're like, oh, whatever. It's not real. And it's like, I know it's not real, but still, it's gross. It's like, I'd rather not just watch like simulated rape for yeah, 80 minutes yeah, like that's not a good time that and this movie is not that either it's it, um, it's not but there, there's like enough of it there and i feel like they were trying this kind of almost so, it reminded me of like rep- texas chainsaw a little bit yeah just because of like like not not nearly as good or effective at all no it's just like <laughs> the uh the grime of the house i feel like they try to make it look like yeah. that but then also it's it's so very clearly like it's like they went in like the day before with like some spray paint and like I don't know some guy who was chewing tobacco and was just spitting on the floor while they were spray painting like boobs on the walls so, and stuff. So to recap, Mother's Day. Um, this movie starts out with like a like a trauma sort of thing, or like some sort of like gathering of people talking about their problems, like 
some sort of it's, it's like a workshop where because he yeah. says like at the end of it he's like you have now all graduated yeah where it's kind of, I, I took it as like one of those self-help workshops where it's like after this you will be certified as like a support grief counselor or something but like on the thing it says like not a legitimate like grief counselor right. or something like and that so, I'm, that's what i took from yeah it. so some mother's there and she offers uh these two hippies a ride mm-hmm. but then rj the hippies are going to rob her because they're dirty, evil hippies. And then you think, oh, it's, it's, it's going to be that type of movie where it's like Mother's Day is like ironic because she's going to get killed. But then it turns out Mother is a psychopath with two chud sons who are like monsters who just attack the car in the middle of the woods. And they just kill these people outright, decapitating them, murdering yeah. them dead. Um, then we jump to some a couple of girls, you know, they're going to have themselves a hangover time out in the woods wearing like fucking neg- negligees and like the clothing that makes absolutely no fucking sense. It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it's, it was just frustrating me so much because I'm like, this is all the problems with this movie. It, it's just clueless. Like, it's like, do yeah. these people even know? Like, I'm sure like everyone was like, oh, we're having fun because this doesn't make any sense. He's like, yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. It doesn't make any sense. Why are they not wearing like actual clothes that you would wear clothes? going to the woods? Well, and so, and they go out yeah. there and what happens is they basically fall into the hands of the, the rape brothers who grab mm-hmm. the girls and like, they actually do it. Like it's one of the better kind of moments where they just like, oh, you're in sleeping bags. That's just like a giant sack. And it's like, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, it recalls uh, one of the better moments from the Friday the 13th franchise of Jason just taking up a sleeping bag and just swinging it against uh, trees. Mm-hmm. That and uh, it it actually reminded me of uh, that VHS segment, the alien slumber party, where the aliens come in and just like scoop up everyone in the blankets and in their sleeping bags and take them out. Yep. It's effective because yep. it's, it's scary. It's, it's very practical because you're like, yeah, when, yep. you go, when you're like crawling into your sleeping bag, you are consenting mm-hmm. to something just like grabbing you that can act you you don't think oh there's nothing big enough to carry me away it's like other than giant mutant sons uh and so you get the (laughs) like you get this like kind of element of the movie that's like more realistic as far as like oh these guys are just like kidnapping these women and they're going to keep them in the house so they can like do whatever they want to them practicing kill methods and sexual humiliation it's a real fun time it's got that skeevy vibe of like this is what like it would be this is like the terrifying scenario it would be for like a woman who's kidnapped by dudes that live out in the middle of nowhere yeah and so you get like a uh a sequel a whole bunch of sequences of them just like doing horrible things to these women and then one of them actually dies. You get like the really mm-hmm. disturbing scene of one like in a drawer in like the bedroom. See that that was the thing that reminded me of Texas Chainsaw a well, little bit. I was it, like that would fit in in that world. Yeah. Or, or also reminds me of that uh, one uh, episode of X Files. Oh, home. Yeah, yeah. That, that's basically yeah. what this is. Uh, yeah, it is kind yeah. of. And um, it's just the mom has legs in this. Yeah, that's right. That's and, like the only arms. difference, really. And arms. Yep. Yep. And just wheel her under the bed. Yeah, that's still that's still more messed up than this that this whole movie because that episode's yeah. only like fifty minutes and this thing is you feel every minute of that hour and a half. Uh, yep. and, then, and then the two women who survive they come back and then they just kill the the family. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's like real. Oh, there's a twist though, isn't there? Like, oh, isn't there like a potential werewolfy supernatural sort of thing at the very end? There's like yeah, there there's something like that, and I remember. Like it's it's a while now, but I watched it. And I was like, "What did that mean?" Yeah, like, there's it, something weird. I was like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah, I was the, like, "What were they insinuating the, here?" There's a suggestion that it's like, "Oh, now there's a werewolf that they're they're because they're they think they've survived it," and it's like, "Oh no, 
something's the head's coming out of the woods. It's like something's a howl. coming. And you're like okay. It's like it's so oh. bad. Um, well, they have a lot of like uh like bait and switches there where it's like she she thinks that she's saved by the cop, but it's one of the rape brothers in a cop know. car, and then yeah. yeah, which you know immediately, but yeah. then it left me thinking. I was like, where did they get that the cop car in like yeah, cop they... outfit? I guess at some point they would have killed a cop, but yeah, but, but he had like, not get enough time to like think about this and, and like go change and get the car out from the garage. It's like oh, yeah. he did all that, huh? Yeah. Well, so there's like that and you're like, well, that's kind of weird. Um, one thing I did like, though, is like when one of the ladies was running away and she was getting chased by, chased by that rape brother <laughs> and she throws a rock like in the bushes and he's like, and he jumps at it. But it's it's a hill and it just shows him do a full bomb over the hill. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, there's like things in this movie I think are OK. It's just uh, the general uh, vibe of it. I found off putting, but I that's the, just me. Yeah, I found the movie just like it's so boring. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I just my eyes were on my iPod looking at other things, yeah. like going on websites, yeah. and all the movie just kept playing. And it's just like, oh, it won't end. Yeah, I didn't think it like I didn't like it. I don't think it was that bad, but uh, yeah, just kind of off putting. And it's not even just the rape stuff. Like we'll we'll be talking about that quite a bit today. But uh, <laughs> some movies, I think it's more like. Not even forgivable, but it's like more tolerable. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah, Mother's Day, hey, Mother's Day. And uh, speaking of another of another day, mm. uh, 1981 brought us Graduation Day, which I, yes, I, did. I I did not watch this month, but I did watch not that long ago when I was on a, a slasher kick. And this movie I recall being pretty good. Yeah, Graduation Day is not bad actually. Uh, the tagline for this is some kids are dying to graduate uh so this movie has an actual like it's got a pretty awesome cold open where it's like a track meet and there's this girl and she's just fucking booking it on this track and uh she crosses the finish line and then the it like it starts to like go freeze framing and the music's like and it's like her collapsing and she just dies from like a a heart attack and then it, it jumps a full year like ahead and you're just like, whoa, what is that about? And then it's like a girl running through the like of the woods, right? Yeah. 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 There's yeah, there's like stuff like that. So the the premise for this movie is there's this girl and uh she's running the track meet, and all the girls on like the track and field team, they're kind of put under a lot of like super stress from this like maniac coach. He's like your classic in your face kind of scream at you, coach, like, do it again. Like that kind of stuff. So you get the vibe that like he puts so much pressure on them that this girl's like heart literally just collapsed because she was maybe overworked. So you jump a little bit ahead and then what happens is someone in a track suit with like a fencing mask and a fencing sword starts going around and starts killing all the other girls like her friends that were on the track team as well. And you have a couple actually pretty pretty decent kills in this. Like there's there's a few that um like when they happen, I was like, oh, that's nice. Like it's not nothing that you've never seen before, but I was like, they, they do it well here. Uh, so someone's going around killing them. And then you have a bunch of red herrings where it's like, uh, is it the track coach? Mm-hmm. Is it the sister of the girl who died? Is it like the super gross principal guy who's like me all the time? Uh, was it the boyfriend? Like, was it this person? Was it that person? So you have a couple fake outs where it's very clearly like it was that person until it wasn't 
if that makes sense. It's like, oh, it was definitely like this guy until this scene where you're like, oh, it's not you. Okay. And then, so I didn't like, it's not, and it's not even like that bad where, um, the killer makes sense. It's like not out of nowhere where you're just like, oh, they just decided to do that as a twist. It's just, there's a lot of red herrings. And then, uh, this movie actually has a pretty Jarrett uh, ending where the uh, the actual killer like uh, exhumes the body of the girl who died and like puts her in a, like a prom dress and just has her like in the attic waiting like to have prom because she never got to have it and stuff like that. And it really reminded me of you. I was like, oh, what a Jarrett thing to have in here. A Jarrett move. What a Jarrett move. Uh, but no, yeah, actually, Graduation Day is not bad. Um, it's decent enough. Like, uh, it's not, it wouldn't be a bad, like, Creeptober pick for someone if you just needed, like, um, I don't know, like a high school slasher. It yeah. fits in there. This yeah. is directed by some guy named Herb Freed. Yeah. And it looks like he has other movies. <laughs> yeah, other movies. Uh, yeah, the other thing, too. So this is on YouTube, readily mm-hmm. available. And uh, Vinegar Syndrome also distributes this on Blu-ray. Yeah, we should mention, actually, I uh, almost exclusively watched every one of my movies on YouTube, um, like un- uncensored, unedited. I think there was four that I-, I watched that you just gave to me. So, yeah. like, almost all of these are for free on YouTube. Which is, so there's... again, uh, an interesting thing about Kaufman, who I mean, mm-hmm. you could be like, so one of the anecdotes I forgot to mention at the beginning was, um, so he went to the Calgary Comic Convention like 10 years ago or something like that, like in the, mm-hmm. in the early days. And I remember um, the story of him, like if you go to his table, he's like, just like, Hey, what, what do you want to buy? <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's, he's like really like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll chat with you. What are you going to buy something? Like my time's valuable. I'm not, you're not yeah. buying anything. You're taking up my time, which is like, Oh geez, this guy just wants to sell crap to people and just uh, take their money. <laughs> but they have this, uh, there's this interesting principle that they have when it comes to their movies is um, mm-hmm. they just put everything on like practically everything on YouTube and mm-hmm. just being like, well, people can watch it and if they like it, they'll buy it. That's like mm-hmm. the best exposure we can give to our movies is just making it available because yep, why not? Like they'll, and then maybe they'll buy some other stuff too. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's smart to me. Like it's kind of more my attitude about uh, like with my own, yeah. anything I do is like make it available for free and uh, if people want it, they'll give you money for it mm-hmm. rather than... Um, trick people into uh paying for crap i'm just not yeah. saying that uh kaufman's not above doing that i'm sure too i'm sure they'll be like yeah. oh you like this movie you should check out this and it's completely mm-hmm. absolute crap but well so that's what i mean it seems it seems like lloyd kaufman's at least up front about it because i have a friend who met him at calgary also and uh he said he was he was really nice like it's it's a similar story uh where lloyd was like He's like, I'll sign anything that you buy from the stand. So it's like, if you buy something, that's I'll sign. To, that's complete. That to me is totally fair. Yeah. And so like yeah. uh, he bought Toxic Avenger 1 and 2. And I think they were both like $10 or something like that. And then uh, Lloyd Kaufman signed them both. And uh, he said that like the booth is, it's set up for fans where it's all the trauma shit. And then they, uh, it sounds like Lloyd Kaufman always brings a Toxic Avenger with him, like some guy. Yeah. So you get your stuff signed and then you can get a picture with Lloyd and uh Toxie in front of the, the trauma booth. So that's what I mean. Like Lloyd seems uncle Lloyd. He seems like a, a pretty, uh, pretty Lloyd. decent guy. Like he's a, he's a salesman. He wants money, of course. But, but he seems like a little bit more honest about it than others that we've encountered. So, 
Hunky well, Boyd. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious because there's like a uh, Troma TV, Troma, like there's like a streaming channel that apparently exists for Troma, but mm. I haven't really seen. A post to the YouTube? Yeah. Because YouTube has almost all of it. I don't know if it's got everything though officially because well, there's, for... there's some things that Troma YouTube account doesn't actually put up. There's like the knockoff people who just mm-hmm. put up films on there because they ripped the one that they put on yeah. and they make things private when they want to. They don't always have their stuff constantly available, but yeah, yeah there's apparently a, a streaming channel now as well, which I'm <laughs> always more like, mm, is that some full moon business? <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about that on the full moon, but that full moon streaming service sounds like uh, sounds like bad news. Yep. Everything on that front is uh, bad news. Bad news to me. Yeah. Um, oh, so yeah, the other thing I'll get out of the way too, if we're talking about uh, DVDs and Blu-rays. So the, the most laughable thing about goddamn Kaufman intros on DVDs and Blu-rays is talking about how they're like remastered, digitally restored, remastered. Oh. What yeah. a load of shit. I kind of I thought it was uh, that's some of that self-aware wolf stuff where I thought it was a joke because he says it so much. He's like completely remastered for Uh, the first time ever. And then it's just like, it's like potato quality. And I was like, (laughs) Oh, is that just uncle Lloyd? Like having a laugh? Ah, man. But or, like, or are they, they serious? They, okay, so they definitely look better on the DVDs and Blu-rays than they do on YouTube. Like, I've seen, yeah. like, the differences, and it's like, yeah. So, like, even, like, watching a movie on YouTube that is just, like, a VHS rip that they just uploaded, they look terrible. And they actually do detract from the uh, my ability to enjoy them. Like, if I get an opportunity to watch, like, something in 2K at least... Like, it's mm-hmm. like, wow, like, it really can change, like, the way that something looks. Like, watching Sugar Cookies, the movie looks great on uh, Blu-ray, but um, watching some of these, like, movies that you're like, man, this really could use some uh, love and attention. Like, Toxic, you'd think Toxic Avenger would be, like, a, a top mm-hmm. priority for them to, like, get properly restored. It should be. It should be, but, I mean. There's, there's like, five movies, <laughs> five total out of all of these that I think they should they should vamp up because it's worth it. Well, they don't license out their like the Tromaville stuff. Like that stuff yeah. is like that's the stuff that they sell. And so they don't like uh, want to have like vinegar syndrome involved with those ones. Uh, but yeah, any that of makes the sense. the ones that they distribute though, like a graduation day, um, mm-hmm. I'm sure Mother's Day would probably fall under that eventually. But um, yeah, they 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 keep a, a tight hold on those Tromavilles, which is unfortunate because I feel like those would be like the ones that you'd want to like. Those would be the big sellers, right? The the the, the, the Toxy, at least Toxy one. And uh, yeah, yeah, onward and forward. What are you gonna so, do? Uh, stuck on you, RJ. Stuck on you. Nin- 19- right, 1982. Stuck on you. This is the the. Th- Actually, sorry, I missed one. Before stuck on you, waitress from 1981. Oh, so what are you doing, man? Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at your list of movies. And I gotta go back on mine. So, mm-hmm. uh, waitress is lousy. It is a madcap oh. whirlwind sort of thing about a bunch of people working at a restaurant. And it's just like every idea, every joke that you could think of that's mm-hmm. like a Lloyd Kaufman joke in a restaurant mm-hmm. is there. There's a background story of like one of the uh, service people that works there. She wants to be an actress and so she's like trying to get a job doing like mm-hmm. being an actor like on some like Shakespeare production and it's like her harassing a producer and doing all <laughs> these zany things and getting inside his head uh, while everything at the restaurant's falling apart and people are spitting in like fucking pots of food and borscht or something like that. It's so... Borscht? Fun. Yeah. 
it's like the best borscht, the best borscht around and it's like a point where like everybody in the kitchen like you're just spitting into this thing and then it gets <sighs> I eaten fucking by somebody. hate that oh it's just like i hate that shit so much because <laughs> like, yeah well, you, you have you've have, you've have hang-ups on those things i to me i was yeah. just kind of like Ugh. and then, then then there's like chickens live chickens rj one of your favorites uh-huh. uh, I'll get to that. Yeah, but uh yeah, nothing nothing too untoward happens to the the chicken and waitress except for like it winds up in the pot, which is just mm-hmm. like whatever. Yeah. Um yeah, it's I I found the waitress to be quite a trial, like very mm-hmm. la- lazy, extremely lazy uh even by uh sex comedy standards. But mm-hmm. so definitely uh I'd say the worst of the uh for me of the sex comedies, but uh stuck on you RJ. I noted that you had uh, some strong objections to this film. Okay, well, here it is. Here's what it is, Jared. Here's the thing. Okay, Jared? Jared, okay? Here's the thing about Stuck on You. So this movie is one of those sex comedies, and it is a couple that basically, they're like, we want to break up, and they go to court. Like, I, are they actually married? I don't know. Yes. I didn't see. Okay, they're, they're so they're married, yeah. They go to a divorce like uh, judge, and it's like basically pleading their case of why they need to get divorced. And then what you have is you have a mashup of two things. Um, You go back in time and it tells the story of how they met and how they fell in love and how they got here. And then you have the judge going back all the way in time and going throughout history and talking about all the great love stories from from cavemen to Viking barbarians to Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. For, For a long time. That, like, the, the, the Genghis mm-hmm. Khan sequence is just eternal. They're they're all long. Like so, the caveman you have like sexy caveman babes, yep. and then you have like gay caveman hairdressers, yep. and it's like it's like them oh, using yeah. it's like caveman hairspray, and it, it's it's like it it's exactly what you would think would happen if you're like pitch me the worst comedy of all time in five minutes, and it's like here you go, uh, and like even that stuff, like I don't think that stuff is that bad. But uh, I like it's just it has it all right. It's got it's got all the racism stuff. It's got all the gay jokes. It's got a lot of a lot of talk of midgets and like their sex lives. Uh, and then there's just like lazy sex jokes, too, which I was like, whatever. Uh, my problem here is that uh, so this movie, I think, was produced by uh, the big chicken industry. So this is a chicken sex comedy. Uh, yeah. So there's all this. That's where dude works. That's where dude works. Is that a chicken thing? Oh, and one, th- one thing you got to mention too is like, so this movie like has two frameworks. One is it's a wonderful life uh-huh. uh, combined with like Bill and Ted's like bogus yeah. adventure whatever. Like it's yeah, like, exactly. it's got these two elements while also like a courtroom drama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's just like mix of things. And so like, I don't think this movie, like those things, I don't even think those are that bad. I think it's fine. It's just, I had a real issue with the, uh, the treatment of the chickens in this movie, which, um, and I know you're going to be like, Oh, RJ, he's, he's just exaggerating again. Uh, so the guy, like he's trying to increase like production, uh, or like trying to increase like the, the eggs that the chickens lay, like the number and qual- quality and stuff like that. So he starts making like chicken pornos. Yep. And like, so the chickens are like dressed up in clothes and then it's like, you know, it's just like a guy holding a chicken, like ramming it into another chicken. And then there's like scenes where it's like chicken legs touching other chickens. And it's like, so either they had the chicken <laughs> and they were holding it by the leg to touch it like the foot or they just had like chicken feet and they were like scratching live chickens 
with dead chicken feet. Uh, I thought it was all pretty fucking horrific, to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, I was watching this and I was like, holy fuck. Uh, because you know, too, like there's scenes where there's like chicks just walking around in apartments and stuff and people are like flopping on couches. It's like, I'm pretty sure one of those chickens was crushed in the making of this movie. They don't say that, but I'm going to jump to conclusions and assumptions on what happened here. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we should call PETA. Hmm. To uh, oust this uh, 20, 37-year-old movie for what it really is. <laughs> so, yeah, like the movie itself isn't that bad, but uh, I had a real issue with uh, the chicken uh, chicken play in this one. Oh, my God. And I know that's my own hang-ups, and I'm fine with that, Jarrett. That's just, it's just how I feel, man. <laughs> it's just how I feel. What did you think of this uh, loser movie? Um, it's definitely the... It's, I think it's better than squeeze play. Um, okay. but like marginally like that, the, the Genghis Khan, whatever it was until the hunt bit that mm. it, it sucked. Like it's so long. It just goes on and on and on. And the jokes aren't funny, but like, there's like enough kind of like, just gim- it, again, he's just throwing ideas out there. Like when you read, like yep. I was in the book, he talks about like, his process of like writing this stuff and mm. it's just like making each other like laugh. And like, that's kind of what it is. And it's like his sense of humor is all over this and it's completely unchecked. There's no one like telling him yes or no. And it's just like, let's keep one upping ourselves. Cause like each time he's making these, uh, these movies, they're making more and more money. Mm-hmm. So Squeeze Plate did great. Waitress did great. Stuck on you. I think it was the plateau of uh, the success of these because like people were just hungry for it. This is the day of you know mm-hmm. porkies and meatballs and yeah, oh, but oh, Porky's is a premium movie. Mm, says you. Did you watch Porky's this not, month? Not, not yet. Yeah, exactly. So you have no fucking idea. No fucking idea. No fucking idea. All right. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, how about that poster though? How about that chick's ass? You would. Hey, Lloyd, Co- Lloyd, Lloyd, Lloyd Coffin's got pretty uh, good good eyes for the the ladies, though. He's he, he has he has a he has a premium of like the broads that he uh, puts into his movies. Really? Can I quote you on that? Can we get a sound uh, bite of that? <laughs> he's got a premium on the broads that he yeah, uh, yeah he's, he's not he knows what he's doing he's, with he's, those yeah, sugar tits. Yeah, he sure does. Wow. Yeah. Well, just when I think I know, he, someone. he, he, know, he knows what he likes. Wow. No. You're an animal, Jared. <laughs> animal. Um, before we uh, top off the comedies, we got some more uh, distro jobs. We got the last horror film. Mm. So I think you and me might differ a little bit on this. Maybe. Maybe? A little bit? Okay, so, you talk about it. The last horror film. I've had this. Um, this is part of the Trome Masterpiece line of DVDs that uh, Troma put out several years ago. Um. This movie's got my boy, Joe Spinell, mm-hmm. maniac himself, basically a guy that he is always going to be the best part of everything, except Watch for that. in a movie like Star Crash where he's in it, but they've overdubbed him, mm. which Unfortunate. is a travesty. Um, so yeah, this movie's tagline, she's dying to be in his film. Uh, and this film's uh, plot mm-hmm. goes, a New York taxi driver stalks a beautiful actress attending the Cannes Film Festival, which coincides with a series of violent killings of the lady's friends. So, And then? And so this movie, uh, when Joe Spinell's on the screen, it's very interesting, RJ. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, because he's just uh-huh. like, he, he doesn't look like anybody else. He's this, no, Joe like, Spinell's awesome. Yeah, he is like, a face that you would never expect to see mm-hmm. 
ever in a movie. And here he is. And he's got charisma to spare. That's like one of the big things he's got going for him. It gets over his like weird, everything about him is weird looking. He is mm-hmm. not, he is an unusual man, pock faced, very like striking eyes, but like this mustache mm-hmm. and nose. He's, he's like, uh, what you wish Ron Jeremy was. He's like a. What I wish Ron yeah. Jeremy was or what you wish Ron no, Jeremy no, was? No, the world. He's what oh, the world okay. wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Spinell's way better looking than fucking Ron Jeremy. Yeah. Like way better looking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everything with Joe Spinell in, in this is awesome. Like he, he has like this presence to him where he's, he's super like, he's really likable and endearing and you like, you're rooting for him, even though it's like very clearly you're like, Oh, he's the bad guy, but I still want him to win. Like, look how cute he is. And his like bow tie and his flowers pants out to his belly button. Oh fuck. I, yeah, I love Joe Spinell. He's so cool in this movie. Yeah. So in this movie, yeah, he plays a a cab driver who wants to make Mm -hmm. movies and he is obsessed with, um, actress played by here, Carolyn Monroe, who also is Mm -hmm. in maniac. Uh, in this movie, holy fuck, her hair is so bad that like the, the, the <laughs> what skunk, kind of hair is it? It's like a skunk. Mm-hmm. It, it looks atrocious. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, the movie kind of jumps from New York after he, he tells his mom, played by Joyce Spinell's own mother, mm-hmm. he's gonna he's gonna get her. He's gonna get her in his movie. It's gonna happen. And he's, it's gonna happen, he's, mom. He's got his little like handheld camera, and he's gonna film this movie with her. Mm-hmm. And he he stalks her over to to uh, con. And we have all these all this amazing footage of like the 1981 Con Film Festival. It looks mm-hmm. it looks so cool. Uh, looks like a lot of fun. Lots mm-hmm. of uh, vintage pics. You get like a big shot of uh, a poster for Possession. Yeah, that, that's cool. Yeah, creep approved Possession. Mm-hmm. Um, just like neat things like that. So you're like, oh, like they just like literally shot this movie while they were there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so soon enough, people start dying. Heads are falling off. <laughs> they sure are. I have some stuff to say about that later. And uh, yeah, it, it's like it's got some of these giallo-ish kind of twists uh, where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, what's going on? Oh, this is happening now. Old castles and people being picked off one by one. Is it all the work of Joe Spinell or is it something else? But it is. And um, we get like act fake actresses in place of other actresses to mislead him, but it doesn't work out anyway. Mm-hmm. People being snatched and absconded with making a vampire movie. <laughs> it, oh, I love that so much. <laughs> you keep going. Anyway, like that's about all I've really got to say this movie. Yeah. I don't know. I w- was hoping for, for more, more. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there's like bits that are just like are draggy with like mm-hmm. ridiculous, like, Oh, meta film commentary. Like, Oh, she's being chased through like the hotel lobby and down the street. And everyone's like, Oh, it's a publicity scam for the movie. <laughs> and this idea that like this woman's like performance in this like shitty horror movie <laughs> is like going to like nail her this like con mm-hmm. film award for best actress it's so absurd it's like no yeah. that's never going to happen it's it's like there's these big leaps and like it doesn't even try to like make you convince like convince you that that's the world because they're filming it in our world at a real mm-hmm. event and this idea that this is like oh no it's such a great performance based on the clip that you see it's like no it's not <laughs> <laughs> so i uh i find it funny because this is like i think this is a rare time where you and me our roles are reserved uh reversed where it's like you're kind of hung up on these details and which I don't really care about. I'm like, whatever. I don't mind that stuff that much. Um, Cause we're, it's usually the opposite Jared. Isn't that funny? 
Uh, I like Joe Spinell in this. I think every scene with him is awesome. Uh, I think it's really, really funny and cute when he's always talking to his mom. He's like, Ma, I'm going to get her in the film. Trust me. And she's like, I know you will, sweetie. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. And he just like pops up in her window and he's like, hey, excuse me, Miss Colette. I need to talk to you. Uh, there's that. I think I think his nightmares are good. Uh, I think his Dracula mu- movie is like so, so wicked where he finally like he, he like he takes her and you think something bad's going to happen. And then you just see him. He's like actually filming his Dracula movie. And he's just like, man, you did you did such a good job, baby. And uh, she's like, yeah, thanks, I guess. Uh, I think this movie also has a really hilarious line where like not intentional where they're talking about the guy where I guess like spoilers, but like the way it ends, I guess they were right. But still, it's like at the time, it's it it just seems ridiculous where uh, the lady's like talking about how the guy was just killed. And then the guy's like, well, I mean, are you sure he's dead? He's a real practical jokester. And then like the scene, like she walked in and like his head fell off into the sink and she's like, well, I guess. I don't know if oh, maybe, see, maybe he was, was gonna, uh, See, you're wrong on that entire take there. Because I watched that scene. It is not how you described in your review. It's exactly how I described it. Absolutely not. Well, how did, <laughs> how did it play out for you? It, 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 wasn't, it wasn't left with this, like, well, she doesn't second guess herself. She's completely convinced that she saw it. Mm. So you're, I watched it because I read your review. And then I watched it and I went, that's not how that happened. What, why, why does RJ do this all the time? <laughs> Jared, the world is how, how can reality give is this whatever man a I microphone when he reality forth all is these what lies. I make it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, reality is what I make of it, and uh, I'm better than you. <laughs> Listen to my opinions. <laughs> That's all they are. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, I think the last horror show is like not bad. Uh, I think it's got everything with Joe Spinell is wicked. Everything else is like kind of boring. So, yep, whatever. Whatever. How how do we differ that much? Then? <laughs> I don't know. I think I actually I think I kind of liked it, but you were like, well, I just mean I don't know. It doesn't matter. You Let's just like you, you like Joe Spinell that much more, I guess, or that's I enough guess. for you. I don't know. Yeah, okay. I I think it's enough for me. Um, another 1983 uh, pickup is this movie called Frightmare. Um, Frightmare. Frightmare from 1983. Yeah, it is uh, not a very good movie at all. It is really boring. Uh, I think the only thing of note really going in it is uh, Jeffrey Combs is in there, like almost unrecognizable. Is he hamming it up at all? No, he's just a guy. So this movie here, what's this plot? Drama students decide to pay tribute to their favorite horror star by stealing his body from his crypt for a <laughs> farewell party. They fail to realize their violation violation of the tomb has triggered powerful black magic and Conrad hasn't taken his final bows yet. See the, I, I like that. That sounds cool. Well, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, a lot of stuff sounds cool, but is terrible. So. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's so weird. There's this era in the 80s with this obsession of like um, horror stars, mm-hmm. like Fright Night, where you have Ronnie McDowell, yeah. who's like doing uh, the, the, the show now on TV. Um, just these weird little things. Like it was like novelties of people really like this meta film thing uh mm. fade to black had it where it's just like people are like really obsessed with the 50s um and like horror 50s kind of culture and like, like us in visiting in the 80s no oh, okay no not that gooliardi gooliardi yeah. is that your new alias that's uh pt anderson's dad what yeah what do you mean pt anderson's dad was like a horror host 
I didn't know that. That's cool. The more you know. The more you know. Gugliardi. So tell me more about Frightmare. There's nothing much to tell. It's got a good poster. Uh cool. Came out the year I was born. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it did nothing to hold my attention at all. I'm pretty sure I fell asleep. But Oh, good. Moving right along then. Yeah, usually uh, it's not a good sign for a movie. Not a good sign at all. Usually. Yeah. However, there's one later where it actually plays to benefit. Okay, then. We'll get there. Uh, and also 1983 to wrap up the, uh, the sex comedy cycle, the first turn on, which I watched mm-hmm. RJ did not, which I think was a mistake because this Why? movie is the best of the sex comedies easily and actually kind of works as a sex comedy. Well, I got tainted by uh, stuck on you. I should, yeah. if I had watched the first turn on first, maybe I would have got turned on. To stuck on you, no. but it didn't happen that way. So yeah, this is the best of them. Uh, apparently, it was also the one that did the the worst uh, box office wise, because by that point, people were like kind of burnt out on these types of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and how does it go? Can you handle yours when it comes? When what comes? A group of teenage summer campers and one counselor share the stories of their first sexual experiences when an avalanche traps them in a cave. RJ, that avalanche is triggered. By a fart. <laughs> See? Classic. There you go. It's already won you over. Uh, yep. This movie's got um, the debut of Mark Torgel, who goes on to play <laughs> Melvin. Not a real name. Oh, it is. Oh. He plays Melvin in Toxic Avenger, which is will be next discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, who plays like the most fucking vile, disgusting character I've seen in a movie in a long time. He is so gross in this movie. It's amazing. I, I can't. I, oh man. It's so vile. <laughs> like, it's like, so what happens is the movie starts out. It's like, it's a camp movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very like generic. Like there, it's kind of amazing. All the jokes that Kaufman reuses in other movies, like the idea yeah. of like a someone leading an aerobics class, having something put down their shirt, and then they go, "Oh God, there's something down my back," and everyone goes, "They were, well, we were told to follow them exactly what we're <laughs> supposed to do," and then they start doing it. Mm-hmm. Classic Kaufman. Classic. So uh, yeah, the movie is just like, but all your usual type of like tropey characters, your stereotypes, they uh, they go off on their own uh, hike because mm-hmm. there's too much heat going on in the camp and then they go into a cave and there's a cave in and they're like oh man we're waiting to be rescued and they start talking about how i'm not a virgin and this is how i first got <laughs> laid and then they tell these stories of but, course but you get the sense that they're all making up they're all virgins and they're all just making up these ridiculous stories mm-hmm. um and like the best one is the uh the counselor she was talking about her boyfriend who's just like mark torgel and he's so fucking vile it's so ridiculous give me an example um, it's like these dinner scenes where he's just like running mashed potatoes through his hair, filleting a corn cob and just dumping food uh, on himself. He, and he, but he's like caustically yeah. vile. Like he's like, just like the way he, the things that he says and his voices and presence. And like, he's like a weird looking guy. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Like I've, it's one of the highlights for me of, uh, this month was that one, really the, the scenes of Mark Torgel in this movie. <laughs> They're so gross. Um, uh, I think I'm fine. Not no, no, you, this. I, this, you would appreciate that scene. Cause the rest of them were just like, uh, dumb stories of like, Oh, I'm going to get laid by this hot broad. And it's all very <laughs> contrived, but like it's done. There's bits like got those, uh, Kaufman esque, like comedy bits. Yeah. Like the one guy's like, hey, there's this girl that likes me. And, hey, we're going to hang out. But then he brings his friend with him, this real uh, Tony Mamaluke type of guy who uh, really Tony wants to. Like, I'm huh? going to show you how to do it. And he's just like, 
so so incompetent at like yeah. doing anything a woman would ever find attractive. So you get those sort of things. They, as far as like the bar is low, but as far as like the sex comedy stuff goes, this one's like the best, hands down. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. But well, but then Mark Torgel is like he brings the trauma, latter day trauma stuff, and it's mm-hmm. like wow, <laughs> like it's, you can't expect it. You just you just don't see it coming. And then the movie ends <laughs> RJ in a big orgy. Because, oh, good. Because it turns out that none of they're all going. They're all afraid they're going to die alone in the cave, and they're all virgins. So kind of like real life. So they're all going to bang. Classic. Classic. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fine. Like, I don't know. The, the orgies. Orgies. You know. Orgy. What well, RJ brings us to uh-huh. 1984? The the okay. big the big enchilada. The big enchilada. What are we at now? The Toxic Avenger. Yeah, so I'm I'm surprised that this is like so early in their uh, oeuvre because they peaked. Yeah, I mean it's kind of. I um, think they, they did. No, I mean I'd say that this is like the uh, for Lloyd Kaufman and Troma, mm-hmm. everything is built off of this movie. Like yeah, fuck like, yeah. There there is nothing else that like kind of defines them. Uh, I mean. Toxie is the logo, the centerpiece. Mm-hmm. It's the birth of Tromaville as a concept. Um, yeah. And I think like, it's, so yeah, the curious thing was like watching the Kaufman progression of like starting off making absolutely terrible movies and kind of like mm-hmm. he's, he, he's getting better as a filmmaker as he's making those movies. Um, and then first turn on, it's like the first one you're like, oh, that's actually pretty good. And then he makes Toxic Avenger and it all comes together. Um, yep in uh, this movie that the first time I watched it, I was like, that was okay. But I also re- like remember certain things going on endlessly when I watched it the first time. And I'm wondering if I watched some weird cut of it or something like that, or something was wrong. Like, what do you mean? Like there's like the footage of like when toxic Avengers, like running around the fields through like mm-hmm. the, the golden fields. For some reason in my mind, I think I thought he was like, there's so much more footage of him running than there was the second time watching it. The f- second time watching it, I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, no, they, they, they're they cutting it perfectly where it needs to, and they reuse some footage. But, um, yeah. The, the, Maybe you were just high. Yeah, all those drugs I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. High on life, baby. No, maybe you're just dumb. Maybe. Or, or, but, no, I have, a pretty good, I have a pretty good sense of memory, and I was, like, watching this. I'm like, mm. huh, that's really weird that I Something. remember. I remember that totally differently. But, wow, watching it this time, man, oh, man. What a... Yeah. What a celebration of life the Toxic Avenger is. Yeah, it's honestly like I would go out on a limb and say that this is probably the best of the trauma movies. Like there's a couple that I, I think I like more, but that's just because I'm weird and like I like their things more. But I think this is I would say this is the top of the the top like this and Nukem High, which we'll get to. But I think this one kind of had all of the good stuff. And not nearly uh, as much as the bad stuff that a lot of the later day ones have, mm-hmm. where it's just like so much of certain parts, and you're like, holy fuck, you're like, we don't, or like for me at least, I was like, I don't need this anymore. No more of this. <laughs> so, like, I think Toxic Avenger succeeds on both fronts, where it's all the good stuff and not, not very much of those the things that they start to get really hung up on later days were like the self-aware stuff. And cause that's where I start to get lost and we'll, we'll get there too. But like the terror firmers and the later day toxic Avengers and things like that, where I was kind of like really checked out. I think this doesn't have that. 
but this has some really good stuff. It's a, it's a good story. It's, I think for the most part, pretty well made. Uh, like, like it's well directed. And then mm-hmm. I actually think it has really wicked stuff. Like it's got body melts, Jarrett. Yeah. It's got full body burns. Uh, and I think like, like all of the effects for, uh, like the transformation, uh, transformation and stuff like that. I think those are great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it looks good. Um, Big body melting. I think he looks the best in this movie. Later on, like I think in three and even in uh, even in four, I don't really like his look because four he looks like super stiff. Like it's so like the mask is. I don't know. It doesn't look normal. And then in like two and three, he just looks like doobie. He's wearing a mask and that's. Yeah. Yeah. But like this one actually, I think looks pretty good. Uh, he looks good. Uh, I think he gets, there are some pretty wicked kills. I think, uh, when he goes back to the gym and he's just like smashing heads on weights and stuff like that. It's so awesome. It, that, that stuff is really good. Uh, his blind girlfriend. It's so, that's so trauma where it's just (laughs) like, like it's so, it's still like that. But I think this movie also has like a lot of really, uh, wholesome stuff. Like when he's just doing good deeds, where he's like walking around, like opening up jars for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, pointed out his favorite, where like he goes to his his like little like hut, and yep. he has a picture of like a dog wearing sunglasses, and it's like framed, and he like puts it up. Like it's is that it's in, so is that in memory of his of the dog? <laughs> I think so. I think so. Like that's that is actually the only scene I don't like in this movie. No kidding. Is, well, yeah. <laughs> And I, I can get I can get by that, but it's like it's so violent. <laughs> it is. So well, okay, they, the they scene like we're talking fight. about. So um, so let's let's talk about this movie because this is this is like the yeah. the, 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 the top. The, yeah. So this is a movie. It's it's uh, it started off as like he wanted to make a movie about health gym, like health clubs, because apparently yeah. he was like looking around um, while making these sex comedies and, uh, and like how ridiculous they are. And he's like, let's just make a movie about that, but let's make a horror movie too. And then they're trying to figure out how to do that. And he's like, well, I also like Frankenstein. Let's let's put all these things together. And yeah. this is the movie that kind of like trickled out. Um, and so, yeah, it starts at a health club. And there's this uh, niebish Melvin named Melvin, uh, mm-hmm. played by Mark Torgel, my boy. And uh, he like he is like a hopeless spaz. Like he, oh, yeah. like he, it's like sometimes they're like, oh, he's just like a guy. He's like a handsome guy that they put glasses on, and they're like, be a nerd, which is like a a, a constant in trauma verse. Mm-hmm. Like yep. all his movies always have like a nerd, and it's just like a guy wearing glasses. Mark Torgel though, he is like a geek. Like he, mm-hmm. he, it's like he is like it'd be really tough to get past his shortcomings. Um, and so there's like the 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 bullies, the jocks of this movie. They're also psychotic murderers with yep. girlfriends uh, who drive around in cars and like just drive over people, mm-hmm. um, d- which including a child <laughs> that they was like back over the head of. And you're like, whoa, oh, you're like, oh, yeah. baby. So one thing leads to another, and they just hate Melvin so much. These, mm-hmm. these people and they're like we're gonna we're gonna make him pay we're gonna embarrass him and so the one girl she like mm-hmm. sexes him up saying yeah I'd really like Ooh. you to wear this pink tutu it really gets me hot he's like okay and so he dresses up and he mm-hmm. shows up and of course everybody's at the gym everyone's in the pool and they're all there to point and laugh at stupid old uh, Melvin, stupid as, he, Melvin as he's making out with a, a sheep and uh, which apparently was like a very filthy sheep and uh, Mark Torkel talks about like 
What do you mean filthy what? sheep? It's like right off the farm. They it was just like oh like the 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 mites on the thing are jumping onto me, oh. and so he's like oh god, and so he has his reaction because you know it's a trauma production. We they're uh-huh. just uh, fast and loose, and so we get this like scene right out of uh, the Elephant Man. Uh, oh, where he's yeah. being where he's being chased down, uh, mm-hmm. and then he uh, does the obvious thing when you're being pursued by a mob of people making fun of you in swimsuits is you just launch yourself out a window face first. Of course, uh, while it just so happens that a uh, truck filled with toxic waste is like parked out front, and he lands directly into uh, a vat of it. Mm-hmm. And then he starts start starting on fire. So, oh yeah, another great thing. So we have nerds in trauma movies. We also mm-hmm. have full body burns. Oh yeah. There, there's quite, I didn't get all of them, but uh, I think I had four or five in the ones I was watching. Yeah. It's a, yep. it's a great tradition. Mm-hmm. And so we get that amazing scene, like that full body burn of him running down around the corner. It looks yeah, so, it's awesome. It looks so great. Um, yep. And then he, and then we cut to like him at home and he's now mutating into the toxic Avenger. And it's awesome. As RJ mentioned, the effects yep. of it, like, you it's know, the, you know, you're watching effects it's not seamless, but it, it's so effective. It's really mm-hmm. neat. It looks totally different than anything you've seen before. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's actually reminds me a lot of street trash, um, which comes like, yeah. it's, it's, as yeah, far as like the body melt uh, genre. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. And then now we have the toxic Avenger uh, who is now a giant superhero who fights crime, beats on rapists Nerd. and uh, mm-hmm. murderers and psychopaths. Anybody who does evil. Cause apparently he, de- he can detect evil through his uh, toxitronic powers, however that's described. No. In, well, yeah. It's in the, his like neutrinos or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. Fo- or like talk. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so we have this like backdrop though, of course, like, so the, 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 the people running around killing people, they're, um, He's taking care of them because they were direct threats. But there's also like the the corruption in the town with the mayor, who's like oh, and t- the the little old lady from uh, Stuck on You. Yes, she she's a returning player. Anyway, oh, yeah. sorry, you'll get there. <laughs> yeah, she gets uh, killed, and it yep. t- turns out she's evil. But yeah, but we have the mayor, the corrupt mayor, played by mm-hmm. the amazing Pat Ryan, mm-hmm. this giant beautiful fat man who. He just uh, he he marv- he wallows in his corruption when he plays characters, be it in this or in Street Trash. Um, is, is he your favorite fat guy? I th- I think he has to be. I have an actual okay. tag uh, identifying him when he shows up in movies, and it's not very mm-hmm. many. And he died of being a fat man, sadly. Mm, uh, all so the he, good ones do. They, they inevitably do. But yeah. Uh, yeah, in this, like, so he's like the corrupt mayor. And it's like, I love the way that the, everyone talks very openly about their corruption with the police force who are like, yep. of course, it's yep. like, uh, Coffin's very fond of like Nazis and using Nazis in his movies. And so it's like, oh, cops are like Nazis. Done. Check, Done. check and mate. And like, yeah, everyone's just like, ha ha ha. No one will ever expect that I'm taking all this graft. <laughs> it's it's so good. Uh, that's all I want in these things. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway. Uh, we get the scene, RJ, where uh, there's a, a robbery at a restaurant, and there's the 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 the, the main squeeze, the blind girl. Um, mm-hmm. She's there with her eye seeing dog, and these three uh, crazed uh, robbers show up to to cause mayhem, and mm-hmm. uh, one thing leads to another, and uh, we have a dog getting shotgunned to death. <laughs> and, yes, and like we it's, do. It's not only that. So it's like there's a bit where like and like. 
there's actually a, a little in bit in the book about it and how Lloyd Kaufman was uh, more mad because he says that like he's had more. That's the most hate feedback he ever gets is about that scene, which makes that sense. Scene. It's the movie that like more people have seen. And, you know, mm-hmm. you kill a dog just like Michael Bay says. Uh, people don't like that. And, and yeah, this exactly. movie actually breaks both Michael Bay's rules because he kills a kid and a dog. All at the same uh, time. But here. Yeah, I'll, I don't care about kids, but. Yeah, I, I know. But let's read here. What does Lloyd have to say about the dog and the. Oh, yeah, here we go. Troma has received disappointingly little hate mail over the years. The Oof. film that incited by far the most anger was The Toxic Avenger. The scene that brought this anim- animosity was not, as you might think, the child's head being run over by a car. Instead, it was when Sarah's seeing eye dog was shot. It wasn't real, yep. says Kaufman. Obviously, we didn't shoot a real dog, but letters and phone calls kept coming in, cursing us out for shooting a dog on film. People who had been fans for years said they would never again see a trauma movie, but we had just crushed a a kid's head in the same film. Hertz and Kaufman were actually upset about the dog scene as well. We wanted it to be more real, said Kaufman. I asked the PA to find me a piece of fur that matched the grayish color of the dog. Instead, he brought me a three by four inch piece of brown floor rug. When you see the close-up of the bullet entering the dog, that's what you're watching. And what about afterward when the dog slides across the floor? That was a trick his trainer did with him, says Kaufman. He'd throw the dog across the newly waxed floor. Then the dog would run back to get thrown again. He'd get thrown mm-hmm. all day. That's actually the one thing I was going to bring up. I was like, I bet that was a trick. Yeah. However, you know how I say things. <laughs> you know, I do stuff. Some Well, I, I mean, at least he he acknowledges it. Yeah. But I feel like that's kind of like... there's the shot, that, that extra shot, though, of the dog lying on the floor with, like, the guts on top of it. It's like, whoa. Yeah, it's, it's, it's way too much. <laughs> it's pretty... pretty Because they, they could have just not had that, and they'd be fine. But they put it there, and you're just like, whoo. Yeah, it's, it's way too much. And I think, like, so the thing... The thing that gets me there is like where he's like, yeah, it's the same movie that we like run over a kid's head. That just reminds me of like Stephen King rationalizing it, like the or- the huge orgy sing- scene with the kids in it. He's like, it always comes back to the orgy scene. He's like, people don't have a problem with me killing like babies and kids throughout the book. And it's like, well, yeah, because you have a bunch of kids like having a huge orgy. It's like one of them is worse than the other. And it's like just because you say it's like no one has a problem with this. It's like. Well, yeah, but like, like, do you know what I mean, Jarrett? I know what you're. I know what you're saying. Like, it's like I feel like it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, they don't get why this maybe uh, <clears throat> triggers people. Yeah, a problematic. <laughs> as some people would say. Indeed, problematic. Um, but yeah, so I mean, in Toxic Avenger, he he corrects wrongs. You know, he he smashes yes, he people. This movie is very charming and vile and gross and wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's some peak trauma. Yes, it is. Peak, peak trauma. Any yeah, other any other thoughts there before we go on to uh, you talking about Splatter University? <laughs> uh, no, like I think you kind of covered it all. I I actually do think Toxic Avenger is is the best trauma film, and it's like I said, it's not my favorite because I have weird tastes, and there's I think two that I like more, but. Uh, no, Toxic Avenger is pretty fucking rad. Like, it's all the effects are good. It's actually a well-made movie, also. So it's got yeah. that going for yeah, it. It's 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 his best made movie. I I would yeah. say for sure. So uh, now that we've peaked, let's talk from, for another three hours. Anyway. Yeah. About uh, trauma movies. <laughs> so you want to hear about Splatter University? Shit, yeah. 
Have you ever uh, seen this? No, I, I know about it. I know it's been released again by Vinegar Syndrome. And uh, it seems like most people who talk about it don't talk about it very well. So uh, from Fable, director of Class of Newcomb High. Did you know that? Richard W. Haynes? I, I never thought about that. But yeah, sure. That makes sense. It, so, it, oh, that's what Letterboxd <laughs> says. So yep. who am I to Why say, would they say lie? different? Why would they lie? So yeah, like I remember I asked you about this. I was like, what is this Splatter University? It's on Troma. And uh, you were just like, oh, yeah, people seem really hot on that, but also, like, not. And I was like, oh, that's weird. So it's like everyone watches it, and there's a few people who really like it, but it seems like a lot of people watch it, and they're like, oh, yeah, that wasn't good. And it's like, yeah. oh, so why is everyone watching it? Uh, so I watched this thing, and it's pretty short. It's like an hour and ten minutes. Uh, you have this, like, this lady who is a sociology professor, and she gets a job at, like, I think it's like a Catholic community college um of some sort like so the movie opens and it's like a hospital and it's a mental uh, asylum and there's all these people being pretty hard r's walking around like hitting their own chests and like mumbling to themselves and you some guy gets murdered and uh his clothes are taken and then so you're like to believe that like an escaped convict like leaves this mental asylum so then you see this lady and she's teaching college and uh, she's talking about who the fuck knows what. Uh, and she's talking about like sexuality in this thing. And then she gets brought into like this priest's office and it's this old priest in a wheelchair. And he's like, you know, you can't be talking about that stuff here. This is a, this is a good Christian facility. And it's like, and like, that's actually like what a lot of this movie is. It's like back and forth between this lady pissing off like the, uh, the priest. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. I was like, I didn't, uh, I didn't see that coming uh this movie actually just while i'm on it this movie is a really fucking weird poster where it's like a cheerleader on a table and she's like reaching it looks like a bicycle handle and it's like a, a huge circle lump that's like hairy and i really can't tell what it is i want you to look and tell me if you can figure out what the fuck she's holding i'm looking at a thumbnail of it currently it's really it's really weird like i i just got distracted because i was like wait a minute what the fuck is that it's like i don't recognize that from the movie Anyway, so you see if you can figure out what that isn't is. It's like, isn't she reaching for like a? It's like a pom pom. Oh, it is a pom pom. I'm an idiot. Uh, well, anyways, I don't think there's even any cheerleaders in this movie. So there's a lot of misleading uh, posters and titles in Troma. I found, and we'll get there when I, I get to one of the big ones. Uh, so, anyways, this girl's walking around. People start dying, and then there is a there's a real twist in this Jared, and like I think you can see it coming uh, i won't i won't say what it is but uh like before it happens you're like i bet it's that guy and then it does turn out to be that guy and you're like oh that's right cool um splattered university is not very interesting uh like some of the kills were okay and like it plays out fine it's just it's pretty low quality and uh even like a lot of these things like what what i'll say a lot today is for like an 80 minute movie it's kind of boring and it's like man it's like you didn't have you weren't even an hour and a half long and you still found a way to waste time well, there's lots of those though there's it's, lots of those yeah it's amazing how boring sometimes an hour and a half movie is can be yeah so splatter university is like it's fine but i i wouldn't recommend anyone watch it like maybe if you were with a group of dudes but it's not even really like it's not like goofy to laugh at like some of the other movies we'll talk about today so it's just it's just there. I don't know. 
How about uh, Star Worms 2, Attack of the Pleasure Pods? Okay, so here's that movie. So there is no Star Worm, uh, Star Worms 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie was originally called Star Prison, and Troma convinced them to change the name to Star Worms 2, Attack of the Pleasure Pods. There are no worms in this, and there's hardly any pleasure pods. So that's what I was going to say. This is like one of the most misleading titles uh, of any of them. This is a super low-budget sci-fi movie. Like Most of it, I think, was filmed at the Old Man River in our town. Uh, it's like half of the movie is filmed... Uh, like, like a river little, bottom, <laughs> like a river bottom with uh, like two groups of dudes. One one group's on one side and they have like a little fire campfire and the other group uh, group of dudes are on the other side. And then it'll cut to like a woman in a black room with like text on the screen. And like she's like recounting the story. She's like, so anyways, this is what happened. I think this thing is trying to go for like a mix between. It's like prison movies, but also Dune in a sense. So it's like this prison planet where these guys get sent to. And then it's like, you have to find the fire gems uh, because it's like this kind of like opiate thing that like has them like, like hallucinate and they're working for this evil empire. It's like, find the fire gems and you will control like trade. And so like, that's like the Dune element. I was like, what is this? So I think they, they like really tried to have a a hard sci-fi movie like or like, like a heavy sci-fi thing. But this movie is beyond fucking boring and pointless. Like there's all this stuff. It's like, Oh, Jessup, who are you? And he's like, I can't tell you Jessup, Colonel Jessup. Uh, so yeah, star worms is like, it's just a movie with people hanging out by like a Creek, like a river bottom. And they're just like, Hey, stay away from us. And the other people are like, make us. And it's like, that's it. They're just like yelling back and forth at each other. And then it'll cut to the lady and be like, the fire gems were the most powerful <laughs> of all the gems. They were like yeah. hallucinogenic opiates. And it's like, okay. Yeah, this is uh, this is one of the worst that I've watched for sure this month. Just because of how outright, outright boring it was. Yeah. So apparently they wanted to call it Star Prison. And uh, exactly. some someone from Troma was like, that's that doesn't have enough. Panace. Panace. That's a new word that uh, Troma made up. So, yeah, it's a, it's a real bad movie, Jarrett. Hmm. Well, uh, my, my movie here, Scream uh-huh. Play from 1985. Sounds cool. Directed by Rufus Butler Setter. Um, mm-hmm. This is a movie that's a done-in-one. This is the only time this guy made a movie. Yeah. Um, this is a, a detective investigating a series of murders discovers that they are similar to the murders that occur in the new script of a Hollywood screenwriter. Uh, that's a very misleading uh, synopsis because the movie is mostly from the screenwriter's perspective, played by the director, Rufus Setter. Um, so this movie is a love letter to like 1920s like German expressionism. Mm-hmm. So the guy, like, he arrives in town. He's got his typewriter. He goes to the old diner. It's kind of like a, it feels like a period piece, I guess. Like, everything about it is, like, very, like, a pastiche of, like, yeah. filmmaking. It's a type of movies that, it's a type of movie making that it doesn't work necessarily. But there's, like, mm-hmm. some really, really good attempts at, like, trying to make the film look like a silent film, which is cool. I think everybody kind of wants to do one of these at some point. And then either they just don't bother, they think better of it. Um, yeah. Or they make something like screenplay. And there was actually a point for both the first half. I was like, this movie's really good. Like, I'm, like, 
really feeling this. I this is like so different from like usual trauma stuff. This is only mm-hmm. a dis- distribution one. Um, it's on YouTube for anyone who wanted to check it out. Mm-hmm. But it overstays its welcome. It goes on way too long at that 90 minute mark where it's just like endless type of like scenes where you're like, this would work great as like a 30 minute short, but instead it is mm-hmm. a feature length film and just doesn't have enough gas to get you there. Um, but yeah, the one thing that's, I guess I've noticed the guy who directed this, he went on to like having like a commercial art career where he does like these gigantic lenticular wall installations. Sounds cool. Yeah. It's like, he's just like a visual guy, uh, who's like, you know, art school. And then he made a movie because he probably loved German expressionist films. Like most people do just like purely on a, mm-hmm. a look level. And he wanted to make a movie that was like that. So it's sound and stuff like that. So it's not like a silent film. Um, it's just kind of there though. Um, nothing really too exciting going on with it. Again, oh, it, just, it just goes good. on too long, but it looks cool. The movie looks really cool. Like it's definitely one of the visual highlights of mm-hmm. like of the trauma movies, which sometimes just look the same over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, this actually has a bit of a style, and that which I was excited about for a bit, but yeah, it just kind of. I don't even remember. At this point, it's like there's the the one character, a real Jarrett character. Uh, oh God! He's the uh, very imposing uh, owner of the um, the motel that the main character mm-hmm. staying at. He gets hired on as like a uh, cleanup guy. A, a, a janitor for the pool and stuff like that for making taking care of the rooms maintenance guy um, of course he he's just like a total scumbag who's just constantly is wanting uh up inside these ladies that are in this movie he wants what to be up inside those ladies okay yeah okay and then what and uh he imposes his will on them but usually not to any great degree where it turns into the mm-hmm. the, the rapiness that you love so much but Oh yeah, the pursuit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but it's always a tease there that's going to happen, and then they have to like use their uh, feminine wiles to like trick uh. him into thinking that they're into him now, even though he's this horrible, gross man. But that sounds fun. Yeah, real, real fun picture. But uh, mm-hmm. how how much fun was Bloodhook? All right. So you want to hear about Bloodhook? <laughs> yeah, I do. Okay. So this is a movie that I actually, I think I maybe need to watch again. So this is what happened. Andrea was like really sick the week that uh, I was watching a lot of these trauma movies. And there was one night that like I kind of felt it coming on a little bit. And I was like, oh, I was like, I really don't want to get sick. So I took a bunch of NyQuil and then I, I, I like slept on the couch downstairs. And so I took all this NyQuil and then I threw on Bloodhook. And I was like, I've heard this movie's pretty goofy. I'm going to check it out. And so I watched it and I rated it like one and a half stars. And then the next day, I was like on Letterboxd, and I was like, oh, I watched Bloodhook last night. I was like, oh, man, I didn't rate it very good. And I was like, I don't even remember that movie at all. I, I barely <laughs> remember this movie. So I took my rating off because I was like, I remember parts of it. But I, I honest to God, like a day later, I was like, I don't even remember what that fucking movie was about. So the best I can remember is it's like a small like fishing town. And there's like a, a contest about, I don't know, who can bag the biggest fish or something. That's usually how those go. Yeah. And then it's like, it's like people start dying. And usually the way it happens is like, you just see like, um, like a lure, like a, a fish lure, a hook. And like, it'll just swing on to the person and it'll like pull them under the water or like pull them away or something. And you're like, 
You're like, oh, is this movie about like a sentient fish hook that kills people? And I was like, I guess. Uh, I, that's pretty much all I remember. I'm pretty sure at one point there's dueling fishermen in this movie near the end hmm. somewhere, like hooking each other. And uh, there's cicadas that are uh, chirping the whole time. And then they're like, some of the lines are delivered pretty wacky. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I think I should watch this again because I don't even remember it. Uh, like, syn- hardly the, at all. The synopsis is pretty funny here. During a local fishing contest, people are being mysteriously dragged into the lake and killed by a giant fish hook. After a sufficient number of deaths, the killer is finally revealed. After a sufficient number (laughs) of deaths. What do you think a sufficient number was, Jared? I I didn't watch, I didn't see Bloodhook, but I do see that it is 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 111 minutes long. Yeah, see, that's the other thing. Like, this thing's almost two hours. I honestly... To goodness, Jarrett, do not remember what what this movie was. And that's my killer review for our uh, trauma episode. But this is like distributed by trauma, right? Correct. Yeah, so that's okay. Available on Blu-ray from Vinegar Syndrome. So if I get that wrong, then uh, that's not the worst thing in the world. Um, I think. Yeah, I'll mention that uh, I did not rewatch Combat Shock, which is uh, another trauma masterpiece. Uh, oh, I thought you did. No, I didn't get around to rewatching it. Uh, it's fine. From director uh, Buddy uh, Giovanazzo. Giovanazzo. And uh, yeah, Combat Shock is one of those movies that I feel like this is should be should be more of my movie. Mm-hmm. I have like I sh- I would like to rewatch it. It's on my rewatch list now. I watched it like five years ago. God, no, God, six yeah. years ago. Uh, but like, I remember being like just these shots of uh, the lead character who's like a disturbed Vietnam veteran. Um, him walking around. Ooh. It's like a like a weird, shitty eraser head. Like almost like to the T. A weird, shitty eraser yeah, head. Yeah, where it's like a Vietnam okay. vet. And it's some him walking around like the like New York Turnpike, New Jersey Turnpike, wherever. And it's just him yeah. walking in there. There's like droney music that just goes on of him just like walking around in his like Vietnam vet jacket walking around and like mm-hmm. he's like really grimacing like you're waiting for him to like, lose his shit and go crazy and the whole movie is just like a slow build to him like losing <laughs> his mind and it's just like yeah walking around the the, the urban uh, gritty world the um, what kind of world? urban and gritty <laughs> and just yeah it's yikes just, yeah there's like I think I'm pretty sure there's dead babies and heroin involved. Like it's just, oh, you know, it's it's gonna be one of those types of movies. It's okay. I feel like I should like it more, but maybe uh, on a rewatch I would. would. But I'm mentioning that because that's like one of the bigger trauma distributed movies, and I feel remiss if uh, I didn't mention it because you did not watch it either. I didn't know I was supposed to. I don't know. It was was an option. It also like doesn't have like like if not knowing what it is, um, like it doesn't have like it's like combat shock. It's just like sounds like a bad action movie. And it's, yeah. and it's not that at all. It's a weird, well, it's a weirdo movie. I kind of figured out that it was like a like it seems like a PTSD type kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah, but not in any like I don't know, not in a real thoughtful way. I would argue. I was introduced <laughs> to the movie from Kirito um, Janice's the one documentary on her uh, celluloid horror because like he okay. has because yeah. she was a big fan of his, and I was like, oh, that movie looks. Cool rad and then i watched mm-hmm. it and i was like oh this isn't my type of movie the way it's made anyway 
What are your types of movies, Jared? Um, well, maybe something more along the lines of 1986's Class of Newcomb High. Class of Newcomb High. I think I'm going to let you take the reins on this one. It seems like uh, you kind of like this show. Yeah, this is a rewatch for me. And yep. uh, this was a, one of the first time I watched it. This movie rocked my ass. Rock um, your ass. Yeah, up, up until uh, up, up until we did the rewatch, I would have uh, mm-hmm. considered this the best of the trauma movies um, because I feel right. that it captures very well the the spirit of what Kaufman wants to do of trauma, and while okay. doing that, it also is like I would argue well made mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for like a, a trauma movie. So the, I agree. the the synopsis of this movie. The pupils at a high school next to a nuclear power plant start acting and looking strange after <laughs> buying contaminated drugs from a plant worker. Mm-hmm. So, so that's basically what it is. Uh, Pat Ryan uh, appears as the owner of a nuclear power plant uh, who doesn't care about like the recklessness and like dangers <laughs> of this nuclear power plant happening, even though it's leaking and there's all these things. It's all the it really plays into the fears that one has of. Uh, why, and that still lingered to this day of the fears mm-hmm. of nuclear energy. Um, and of course, it's like the absurdity that in Tromaville, that there is a high school right behind uh, this nuclear power plant where people are going. And it's got all the, the types. It's got your, your, the nerd. You got, mm-hmm. you, got, you got your nerds, your, your, your punks that like take the form of like some like uh, early appearances of like, I guess, trans people. <laughs> Boys with oh. breasts and girls with Hitler mustaches. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. And, uh, yeah, like, just we have the, the one of the lead uh, psycho jocks from Toxic Avenger. He reappears mm-hmm. here uh, as, a, as a psychotic jock, mm-hmm. very, very much stretching out. Uh, well, he, and, he's got – he's got he's got acting, Jarrett. Yeah, he's got the acting done. He's right got now. acting. Um, so anyway, the movie starts off like one of the first big gruesome deaths, I guess. His uh, mm-hmm. one of the nerds, he yeah. uh, he he drinks some fountain water, and mm-hmm. of course it's uh, polluted, and he starts gurgling and vibrating and exploding and jumping out windows face first, mm-hmm. um, trauma style. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a, de- a definite thing that they like to keep doing. Hey, th- yeah, this movie's kind of like a weird mess because like it's like very disjointed and it shouldn't work, but it does. Cause it's just like, mm-hmm. it's never boring ever. Like there's always yeah. stuff yeah. happening. There's the boy girl thing, the hookup. They, they, uh, they're, get, they get contaminated with some of these, this crazy drug because basically someone's growing marijuana, but they're growing it in the radiation. And now it's like mutant radiation. They turned the, was it, is it the glee club or that, that comes later. That's in the, the remake. Um. Like yeah, I was the, gonna say I don't remember a Glee club. No, that's 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 in the remake. Um, but it's like the, they're good students, straight A students that are all now like monster punks, which mm-hmm. is awesome. That's like a great idea for a movie, and this movie actually lives up to those expectations. And these kids, yep. they get contaminated, and so some of them are turning into mutants. Like the the guy, he turns into a big mutant who storms around and <laughs> beats up thugs, uh, Toxie style. And they had, and they but they have sex, RJ. And then, then they're, they, oh. um, and the girl, she like essentially miscarries or gives birth to a mutant fetus that turns into a monster falling in the great tradition of movies that I love to watch involving mon- monster babies. Mutant fetuses. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were one, right? We all, we all were monster babies. But <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I guess. A lot of my uh, favorite movies like The Suckling and Baby Blood. Mm. Monster Yeah, babies. actually The Suckling's awesome. And Baby Blood's pretty good. <laughs> Ah, uh, the suckling. <laughs> the suckling is good. It's it's super gross, it, but it, it's, uh, it's like a, it's one of the best trauma movies that isn't a trauma movie. Yeah, 
maybe they'll pick up. Oh no, wait, does, doesn't one of those big labels have the uh, rights to it now? Or not oh, rights, uh, but like, well, guess who just put out uh, suckling on Blu-ray? RJ, our good um, friends at Vinegar Syndrome. Mm, so it's either porn or uh, the suckling. Yep, pretty much for them. Hmm. Or uh, the movies I'll talk about on our next proper episode. Are those porns? No. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Class Newcomb High. I, I, it's so much fun to watch. Um, again, oh, yeah. top, top tier Kaufman. And of course, it's like amazing that they uh, came back to back. Yeah. And like, see, that's, yeah, that's kind of like what I was saying. I think, I think Toxic Avenger is the best. And I think Newcomb High is probably the second best. Uh, I actually like Newcomb High quite a bit too. I think, I think part of it for me, like for both of those, is their stories are a little bit more straightforward. And it's not that other traumas aren't, but some traumas get really distracted by like the shtick of it all and like the gags within the movie themselves. Uh, I think Newcomb High, for the most part, keeps a pretty consistent play at what it's going for. Uh, I like to kind of build up to stuff like you actually do get introduced to some characters uh, and you're like, oh, nice. Uh, I'll root for like this guy who's not a monster and this girl who isn't like fucking disgusting. I, I know who to root for here. Not like the mutant people with fucking nose rings, like bowl rings and stuff. And I've never mentioned Jared or maybe I have. I think piercings are so gross uh, because <laughs> they really scare me because it's like I would I would move. And my an earring would like get caught on my sweater and it would just rip my fucking ear off. Like I, it, it scares me so much the the idea that people just have like rings attached to their bodies. Like this guy's gigantic nose ring, which does get pulled out in this movie. Yeah, I was like, it's like that's my that's my nightmare, is like having something like that. Like it it, it freaks me out so much. So those guys are cool. Uh, I think you do get a good build up to like what's going on where you have the, uh, the gigantic boner dream sequence. And then you have the, uh, like the fetus bursting out dream sequence from, uh, both of our leads. Those are both good. Uh, you have a cool, like d- where he's like delusion or not delusional, but like, uh, where he goes off in his mutated state and just beats up some baddies, like f- arms down people's throats and stuff. I was yeah. like, Whoa, I was like, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then I think the the end monster is is pretty rad too the the quill monster uh, that thing's pretty gross pretty gnarly and yeah I don't know uh, I think Newcomb High is another like actually pretty well put together movie yeah for like, I mean it's good for, for like this sort of like B movie stuff it's uh, top yeah. tier B movie Kaufman absolutely and we also oh, get yeah. some uh, Fellini references <laughs> <laughs> what did, what did she say it's like well, fuck well, the well, Fellini well, festival well, 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 yeah it was like Warren. But what about the Fellini Festival? Chrissy, Warren, fuck the Fellini Festival. Fuck the Fellini. And, and then they fuck. Mm, ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Yeah, I actually did like that a lot because, uh, you know what? Fuck the Fellini Festival. Hey. What? What? Yeah, animal. Do you not agree? Mm, I like that Fellini. <laughs> you would like Fellini. But yeah, so yeah, uh, moving along. Yeah, Next sure. up, RJ, Surf uh-huh. Nazis Must Die. Ooh, ooh, baby. Oh, one more thing. Class Newcomb High. What a great theme song. Newcomb High. <laughs> bow, 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 now, now. Speaking of great music, Surf Nazis mm-hmm. Must Die. The only thing worth even bothering with this movie, honestly. Oh, 
not quite that music but... is so good it's i i man so that movie i was watching the other week fuck mm-hmm. people are talking about let me take a look at this you go on about surf nazis surf nazis okay so i like surf nazis quite a bit actually so uh like you mentioned the score in this thing fucking rips man like uh it's really good um i think this movie is really funny because it opens and lloyd kaufman's talking about like how they premiered this at con and you're like oh that's that's goofy old uncle lloyd's up to his old tricks um this movie really reminded me of something that i think is like super dumb and super lame where it's like surfing and snowboarding videos where i don't know if you're aware of this but it'll be like a three-hour video and it'll just be scenes of people snowboarding sure and it'll just have like soundtracks on it and i always thought that was so dumb like i was at someone's house once and they put that on i was like why are we watching this because <laughs> i well i mean i don't do either of those i guess if i did do either of those maybe i would take more out of it but i was like this is dumb uh but this movie i think is like it kind of like i got it, it clicked a little bit where this whole movie is like just scenes of people like surfing and there's like this really tranquil music playing in the background and it's it's like rhythmic and it kind of lulls you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so earlier we were talking, I believe we both fell asleep during this yeah, movie. Sure did. <laughs> uh, but I actually, I, I kind of like that. Like this movie just like rocked me to bed and I was like, oh. and I, I found it like it was really comforting. Uh, but then when I did wake up, I rewound it and uh, I watched the rest. Uh, I like the, so what you have is this like, it's not even like a future world or whatever. You just have this beach and there's all these beach gangs and they're all kind of like fighting each other for control. Well, so it's like a, the big beaches. Yeah. It's like a Mad Max world kind of like, yeah, but it's surf based. <laughs> it's surf based. Yeah. And so it's like whoever controls the beaches is like the top gang. Uh, and you have, uh, you have an awesome collection of uh, gangs. You have like the bros, the chads. It's like all these like rich d- dudes that are always like combing their hair and they have their collars popped. Uh, you have the Empire of the Sun, which is the Japanese surfer club. Uh, you have the sewer pipe mutants, which are just like really gross people that have like neon paint all over like black clothes. They're pretty cool. Uh, I think one group is called the rats. And uh, then you have the Nazis. The surf Nazis, Jarrett. Uh, so these guys are all kind of like fighting each other. And the surf Nazis are getting the upper hand. They're led by a man named Adolf. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like taking out uh, other groups of people. And then what happens is they one day they take out uh, just like an innocent bystander. It's this like young guy who's just kind of like there to surf. Or he was like helping someone and so they killed him. Uh And you see his life outside of this where he just put his mom in like a retirement facility and she's just this really, really fun, bigger lady who like smokes cigars and gambles. Uh, I think they call her Big Mama in this or something or just Mama. Uh, She rules. She's wicked. And uh, Eleanor Mama Washington. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that lady is so awesome. So they kill her son and then she she's like, fuck this shit. So she goes on a personal vendetta. And uh, she starts taking out the surf Nazis. And that's what the movie ends on. And that's, and it's where, like, and that's what I fell asleep during was like, oh, that, that part. Whole, yeah. When she's like on her motorcycle ripping around. Yeah. I, I think that that stuff's awesome. Uh, again, for an 80 minute movie, this is a movie that could probably have 15 to 20 minutes cut from it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so like I know I know it's boring and all that junk, but uh, I don't know. I kind of I, I liked it. 
I thought it was nice. So the the score I was referencing, I was like thinking about like because this certain Odysseys must die. Fantastic synthy eighty score. Yeah, like, compared compared to the uh, what the the movie Lost River, Ryan Gosling's movie, oh, where a lot of people talk about how amazing the score for that movie is. No, yeah. that score is not good at all. <laughs> it's like, terrible. Surf Nazis good, must die. No, Surf Nazis must die though. Excellent. I was looking. There's a a vinyl pressing of this that's out there, but they want like sixty bucks for it. So, mm-hmm. dear listeners, if you want to hook me up, let me know. Oh, don't be that guy. <laughs> you can. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, Surf Nazis must die. Uh, pretty hell, hell of a poster, hell of a title, but man, the movie, it, as you'd expect, does not deliver. I don't think on the mm-hmm. the promise of that poster or title. Yeah. You know what so, movie does sort of somehow delivers? What's that? Deadly Daphne's Revenge. Jared, what is Deadly Daphne's Revenge? <laughs> so this is a movie, uh, again, from our friends at Vinegar Syndrome. They put this out as a secret release that was only going to be available for a limited time. And I was just like, I'm going to buy this. And I bought it like six months ago and mm-hmm. hadn't watched it till this very uh, you know last couple of weeks. And I didn't know what to expect. I've seen that most people who watch it seem to not be fans of it at all. In fact, they hmm. say it's it's a horrible movie. But part of the reason I think is because everything indicates that this should be like some weird, like wooded horror movie with a crazy lady that like kills people in the woods. Okay, that's mm-hmm. kind of what it looks like. But let me read you a little bit about it. She swore revenge and vowed to spit on their graves. <laughs> that never happens. Oh, bummer. A young hitchhiker is picked up by four drunken hunters, one of whom rapes her. A tough prosecutor (laughs) has all four of the men indicted for the crime, which results in a suicide and a murder-for-hire plot. Okay. So this movie for essentially its entire runtime is a, like, weird, greasy, um, like, made-for-TV courtroom drama, sort Mm -hmm. of. It is... So incompetently made, <laughs> yet at the same time, I was laughing out loud so often watching this movie because it's just so ridiculous. It's one and, of those, eh? Oh, it's amazing. It's it is a one of the, yeah. It's like it's so bad. It's good. Yes. Yeah. But if you went in, if you were going in expecting a horror movie, and like by this point, like I'm like 35 movies deep into trauma movies, I, I have no expectations anymore. Like my my yeah. entire world has been ruined by uh, this entire month. <laughs> so when I got to this though, my God, it's just like the delivery and writing and the acting from these these dudes. Ah, uh, my God. The 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 mean the main. Um, rapist we'll call him the the lead thug he's so despicable and loathsome and like every like racist horrible sexist thing that could come out of his mouth comes out of it and it's just like <laughs> delivered like so plainly it's like i'm like wow a different era that this was made in oh it was only like released in 1987 but it feels a lot older than that um let's see richard gardner wrote and stars in this movie mm-hmm. directed it um, yeah, it's the, only th- it's the only thing he's done. He, he played Aww. Steve. Yeah, it's one of those types of movies. But uh, yeah, I I love this movie for all the probably wrong reasons. But uh, <laughs> like it's just so Ugh. it's so inept. But because like how do you handle like oh this girl who gets picked up by these dudes in a trailer? First of all, you're like well late girl my my friend. I don't want to like blame victims here, but it's like do not get, do not get into that RV. Do not get mm-hmm. in. Do not get into that RV with those four guys. Like that's just a really bad idea. 
Just keep mm. waiting for that hitchhike, okay? And so she does. And then there's like the one guy, he's like the decent man. And then there's the one guy who's like, I, I just don't want my wife to find out. But then there's like scuzzy guy and uh, his friend. They're they're down for a little bit of rape. And uh, oh yeah, can I get that a sound a sound bite of that? Um, she asked nicely. But okay. uh, so anyway, they bring her back to a their cabin and. Bad things happen. She escapes and then wants to press charges. And then there's a a DA who wants to get this guy. And it's like, that's what this movie is. But it is trying so hard to make itself a movie. And it it just can't help itself. It's an incredible piece of filmmaking. Incredible. Really? So this is a hard recommend from you, huh? I yeah. I, if you like, if you know what you're going signing up for. You're not getting a. Oh yeah. Then Deadly Daphne. Deadly Daphne shows up for the first minute of the movie, and mm-hmm. then she disappears for the entirety of the movie until RJ. Oh, good. Guess what happens? She has a dog. Oh come on. <laughs> Why? So see, like this is. And then and then, and then <laughs> I'll never watch this now. Yeah. Because it. It's just like why? Why do they do it, Jared? Because otherwise, how does Daphne want to have revenge? There's way more. There's there's a lot more reasons no. people could want revenge other than being raped or having your dog killed. Like here, here's a real good one. The other day, some guy looked at me bad, and I was like, you know what? Maybe this is the time. You're gonna imbibe in a little bit of that. Maybe this is the time. So there's way more reasons to go on like a killing spree than. Like being raped or having your dog murdered. Those are pretty good reasons, right? To want to get I mean, they're fine, but there's there's other things you can do. Mm, I don't know. Until movies show me otherwise. I don't know. Well, Jared. Money? Money's so boring. So played. Jared. So, RJ, I watched Rabid Grannies. Oh, how is that treat, uh, not, treatment for not, you? Not good. Not good. Yeah. Uh, Tell uh, me more. Okay. Part of the problem with this is that the uh, copies available for this are horrible. And this goes back to like the bullshit of trauma, like digitally remastered, restored. <laughs> no. this the, the version of this that's available that they put out on Blu-ray was not mm-hmm. either of those things. It is a 68-minute version of this 90-minute movie. Um, Did they cut out the right stuff? Well, no, it's like this movie is like heavily censored for some reason, even though it's like not really anything worse than like Evil Dead. And so this movie is just like a like a Bava Demons movie, but it's worse yeah. than those. It's way worse. Lots How of can, boring, well, boring European people. Uh, they're they're yeah. they're all gathered together because they're really concerned about their inheritance from the like grandmothers in this movie, the old ladies, the aunts, and. Uh, then somebody sends like like some like witchy cult woman sends a package that turns the grannies into possessed demons and they just go around the mansion killing people for the entire movie. It's oh so, good. It's that's all this movie is. The effects, if see, this is the thing, the the VHS quality of this thing that exists currently does not mm-hmm. serve the effects very well because I'm sure yeah. if the effects were like had but more emphasis and were clearly presented, it would be maybe like a half star better. But in its current form, it's just so dull. The characters are all s- crap. You don't care about anything that's going on. So I was, uh, I don't know. I wish, I wish, uh, I could grade this thing more accordingly, but I don't know. It's just like, it sucked. It was, it's just, a, it's unpleasant to get through. Boring. I've seen a thousand movies like this. It doesn't even feel like a trauma movie, really. 
It's kind of a weird. Uh, some of them don't. Some of them don't. This is just like obviously it's like the titles right, the the poster yeah. looks right, the t- like everything is there for it. But it's like a very. It's like it's uh, was it not Belgian? It's a German. It's a German movie too, and oh. uh, yeah, it's baffling that they. We'll get to the other baffling one. My uh, one of my picks of all these movies, surprisingly enough. But yeah, mm-hmm. Rabbit Grannies. Um, I'll skip. A couple, I'm gonna skip a couple of these. Hey, RJ. Yes. Troma's War. Troma's War. Um, you mean Lost the movie? Kinda. It's kind of like Lost, right? A condensed version. So this movie starts and. Uh, you have like a plane that crashes and you have all the people. A bunch of people from Tromaville. A bunch of people from Tromaville and they're like, oh, we're on this island now. What are we going to do to survive? And then you know what they do to survive, Jared? They go into like war games. Well, because they happen to land on an island where there's like mercenary terrorists that are plotting mm-hmm. uh, an invasion of America, which apparently was like a very real threat. <laughs> allegedly in, in like right-wing people's minds they thought like people from cuba or like the rushkies are going to come and mm-hmm. uh yeah that's what it is and these these like hapless civilians come across this like training militia camp and they go to war with them to defend america but then what do they do uh a lot of them die oh good some people get their brains blown out their teeth pulled out their tongues pulled out yeah, it's mayhem. This movie is, man, it's not just, great. It's just a sloggy action movie. At the end of the day, yeah, there's yeah, there's just not really anything to it, right? Like, it's like a Vietnam Vietnam War camp thing. But you watch it and you're like, I don't know about you, but I was kind of just like, I don't really care. Yeah, I'm kind of bored with this. Like, yeah, just people walking around with guns, and sometimes they shoot them. Most of the time, they're just walking around though. And you're like, all right, like, yeah, it's a whole long build of them, like somehow taking out trained people because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what the movie, that's what the movie is. They're just doing that yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. I don't know. I was pretty uh, disappointed with this one. Uh, cause especially like, cause it's, I mean, Lloyd Coppin's still directing this and it's coming off of, uh, his two best movies. And then it's like, <laughs> see, that's why there's, there's such like standouts, like maybe, uh, Spielberg, directed a uh, toxic avenger and uh newcomb high kind of like a poltergeist uh, i see situation situation you know it seems legit like or maybe toby hooper stepped in mm, maybe no i think i don't know toby hooper would have fit in in the trauma universe mm, i don't know I just don't, I don't, well, I don't care. About, I don't remember about that one. But yeah, Troma's War, like the climax is like some like, wow, they're really killing yeah. off these characters. It kind of works. Not really. It's just, it's, I don't know. Troma's War is like there. There's I, not, I don't know. I like when the one like old guy who's like a coward throughout the whole movie, he saves the day by like running out there and uh, sending that truck flying onto the uh, <laughs> the boat that it just explodes before the car lands on it. That mm-hmm. was fine. I mean, they spent a lot of money on this. Like this movie, we should point out, easily has the largest budget of any trauma movie. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like you think about all the squibs and all the action mm-hmm. set pieces, they spent like a trauma fortune on this thing. So that's actually one thing that I uh, I wish I was starting to, I wish I had tagged when uh, with Letterbox with squibs. Because oh, yeah. uh, there was a few later when we get to... Um, 
blood alien or alien blood <laughs> alien blood there was a lot of squibs in that and i was like fuck this would be a good movie to take yeah but yeah and like trauma's wars like it's it's like i said it's it's people walking around with guns and shooting each other sometimes yeah. and like yeah. you you wish it was better it's just yeah. not. it's just not a good it's just not a well-made this it has no real story it has no drama to it it's just like oh these characters are just in the jungle walking around mm-hmm. and like then there's action set pieces and it's very repetitive um yeah it just it has like it has these like kind of like Kaufman flourishes as far as like the humor mm-hmm. goes and characters to stuff goes uh you know people dropping fags and stuff like that which we have what sorry uh you, people can play it back oh, okay yeah. yeah so we we all know that that's a a real undercurrent here in uh Tromaville well in about 20 movies uh I'll have a lot to say about that I don't know if I'm allowed to say that word until I get to that movie I see you see what I mean Jared I, I don't yet but we'll see uh-huh. Uh I watched uh one of the last movies I watched on this rough ride. Beware children at play. <laughs> it's like a shitty children of the corn. Oh, well children of the corn is pretty shitty as it is. And this movie is uh somehow it, even it, worse. At least is bad. At least is bad. But it's like oh. diff- bad in a different way cuz like that movie's like cause children of the corn is like at least recognizable as a studio movie. Mm-hmm. Be- Beware children at play is just like whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is a perfect movie to have on while you're doing other things. Well, good. Uh I also watched Redneck Zombies. Huh. So I had a, a friend say that this was one of the rare movies that they stopped. Um they don't re- usually like turn movies off and they're like, Yeah, that was that one was bad. So what did you think of Redneck Zombies? It is a shot on video film. I think they had filmed some of it, then Troma distributed it, and then they gave him more money to finish it. It oh. d- it didn't matter. Um, it's just again, it kind of reminded me of Mother's Day. It's that same type of characters. Mm. I have a hard time remembering it. There's a couple of good screenshots in this movie, but yep. uh, other than that, I just I'm moving on with my life. I mean, good. what do you what do you expect? It's a movie yeah. called Redneck Zombies. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I'm surprised it was made um, so early, the 89. Yep. Got dang. Got dang. Hey, uh, did you? were you going to talk about Lust for Freedom? Because uh, that was in 87, apparently. Yeah, I've skipped over that one. Okay. I, I'm, not... well, I'm going to count it as logged in this uh, talk because we brought up the title. So there you go. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then RJ, and then... we had back-to-back films. Toxic Avenger Part Two, mm-hmm. Toxic Avenger Part Three, The Last Temptation of Toxie. Now see, I, seen, I feel like you would love that. See, I've <laughs> seen some uh, some back and forth amongst people saying which one's better of these two. Um, these are a step down from the first film. Yeah, hot take. Which one's better? They're both bad. They're both bad. I would give the edge to Part Two. Mm-hmm. Because, like, there's a charmingness to, like, the adventures in Japan stuff. Yep. Uh, it's got I the, think, yeah. That, that's about it. But, like, I don't know. It opens up with Toxic Crusader. Toxic Crusader. Toxic Avenger. Jesus. He is, um, he's on, he's in his, what is it? He's at the It's uh, like home, the home sanctuary for the blind. For the blind. Yeah, yeah. Where's, where his wife works, his girlfriend, who's, like, just dumber than ever. Yeah, they really uh, flipped her character. Like in the first one, she was like a normal person, 
But in this one, it's like she just wears lingerie out in yeah. real life yeah. and is like, oh, taxi. Um, yeah, she's super bimbo-fied and everything like mm-hmm. that. Um, these are not coffin films. No. No. And uh, so, yeah, the movie opens up with like uh, this big, ridiculous action set piece, which is just <laughs> Toxie killing dudes in a circle. Yeah, you get an appearance from uh, Michael J. White, a uh, hit actor from The Dark Knight. Nope. Gamble from The Dark Knight, Jared. Wow, Did you wow. see it? He's in uh, 2 and 3. Wow. I believe. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah, you get this like thing where it's like he's just killing people. That's like the highlight yep. of these movies at this point is Toxic Avenger just like brutalizing people horribly. Like at one point I was like, this isn't so great. And then there's like the one death where he uses like the uh, the wheelchair to accordion a man to death in his intestines. That's pretty cool. Yep. That was rad. There's a couple of those like highlights. Um, that you'd what did in. you think? What did you think when he scrunched up that midget and uh, slam dunked him? That was good. Yeah. Yeah. That was fine. The wheelchair one's the best. That, that one's like, that, kind one's of, good. that one takes you back. You're like, whoa. Yeah. Um, and then, so what is it? Apocalypse Company? Is that what it was? Yeah. It's it's the Apocalypse Company. Yeah. yeah. So they're the villains now. And uh, they're trying to take over the town. And they send him on a, they, they send Toxie on a like red herring to Japan to go find his father. And uh, while he's gone, uh, Tromaville get, gets turned back into a hellhole, and uh, all these all these bad things are happening to the citizens. They've been abandoned. Toxie's like hanging out with sumo wrestlers, and like mm-hmm. hanging out with this guy he thinks is his dad for some reason, just because he's been told that. It's just yeah. inane. But uh, yet the one other highlight of this film is the um, the what do we call it? Japanese food. Like there's a the little fish cakes. And you yeah. get the, the fish cake nose spot, which is like pretty rad. That, 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 that. So I remember watching that and I feel like, so when they clamp it on, the fish is facing one. Yeah, like I know. Facing it's totally the face, facing the And then when it way. comes off it, yeah, it's like the wrong way. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> wait pretty, a minute. But it looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty gross. I, I thought you'd like that. Yeah. That, that's pretty uh, uh, grotesque. Yeah. There's also the scene where he's fighting like samurai and he goes to the sushi shop gets some starfish to throw at him gets a swordfish to fight him with all the great gigs yep all the big ones <laughs> yeah and uh then he finishes up in japan he surfs back home <laughs> to uh new yep. york and uh and then he cleans up and takes care of the bad stuff that was going on and you're like okay that's the end yep but it's like weird because then Toxic Avenger Part Three starts up, and it's like all all that's been undone again. It's and, yeah, it's it's all undone, and it's like back to normal. And they even recycle a lot of the same footage. One oh, scene that was recycled, which was my favorite, yeah. is when it's the evil scheming, and there's that guy just fucking eating boiled eggs. He eats like forty boiled eggs, and it's in both <laughs> movies. And I was like, what? I was like, that's that's something I actually really liked. And I was like, that's such a weird thing. Like, who who whose idea was that? I was like. To show how evil this guy is, we're going to have a scene with him just fucking plowing in boiled eggs because it's evil. <laughs> was it part two that had that like really crazy set piece with the car smashing into the horse-drawn carriage? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I, yeah, because it's in the opening fight, isn't it? Not or is it opening. in three? It's I, I know it's like in the middle Fuck, of the I, movie. I can't remember. Yeah, it's, it's in one it's, of the It's two. one of the scenes where you're like just going along, you're like, the, the bad guys are driving around because they're like, ha ha, yeah. we run this place. And then there's like this like couple that are just running. I think it's part three. 
Mm, maybe two i don't know it's coin toss that like was like i had to rewind that because i was like what the fuck because i was like it's like obviously Mm -hmm. you're like oh it's a fake horse i'm like yeah i was just wanted to make sure that it's like i'm pretty sure that would cost them too much money to kill a horse and so like kaufman being ramifications yeah kaufman being cheap is like one of the saving graces i think and also Mm -hmm. lloyd kaufman's a vegetarian i will mention that too so oh good yeah good what do you think he eats quinoa quinoa perhaps david lynch style whatever his chef makes him sure yeah sure but yeah these movies both aren't very good i'd I'd say two is better three though oh my god it's so drawn out so like the 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 leader of the apocalypse corporation is like the devil i guess he just uh, the devil he is just the devil in this yeah and so that's where the last temptation of toxic comes in where it's like He's signed some contract, and so Toxie becomes yeah. bad for him, and uh, he wants to break the contract, and so now he has to like do these feats, and so there's all these contests that are just like, oh, unfunny, just earth, wind, fire, and uh, air, baby. Yeah. No, wait, you said that you, you get the uh, the school bus going up the up the cliff face. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's all that. I think like three has a couple cool scenes, like uh, when the when the devil births himself out of the other body. Yep. That that seems cool. And like I kind of get it where it's like the banality of life where it's like toxic Avenger. He has like a job and they turn him into a Chad where he's got his oh. collar popped. And he's like, uh, we'll have brunch on the weekend, baby. Yeah. I also don't like two and three because of how chatty he is. Oh, it's fine. I, and, I they, like and, and they yeah. uh, they don't do the dub voice thing. Yeah, I hate yeah, no, that. it's just him talking. He's just a guy. He talks like this. And it's like, oh. Yeah. And then um, oh, the other thing that pissed me off with part three was they didn't have Mark Torgo come back to play Melvin. They well, had, you they, kind they, of explained that a little bit. But it's like, it's such bullshit. It's like they had yeah. this like guy who's like, I'm just a regular person acting like a spaz. And it's just like, mm-hmm. nah, this is bullshit. Like Melvin's so iconic for me. <laughs> and then uh, they, mm-hmm. they just, they just tossed it aside like a bad sequel. What a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one, I think it's part three that also opens up with the video store brawl with like the, the, the Jewish run, the uh, Orthodox uh, mm-hmm. video store. Hop. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, these are these movies have both been uh, disowned by Void himself. Yeah, they so. they, they get written out of the movies uh, later yeah. on. So in the fourth, in the first part, like the very opening of Stanley. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. two sequels that didn't count. Um, oh well, I tried, yeah, they're like they're fine. <laughs> I, but I, whatever. I, I tried watching a uh, Tale of Two Sisters, directed by Adam Rifkin, and I gave up after twenty minutes. Uh-huh. It's just off. Like it's nothing of note. Is it like Toxic Avenger? No, it's a different type of bad. Mm. Well, it happens. Um, I watched Luther the Geek, though I watched Ooh. that on YouTube, and uh, the quality of it was so bad. I would actually love to watch the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray, but <gasps> I did not have access to it. And even if I wanted to try to like emergency ship it to myself on Amazon, mm-hmm. it was out, out of stock for the next one to two months. So that Fuckers. would have done me no good at all. But yeah, the, it didn't seem like a particularly interesting movie. It's like about a guy who is, uh, how does it go? So it, it goes through the history of like being a geek in the sh- uh, sideshow. His father's killed. He saw his dad get killed. And now he's a psycho kid who uh, bites people. Tears their throats out with his bare teeth, and he gets mm-hmm. really. And he, there's a nice scene with a, a parole board that lets him go, and like within like a day of being released, he kills an old woman, and then he's Good. on the run. He goes out to a farmhouse and terrorizes people. It is that's it. That is the entire movie. It is one note. Um, I don't know if uh, 
being in like 1080p would improve it or not, but it sounds horrible. It sounds missable. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't regret not watching that. That's yeah. No, there's not, there's nothing there for you. Uh, yeah. though I did watch, uh, one of the gems, uh, Ooh. That, which was 1991 killer nerd. That's a, that sounds fun. It is mm, fun. S- strange. Odd film. Okay. Are, have you seen American Splendor? I believe so. With uh, Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Well, you remember yep. like in that there's like the, the other guy, Toby, Toby Radloff. Toby Hooper or Toby Jones? Radloff. Oh, no, I don't know who that guy is. He's like, I'll, he's, I'll check it he's, out. He's like Harvey Pekar's friend who like, they basically say it's like, oh, he's like has Asperger's, I guess. Oh, he's, okay. like, he's like the nerd character. He's like, I like pina coladas. That guy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So gotcha. the, 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 the real guy, Toby Radloff, he was on like Letterman appearances with uh, Harvey Pekar back when. So he was kind of like this like minor, like Z level celebrity. And so mm-hmm. th- these guys who made Killer Nerd, uh, Mark Stephen Bosco and Wayne Harold, they cast mm-hmm. uh, Toby uh, to be the nerd. In their movie, hmm. it's about a nerd who's sent over the edge and gets revenge <laughs> on everybody. Um, I love, I maybe loved is a strong word for it, but I, I, I really, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, it has like that shot. It's a shot on video horror movie, and like the whole thing is just like hanging out with this like guy who's like, oh, I don't know how much of this is like a work and like how much of it is like legitimate just as far him. as like him, like, cause it's him. Like, I don't know if it's that far off. He's into mm. comic books and he's, uh, he lives with his mother and he wants to go on a date. And there's like this real sadness. Um, it, it's like, it borders on this thing about like how incels happen. And, uh, this incels, is the, yeah, this movie's got that, like that vibe of like, is this like what a lot of incel type of dudes are? But I don't. I think well, you uh, tell me. Toby, I think has a bit more self awareness than uh, incel mm-hmm. types want to think they have. Uh, but then, well, the, I... then the movie t- takes this ridiculous turn into like where he's now a slasher killer, um, mm-hmm. but he's delivering his lines with zeal. <laughs> well, I dug it. I like this, you thing. dug it. Yeah. Well, you are an incel, so weird. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean weird? Weird. Um, no. but yeah, Killer Nerd. I, I like this movie. Uh, good. If you like Sean video horror stuff, I think this is a, a good addition to that type of vibe. Mm-hmm. You know what movie I did not like at all? What's that, Jarrett? 1991's Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD. Sergeant Kabuki Man. Uh, so this yeah. was uh, Kaufman's return to, mm-hmm. uh, to directing. And uh, the idea, oh. this, this movie is very cynically made, I'd argue, because mm-hmm. it was like, hey, a uh, video game company wants us to make a, develop an idea. Let's, uh, we want to do something Japanese infused and a cop thing. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. It'll be like a kid's show. And it feels like, it feels like the weirdest, like, Power Rangers episode where, like, horrible violence happens out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Like, for the most part, it's, like, pretty low-key. It's got, like this garbage cop who's just like I'm a dumb cop and I'm really bad at my job and I go I don't shave and oh I don't even know how to handle my gun but there's like <laughs> mysticism happening there's like some ancient Japanese mm-hmm. curse that's playing out and the dumb cop just happens to go to a show and he gets possessed by this spirit and becomes the kabuki man who has to save the day 
mm-hmm. um, and he has powers sometimes. But he has to like have faith in himself. And there's like the Japanese woman that's teaching him how to do things, and they, they make love. So there's some love making scenes. Mm-hmm. But there's this one moment, like the, the I guess you'd say the highlight of this film is like so he's like on like a tear of like it's like a montage of him like fixing crime. And one of those yeah. crimes that he comes across is like a pimp who is like kind of like beating up his hoe and then the his hoe what, sorry? the hoe runs away and then okay. the pimp chases after him but then the hoe like draws a gun on him and mm-hmm. then Sergeant Kabuki Man shows up he then takes both of them wraps them up in seaweed and then chops them up into sushi what is the sushi connection to uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man he's Japanese you see Right. So, are you saying this was actually a good thing, or are you? I'm just saying, like, pro Kabuki oh, Man. No, or? this movie sucked. But I'm saying okay. that that that, 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 that scene. one scene of like turning people into life-size sushi was like, mm. oh, but I'm like, wait a minute, like, what, what did the prostitute have? Like, what was she doing so bad that she had to be murdered? Because there people, there's like other people in this movie that don't get mm. murdered, but they do. I was, was like, that's it's equal opportunity. He was killing indiscriminately. Yeah, is what you're saying. But for for fun. Yeah, this movie, um, I had, like, I guess a certain expectation, I suppose, that Mm -hmm. I I shouldn't have had. Yeah, I don't know about that. Just uh, my only input, and we'll get there, is after seeing Citizen Toxie, I'm glad I didn't watch Sergeant Kabuki Man. It's so different, though. I'm sure it is, but... The the, the type of character... Just in general. Because it's like, in, in Citizen Toxie, he's like this, like, failure loser... Yeah. In this, he's like the character, like the, the regular version of him is. But when he's Kabuki Man, he's like a superhero. He's not like this like sad drunk that like falls inside of unconscious women and impregnates them. Well, we've all been there, have we? I don't know. You tell me. You're the incel. <laughs> uh, let's make sure we don't want to skip. Oh, we know what we skipped over. Blades. Blades. Yeah, we have blades to talk about. I have four movies I can talk. Or oh, I have a whole pile. Go for I it. got I got a chronological list here, baby. You want me to catch up? Yeah. So now we're going on to the distribution side of things. Okay. So first up, we have 1989's Blades. Ah, this movie has probably the worst letterboxed um, description I've I've come across because it's one inaccurate, and then it's two. It spoils the whole movie. So it starts off and it says Happy Gilmore meets Maniac. False. 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 It is neither of those movies. Uh, what this movie is, is Caddyshack meets Jaws. I, I would say would be a way more accurate interpretation on that. Okay. So then, and then it like spoils it. And it's like, it's this isn't like a prestige fucking film or anything like that. Like where you would be like, oh, I didn't want that spoiled. But it's just, it's kind of like annoying because in the movie, it is like it builds up to a surprise. So you have this golf course and uh, people start like dying on the golf course and they're just finding like mangled bodies and they're like, holy fuck, there's like a maniac on the loose. So the two golf pros, uh, like a guy and a girl, they're there and they're like, they're like, man, we got a golf tournament this weekend. We better cancel it. But the, the country club owner is like, we're not going to fucking cancel it. He's like, are you nuts? He's like, this is the only t- weekend of the year that we're, we're like profitable. He's like, we're going to go through with it. So they do. They have the tournament. And then uh, you find out what the killer is. So I'll spoil it here. Like, it, it's like I said, it doesn't matter. I just found it annoying. Uh, it's a lawnmower. Uh, but it's like this industrial, like, uh, 
it's almost like a tractor uh, mower. And it's like real old and rusty. It kind of, this kind of reminded me of like the Mangler. Yeah. The, so one of the finest films, one of the finest films. So like, that's what I mean. If this was, I feel like blades was written by Stephen King and directed by Toby Hooper, but not on either account because that's what this movie is. And it, it is like, it is literally a jaws ripoff where uh, there's an old man who comes out and he's like, he's like, that was my dad is Moa. I've been hunting it for years and the mower has like balloons tied to it. So like jaws with the, the fucking, uh, the kegs, like trying to lift it up and stuff. So they're like hunting it and they're in their van and it's like kind of around them and stuff like that. This movie actually has like a couple decent gore bits where, uh, it's just people getting mangled. So I was into that. Um, it has like the ultimate cheesy, like denouement Jarrett, where like the golf pro who has been struggling the last couple of years has to like land this one in a million shot to like uh, dismantle the beast. So it's got it's got everything you would expect. Uh, it's not bad actually. Like um, I think describing it, you're like, oh, that doesn't sound good. But it's actually not that bad. I think this would be a fine creeptober pick for uh, someone who. I don't know say you had a spot it was like a sports movie or a golf movie or something for a horror movie you're like oh let me check out blades uh this movie also has a pretty awesome quote where uh the old man is like let's see you take a bite out of my ass he's talking to the uh to the lawn mower i guess <laughs> uh but i liked it i thought that was really funny so blades isn't uh blades isn't bad my man blades is not bad it's just, so anyways, not, it's just not great. <laughs> just not great. Uh, so next up for me, Jarrett, is Invasion of the Space Preachers from 1990. So this is a movie um, that's very odd. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot of weird things that happen in this movie. So you have these two guys. Oh, it's it's directed by this guy named Daniel Boyd who did another trauma movie called Chillers, which uh, oh, looks he, that's, that's an anthology. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's got a cool poster. It's like a bunch of ghouls on a bus. Uh, I wish I had watched that, but whatever. Um, Invasion of Space Preachers is okay. So you have these two dudes that are like on this road trip. And it shows like they're like driving and they stop on the side of the road. And there's these guys. It's like, want to come see our uh, our museum? And they're like, okay. And they're like, what is it? They're like, it's a shit house. And they're like, okay. So they go out there and it's just literally a house made out of shit. And they're like, they're like, come on in, boys. And then they come out and they're just covered in shit. And they're like, they're like, man, we shouldn't have went into the shit house. So it's like, there's like stuff like that happens in this. And you're like, weird. You're like, that's so, it's like, I don't, I don't know whose idea that was, but it's pretty fun. So anyways, they get to this like cabin in the woods and uh, a spaceship crashes and it's an alien and it's just like. Star Trek looking alien thing, like a squid head kind of deal. Uh, and they're like, oh, shit, we should help this thing out. But then they're like, ah, we'll come back tomorrow. So they leave and then they come back and it's gone. But there's like this uh, this babe uh, blonde lady. But it turns out that was the alien. And she's like, this is as close to my true form uh, in human form that I could be. So they're like, all right, well, we'll hang out with this lady then. Uh, and then what happens is there's a bunch of like Bible thumpers around that are like, we go and get them aliens. Uh, you have a nice scene in a, uh, convenience store where a guy goes, this is America, son, land of the free. 
in the home of Donald Trump. Uh, and for 1990, I was like, oh, oh boy. So there's that. So like the the preacher men want to kill the alien. Uh, alternatively, on the other side of town, there's aliens also hunting this rogue alien. The aliens trying to get back home. These guys meet like this commando-y dude who like shows them how to use guns and stuff. His movie's all over the fucking map, Jarrett, is what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, it's not bad. <laughs> it's not like that's a long way to say it's not bad. Like, I don't know. I had fun with it, but uh, I wouldn't like I wouldn't recommend this to anybody. <laughs> so I don't know if oh. that's good or like. No, it's not. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I think I I don't know. It had enough like weird, quirky things in it, like the shit house and the. Uh, I don't know. There were there was like some stuff, but it's uh, I gave this a three, which looking back is a little generous. Mm-hmm. This is a two and a half for sure. So that's Space Preachers. Uh, do you want to hear about uh, some more movies, Jared? Yeah, just just uh, tell me these about these barbarian movies. Well, funny you should say because up next is Time Barbarians. Yeah, uh, from 1990, from Joseph John Barometer, uh, whatever that means. This movie has an awesome fucking idea, but it doesn't execute very well. So you're in like barbarian days and you have basically Conan and red Sonia and they lead this tribe of like barbarians. And, uh, it's just like super beefy dudes and like beefy ladies. And they're walking around fucking everybody up and they got hot abs and all that. And you're like, that's cool. Uh, and then there's talk of like sorcery and things like that. Like this girl has an amulet that like keeps her safe. So what happens is this rival tribe of barbarians uh, like pounces on all the women as they're bathing so the lead lady doesn't have her safety amulet. And they rape them all, Jarrett. And then they kill them. And you're like, holy fuck. Uh, So then our lead barbarian comes back and uh, he's just like, what the fuck? Uh, He finds the amulet. Or no, wait, the amulet was taken by the lead bad guy and he's now like, um, uh, like invincible and immortal. And so a sorcerer comes and is like, listen, that dude's got the amulet and he is now unstoppable. What I'm going to do is send you, he, it's like that bad guy went ahead in time. He's now in the 90s. I'm going to send you there too. Go find him and kill him and then uh, you can come back. And this is like halfway through the movie and you're like, fuck, that sounds cool. So now he gets like transported to the nineties and he's just like in his cone and gear and he's walking around finding people that are trying to rape other people. And he's just like fucking them up with his sword and stuff. And he's looking for the evil warlock and it all sounds really good. But the majority of this movie is just people like sitting around. Mm. Like it's just dudes just like sitting there talking about shit or not even talking. It's just like, it's like this dude and his like the bit main barbarian and his buddy, and they're just like sitting by a campfire for like three, four minutes. And you're like, all right, you're gonna do something? And they don't. So I think time bar time barbarians is like a bit of a missed opportunity because it could have been super wicked. And I actually really like the story, but uh, it doesn't really go anywhere. So another movie, Jared, also from 1990, is called a nymphoid barbarian in dinosaur hell from Brett Piper, who looks like he has dabbled in some shitima, as you would call it. <laughs> it looks like he's dabbled. So this is another case where I believe Troma changed the name of this movie. 
and uh, not for the better. Because I think this movie is like almost good, but the name is so misleading that I think it would like people who would actually like this kind of movie would probably be turned off by it. So it opens and there's this girl and she's talking and she's like, it's pretty hard being a nymphoid in dinosaur hell. And it's like, that's weird uh, that that she would talk like that, but that never comes up again. So this movie is like kind of like a Mad Max dystopian where it's like fallout from radiation. There's like cave people walking around and they find like lighters and zippos and like old coloring books and cars and shit like that. And then there's like mutants that are also walking around like fighting the normies. Then you also have stop motion dinosaurs. You have bog creatures. You have like all these like monsters Uh, and actually like the monsters, like not not the stop motion dinosaurs, but there are actually some like practical effect monsters and they look pretty good. Uh, I actually like them quite a bit. Um, but like that again, like that's it. That's all this movie is like, it's mostly just this girl walking around, like avoiding the, uh, ever present threat of rape, which is just everywhere. Like everywhere she goes, someone tries to rape her. Mm. Uh, so regarding the title, this Brett yeah. Piper, Alex Perny production was originally called lost fortress. We yeah. tagged on a new scene at the beginning, announcing this mythic land is Tromaville of the future and changed the title to something Andrew Lloyd Webber might want to someday redo as a musical. That Kaufman jokes. Mm-hmm. We also so changed like the that, name of one yeah. of the dinosaurs to a Tromasaurus. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, she says this is Tromaville. So, this is an official Tromaville mm-hmm. film. Unofficial. Lloyd, Unoffic- Kaufman, yeah. Lloyd Kaufman didn't direct it. So. Oh, okay. Well, it is a, it's unofficial Tromaville yeah. then, I guess. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's too bad. It's like, it's again, it's another. Like this, I there's one more sword in the sorcery I watched. I'll get to later, and it's like uh, they're not bad. It's just they're not good. <laughs> they're just not good. Yeah, like I actually kind of like them better than some of the other trauma stuff I watched. It's just they didn't do enough of what made them okay. Well, just tell me, tell me about Wizards of the Demon Sword. Wrap, All right, I'll wrap, tell you about wrap, wrap up this uh, trilogy. Okay, so I, I did watch Wizards of the Demon Sword, uh, which was '91. Uh, from our boy Fred Olin Ray. This movie is along the same lines. So we actually have stop motion dinosaurs again in this thing. So it's like all these sword and sandal and sorcery people walking around. You have men, you have women. They sometimes come up come upon a dinosaur and they kill it. There's roving bands of rapist men everywhere uh and you have like our hero he meets this damsel in distress and uh, she's like well the bad guys like kidnapped my my dad and he's like that's fucked up let's go get him back so they like go to get him and then like she gets kidnapped and then this guy meets a different bandit guy who's like a sword fighter like you know that old shtick uh so now good guy and sword fighter guy bandit are they go to storm the castle to get the people back big bad guy is this like Mitt Romney looking fucking dude and he needs to like sacrifice her because she's a princess to give him powers he like shoots shit out of his fingers every now and then uh and that's it that's kind of all this movie is it's got like it's got some fun stuff uh the one thing that I kind of like about it is it's like Fred Olin Ray in general where I think it's it's really played straight but it's also aware of being like a shit movie. 
where like people like it, it takes place in this dinosaur time, but people will be like, it's, they don't say this specifically, but things like this, they're like, Oh, I didn't get that facts. They'll like drop like dialogue. That's like present day back then. And they just go with it. They're like, whatever, we'll just keep going with this. <laughs> so it's that. And then there's like, it's like super hilariously bad costumes where it's like these guys, like they just brought what they were wearing and they like ripped it up a little bit, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. So I don't know. You There's some admiration to uh, what old Fred Olin Ray does with this stuff. It's, it's I, it's I, like not, that's the thing. None of them are good. And none of them are like, like a- actively bad where you're like, fuck that movie. It's just, uh, I don't know. They're there. They're movies, man. You know, I know. Hey, how yes. about they call me macho woman? Okay. So they call me macho woman is another, it's okay. It, it, this one's not bad. So talking about the ever present, uh, threat of rape, uh, <laughs> This movie's this movie's fucking wild too. Um, so you have this lady. Okay, sorry, I gotta start over. So you see this like compound of drug people, and they're led by this guy named Mongo, and they're all making cocaine. <laughs> so Mongo, Jared, they they find out that one of the guys on the compound was like stealing some of the coke. So Mongo puts on this like BDSM leather strap on his head and it's got this huge fucking unicorn spike and like his preferred method of killing people is just ramming his head into them with like this leather helmet on so that's mongo he's pretty cool he's like a really big dude he kind of looks like a you know that bald ufc fighter that was in uh here comes the boom that uh doesn't matter whatever so he looks like an old retired ufc fighter so that happens randy couture no, not Randy Couture. He's in Here Comes the Boom with uh, no. Kevin James. Okay, just, leave, just continue. Okay, so so anyways, so you, you get introduced to those people. That's cool. And then you see this lady, and uh, she's being driven out to like a little cottage next to these people's compound uh, by a realtor because she's like interested in buying it. Uh, she's like a businesswoman. Uh, I think the tagline for this is, uh, born to shop, she learned to kill. So that tells you what you need to know. Uh, so she, they're being driven out there and they just like casually pass some of these people. And so Mongo is like, fuck that shit. We got to go get that broad. So they go and they like run the car off the road. Uh, and then what happened, the rest of the movie is like her running away from these people. Uh, so this movie definitely has some low, like some dips where a lot of it is her running away. And that stuff's kind of boring. But then what it gets to is like, kind of awesome like schlocky stuff and like so she she's running away at one point and she gets picked up by these bros and uh they're like yeah we'll give you a ride lady no problem so they like pull her in the back and then they try to rape her of course uh but then they get ran off the road by mongo's goons and then one of these guys like the the guy mongo's goon like shoves his head through a window of the car and then puts his like face on the bottom part where it's all the sh- like shards of glass. And then he like curb stomps him on the window. And you're like, holy fuck. You're like, I didn't see that shit coming. Like, <laughs> that's a pretty gruesome kill for this like macho woman movie. So she runs away again and she gets to this cabin. And then she turns into macho woman. There's like this, it's this like montage scene where she's doing like 
a mix between leather work and like iron work where she's like she puts like a chrome she finds these two axes cuts them down into hatchets and like chrome plates the blades and then she also has like she gets these like leather harnesses and she puts like nails them in them and shit and she finds this bullwhip and she's like you know what fuck this mongo guy i'm gonna go get him so she goes and she goes to fight them and like all of a sudden she's just like fucking a beast so she's throwing these hatchets into people and then she uses the bullwhip to grab the hatchet and like whip it back to her so she can like reload her hatchets so she's throwing hatchets at people we got Mongo and his drug cartel and they're doing stuff. And she like the rest of them, like the last half hour is just her killing people, which is pretty cool. So yeah, it's, it's a wild movie, Jarrett. Hmm. Are you interested in the, they call me macho woman. Mm-hmm. Ma- I mean, it, mildly it's on YouTube. So you could watch it at 1.5 speed Ooh. and then you, you wouldn't mind her running around. There, there's other stuff like the drug cartels, like not even really that important. But uh, there's a lot of uh, threatened rape in this thing. <laughs> Isn't aren't they, don't they all have that though at this point? Uh, honestly, most of them do. Yeah, yeah, most of them do. Well, moving right along. Uh huh. Class of Nukem High Two, Subhumanoid Meltdown. Oof. Um, my only real note here regarding this movie uh, from my old review was like, that was an unexpected Twin Peaks reference. So yeah, there's mm-hmm. like one bit where uh, Brick Bronski uh, as his character, was it? Roger Smith. Wow. Um, he's like, mm-hmm. he has like a little tape recorder and he's always saying Diane. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? Why is this in this movie? Diane. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember too much about this movie anymore. I do. Okay. It starts off at the end of the movie and then it backtracks. So you have this guy, he's at like this college and uh, he's like a beefcake, but like you can't get a girlfriend. He's Brick Bronski. And he's also trying to like crack the world wide open. And what he like, it's like full blown mutants now at the the college, which is like cool enough, I guess. And then on the underneath the college, like in the underground, you have this like lady who's experimenting with kids or like alien mutants or whatever. And uh, they all have like teeth uh, mouths on their stomachs. Right. So like she tricks people to like have sex with them and they'll be like, Ooh, it's like you're, it's like you have two mouths. You're kissing me all over. Right. And it's like, okay. Uh, so there's like that. And then Rick Bronski falls in love with one of the, like the mutants. Um, uh, what do they call them? Subhumans in this movie. Yeah. So uh, he falls in love with one of her, but then it find they find out that like they're uh, volatile. So after a couple weeks, they like melt. So he's trying to save her, but then also a squirrel gets infected. So you have a kaiju moment in yep. this where there's a giant squirrel, and that's like the end where the, the giant squirrel is like yeah. stomping on the college, and then all the mutants are like either revolting and killing people or they're melting, and uh, he's just in the middle trying to uh, get his girl. Yeah, so coming off of Class of Nukem High being mm-hmm. uh, one of the pinnacle films in Troma, this movie's terrible. Yeah, it's not. It's honestly, it's not very good at all. Like that stuff all sounds cool, but it's got like a, a lot of shit. Like there's like gangs of like rollerblading kids, yep. and you're like, whatever. And it, then there's like floating heads going around, and you're like, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, yeah, this movie kind of stinks. Kind of stinks. Kind of stink. Well, RJ, I took the bullet and I watched <laughs> Class of Nukem High 3, The mm-hmm. Good, The Bad, and The Subhumanoid. Um, 
nope. this movie is just dreadful. It is so goddamn yeah. boring. The first 20, 25 minutes of this are just uh, like recapping the climax cliffhanger cl- conclusion that we didn't get from part two. And it's just I like, figured. oh, you, you don't need any of that. It takes place now in the future. And now Brick Bronski has a son who looks exactly like Brick Bronski. And he has a twin brother that came out of the, like, child womb that's being raised on the other side of the humanoids. It is just absolutely dog shit. I started it. I got 10 minutes into it, and it was was just recap of the second movie, and I was like, I don't care. Yeah, uh, so our boy uh, Eric Lozell, uh, director of Lust for Freedom, and Mm -hmm. both of these, and uh, the one I didn't get to, um, uh, Fortress of America... Yeah. Um, he he really likes the voiceover narration. He likes that filling gaps. It's awful. I yeah, this movie is just the shits. Good. Yeah. It's too, it's really, moving uh, on. Moving along. Moving right along here as, as we hit that three-hour mark. Mm-hmm. Um, RJ, you watch some yeah. science fiction pastiche films. It looks like. Okay, so Vegas in Space by Philip R. Ford is one of the worst movies I've watched all month. It starts off with this spaceship and they're like traveling to planet Clitoris or some something. Sounds about right. right. Yeah. And uh, it's an all male crew and they're like, well, only females are allowed on this planet. So they all take a pill to change their gender. And then they arrive there and it is a burlesque show in Vegas. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you, Jarrett. I fast forwarded through a substantial amount of this. Uh, it reminded me a lot of Rocky Horror Picture Show, but it was also just like it was. It was literally just like a, a drag club, whereas men dressed up like women doing like songs. And I was like, I'm sure this is for somebody, but it's not for me. Like not and like it's. But it was actually like it was real bad. It was real bad. Is it just? So, is it just footage of people doing drag stuff? Like is that no? It, or, like or is it, there it's an actual, actual story. It's actual story, but it's like it'll be like the women flying cars, and they're like, "I don't." It's like I don't know who gave me a license, and they're oh, like crashing into shit. So, great. yeah, I was like, "Nah." This sounds uh-uh, like uh-uh, actually, uh-uh. this does sound like an RJ pick, but it does. Well, kind of like, do you want to hear about? I'm getting a little bit ahead, but do you want to hear about Space Zombie Bingo while yeah, I'm at might it? Might as well. It's right now. Do them all. Do it. Uh, Space Zombies Bingo is the worst movie I've watched all month. Jarrett? It is the worst, as opposed is, to Vegas in Space. It, yeah, Vegas in Space is third worst, uh, and then um, Rock and Roll Space Patrol is second worst, and uh, Space Zombie Bingo is worst. Hmm. So, this is like a riff on 50 sci-fi. Yep. And it is like, it is the most try-hard fucking gutter bullshit trash I have seen. It's so like... So it's like aliens come to the planet and then they resurrect the dead, like Plan 9 style, I guess. Uh, And then like the dead are zombies and they're fighting people and it's like the aliens fault. But every like five minutes, it'll cut to a news report and it'll it'll be like, this is just horrifying. It's like, this is real life. You are definitely not watching a movie. It is not a trauma movie right now. This is not what you're doing. And if it were a movie, maybe you would enjoy watching it and come along for the ride. That happens like 19 fucking times in this movie where they're and it'll be like a mannequin in like in a in a grave. And they'll be like, this is a a completely real body. That is not a mannequin in that grave. That is a 100 percent real human. 
So it's like it's like super tryhard stuff like that, and you're just kind of like, this fucking sucks, like real bad, Jared, real bad. So that movie's fucking horrible. I cannot stress enough how bad it is. Uh, Rock and Roll Space Patrol, equally bad, by a guy named Jim Boltus. Uh, it's it's like this guy driving around in a car and he's an alien and he's just like this fat dude who wanted to make a karate movie so like alien people like will pop up and they'll be like Byaw! and they'll like fight karate for a little bit and then he'll shoot his like little ray gun at them uh like this is a movie that was definitely they just filmed on like a camcorder and then sold to, or like gave to trauma uh it is pretty pretty bad Jarrett pretty pretty bad i kind of i mean so it sounds like part of this like weird thing that trauma was trying to do was get these like science fiction movies mm-hmm. off the ground because there's the one that i just gave up on it's called super starlet ad mm-hmm. now this movie i suspect though is actually like way better made than the ones you're just talking about well, probably um but man nothing i hate more in a lot of culture stuff that is like in my wheelhouse, assumedly Mm -hmm. is like burlesque stuff. I think it is Mm. the lamest lowest form of art. It sucks. I I don't find it interesting at all. There's people who are like really into like rockabilly and it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's like, Hey, I'm a pretty girl. I'm going to have bangs and a 50 style haircut. Yep. And that's enough. And it's like, no, it's not. It's not enough. But for some people, it is. It is. And then there's like the, the the burlesque stuff where it's like, I'm just going to dance around, but it's not stripping. Yeah. But, and that that's enough too. But it's just like- Doing it's, the can-can. It's, it's, it's so superficial. Mm-hmm. It's so uninteresting. I just stopped watching it. I see some people yep. like love this movie, but those people are also really into like this aesthetic and enjoy it. I just hate it. I, I yep. The people in my well, life that I mean. are really into this stuff- this is yeah. all they're into and it's like nope yeah and that's that's exactly what i mean too i was like i'm sure this is for somebody but i don't get anything out of this like this is just painful to fucking watch uh amazingly all three of those movies were worse than alien blood which uh <laughs> should have been the worst alien movie i watched all month but all three of those were worse because they're just like garbage fucking movies awesome alien blood uh, so this is where I started a new tag where uh, on the proper uh, Oliver Granger was talking about tropes. You know, what's a good trope. Bad guys eating apples with an, a knife. Yeah. So this has one of those. This movie is hoof baby. So you have this like blonde lady in sunglasses and she has this little kid and they like it's it's actually like surprising how restrained they tried to be in this movie. Like this is. They're going for art house type stuff on here. Like there's very, very little dialogue in this movie at all. And uh, well, until a certain part. Uh, so it's like this lady and this kid walking around and it shows you how badass she is because like they see a farmer and he grabs her ass and he like she like flips him. And then it'll like you see that there's like this group of government agents hunting them and then they kill the kid. And uh, there's a lot of squibs actually in this thing. Uh, lots of squibs so they kill the kid and then it cuts if you've seen the poster it is like pretty horrifically rendered alien (laughs) graphics it actually cuts to that in the movie so once the once the kid dies it cuts to the woman and she's this alien screaming so she like she's trying to get back home but she can't 
And then her alien son dies. So she keeps running and she encounters a little cottage that's full of uh, actual vampires, Jarrett. Real life vampires. Okay. So you, you like I was actually like super confused for a minute because it just cuts to like this thing of vampires. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, where the fuck did these vampires come from? And it's like a vampire teleplay for 20, 30 minutes. Um, and then so she comes in, she takes over the vampires and then the military guys come and they kill everyone basically. And then the aliens come and they make the military guy kill himself. And uh, while he's putting his own shotgun to his head, he goes, you got to be fucking with me here, boys, because <laughs> he just can't believe it. Uh, so there's like lots of stuff like that. And then this thing has the fucking audacity. Uh, the tagline on the poster is the truth is out there. So that's just blatant <laughs> fucking copyright infringement on the X-Files. Uh, but yeah, and amazingly, Jarrett, this movie was not as bad as Vegas in Space as a uh, rock and roll space patrol and as space zombie bingo. Hmm. So bad movies, hey? Bad movies. Um getting back on track a little bit, we jumped yep. around there. Cannibal, the musical. The musical. Trey Parker's child, mm-hmm. formerly known as Alfred Packer, the musical. But no one Ooh. knew who Alfred Packer was. So they changed it. They, now. They, they gussied it up to mm-hmm. Cannibal. So this is actually the second time I've seen this one. Uh, one of the few movies I've seen beforehand. Um, I really have no fondness for this movie. Um, no. No. I, I like South Park. Uh, I remember yep. being super into that show. Love that movie. It's like mm-hmm. an amazing movie. But this is very much a student film made with like, you know, a single camera. Yep. Uh, the compositions, the way it's shot are never very good. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of weird at times, like hearing the Trey Parker's voice of like yep. South Park characters pop up on off to the side, off camera. Mm-hmm. But the songs are like, I find really uninspired. Um, I've always mm-hmm. been like, yeah, I, I, I think they're like not great. There's like a couple of things that are like funny about yeah. this film. Like there are, but yep. mm, it's just like not great at all. I, I don't know. What can I say about Cannibal the Musical? So it's like a story about like, I don't know what can a, you a, say a, about a, Cannibal a man, the a, man, a man has been accused of being a cannibal, eating the flesh of his fellow travelers traveling through Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, but we find out that Perhaps that's not the whole truth. And uh, he, he um, Trey Parker, the main character here, he uh, tells a story to a journalist, his side mm-hmm. of the story. And uh, we get the musical interludes throughout the film. We get mm-hmm. uh, acquainted with the, the expression spadoinkle. Spadoinkle? Yeah. Uh, we have the, the short man from basketball, uh, Dean Baker. Squeak. Diane Baker, Backer. I don't know if his name's actually squeak. pronounced. But Squeak. Jared. He's here. He just wants to get laid before mm-hmm. he dies. And he's very sad that he doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's like nothing really to talk about much. He, he, well, Trey, here, uh, Trey Parker uh, wants his horse back. He, his horse yep. runs off with some like French-Canadian trappers. <laughs> or a man I, named uh, Frenchie at least. I'm surprised because I thought you uh, were really into the South Park thing, uh, which you said you were. I thought you would have liked this more. I thought yeah. Cannibal was fine. Like, I, I, I enjoy their humor. I, I never really 
got super in to South Park as a TV show, but Basketball is one of my favorite fucking movies of all time. So, mm, see, I don't I like, like that movie either. Yeah, but see, you're a bad person. See, uh, give me, uh, make me a uh, South Park movie, outstanding, and Team America's okay, but but Basketball is a five star film, Jarrett. Mm. Yeah, well, you just don't know sports, man. I guess not. Yeah, no, I thought Cannibal the Musical was good. I mean, it's not anything. I don't know. I'm not going to watch it again, but I, I thought it was a lot better than some of the other shit I've watched this month. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. Hands down. Sure. Yeah. No, I like Trey Parker and Matt Stone. I like their uh, their whole shtick. Yep. Moving on. Moving on. I think, I think things are going to get heated here. Oh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Tromeo and Juliet. Not that good. I think it's the best movie that Troma's ever made. Not that good. <laughs> it's outstanding. It's fine it's hilarious uh, it's kind of gross yeah yeah i uh i believe it is a gross film so why don't you tell me why you like it and i'll tell you why you're wrong <laughs> no tromeo is fantastic uh it is gross but like the violence in this movie is like it like got to me at times where i was like jesus like when mm-hmm. uh was, was it james gunn's like brother is like the weird incest mm-hmm. pest brother his head gets banged across a uh fire hydrant and just this like open wound just opens up it's like whoa mm-hmm. it's like horrifying um no i think this movie uh illustrates a uh, a generational divide this movie um really yes i think so i think there's a rift there this is a movie that i wish i had seen when it came out i can't believe it's taken me 23 years to get around to watching it because this movie mm-hmm. is like so up my alley it's got the right amount of like weird, gross humor to it that like works in a way mm-hmm. that the other uh, trauma stuff, the other Kaufman stuff doesn't do. The problem with this though is like after this, it's diminishing returns from here because it seems like they hit on this like level of like absurdity in this mm-hmm. 90s sort of way uh, that like when they start making terror firmer and uh-huh. stuff like that, it's, it's, it's like it's such a step down. Yeah. Um, but like, this is like that high watermark to me. This is like, uh, I like this movie. I think it's better than toxic Avenger or class of Newcomb high. This mm-hmm. is the, the, my number one pick, uh, just well, cause I was like, it's fine to be wrong, but whatever. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. No, keep, no, keep telling me yeah, more. No, about it's Tromeo. fine. You go ahead. You just talk. Well, no, I'm back. sure. No, go ahead. A lot of, go, a lot of go people ahead, really like Tromeo. Yeah. Uh, I think Tromeo and Julia is gross. Yeah. I don't like it. Um, I think it's like, well, that's not fair. I like parts of it, mm-hmm. but on the whole, I was kind of just on the butthole. I was like, you know, I don't really like this like sex torture dungeon that this father has set up for his like daughter. Really? That's weird. You, you don't. That's yeah. Why, what a shocking take. You don't like yeah. the gross incest dad t- dungeon. You're well, surprised by this. Well, I, and like, I know <laughs> it's there for people not to like, but I was kind of like, why is it there at all? I was like, it's gross. <laughs> and I don't really. I don't get anything out of this. I don't know why anyone would. Uh, so I thought that was weird. Um, I thought like some of the stuff, I actually think this is some try hard stuff in here, Jarrett. Some of that try hard bullshit that you're such a fan of. But you are um, also a try hard edgelord. I am too. Yeah, <laughs> everyone is. But yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It's just like some of the stuff, I feel like it's either like so on the nose or it's like so over the top that... Mm-hmm. And this is where this is where I really start to take a turn, because when we get to Terra Firmer, 
it's the same fucking shit where you were like, I feel like you were kind of like on board with that movie. And like within 10 minutes, I was like, fuck this movie. I was like, I don't want to watch this at all. Um, so I don't know. Like, I feel like Tromeo is not like that. Like, I still think Tromeo has some redeeming qualities to it. But uh, I was just kind of like, why do people fucking like this so much? I really don't get it. This oh, is where it's, it's a great movie, RJ. I, I'm, I'm the, just I'm the you. Jared right now. Where no, uh, you know how the RJ. when you watch a popular movie and you're like, I don't know why people like this. No. I'm not really sure why people like Tromeo and Juliet. Like, it's I think it's, it's actually fine. it's actually funny. It's actually it's got a a great cast. It's got really mm-hmm. weird dark visuals, like uh, Dad's uh, sex dungeon. I was like watching. I was like, oh, this is just like the uh, the weird cube in uh, Twin Peaks season three. There's these weird like. Yeah odd connections sometimes between David Lynch and uh, Lloyd Kaufman that I'm like really like confused by because I'm like hmm I don't feel like uh, I feel like Lloyd Kaufman would not be a David Lynch fan but that's it I think this movie has like the strongest hand of James Gunn who also directed uh, the movie Super which I like think is fantastic and you also are not that big a fan of I thought Super was fine I just yeah, see, that, that's, that's another it, difference, yeah. though. Like, I don't know. There's something about, like, James Gunn, like, before yeah. he started making Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that. This, Slither, and stuff like that. Yeah. All I like Slither. The... <laughs> I like Slither, but I thought Super was, like, okay. See, I, I don't know. That's the difference, I think, there, too, is, like, yeah. I think Trumio and Juliet and Super are very, like, and for me, very similar. Like, the yeah. ridiculousness, the uh, how, mm-hmm. like, far it goes, like, with Bible Man and stuff like that. That is all, like, a trauma trope yeah and uh, next you're gonna tell me brightburn is like uh the the next big thing i don't think it's going to be but uh i think it's already fizzled out yeah. as everyone goes oh yeah well i mean it's fine i don't like it's like i said it seems like most people really like tromeo and julia like it's usually the top between toxic avenger and whatever uh third people like we have nukem high there but i think other people are debatable but People seem to really like Tromeo and Julia, and I thought it was fine. It's just, I also thought it was gross. Yeah, because you're a prude. Yes, I am. Yeah, I uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Who likes butts think, and dumps and uh, but nothing sexual ever, 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 <laughs> ever. That's where I draw the line. No, I, I aren't you the incel then? No, well, I'm not like violent about it. I just think no, no one well, should the, do it. It's an involuntary, or I guess if you're voluntarily celibate, you are yeah. a uh, voluseb. Sure. Yeah. What are, I think I'm just like a normal guy who doesn't want to see like sex dungeons, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> well, you like room. Room is entirely yeah. set in a sex dungeon. That's true. So you're a liar. Well, I don't know, Jared. My point is, <laughs> you, you don't, you I think Tromeo and Juliet is like, yeah, I think it's like fine, but I don't know, man. Like I watched 36 fucking tra- uh, trauma movies. I think there's like six that I actually like. No, maybe 10. That's better than Full Moon. That is better than Full Moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's RJ. So, After yeah. uh, being bowled, o- bowled over by Tromeo and Juliet, uh-huh. I watched another movie that like surprisingly bowled me over. Killer Condom, which came out the same year. Yeah, what's up with this? So this movie, okay, Uh it is a Belgian film. No, no, this is German. This is also German. All German cast. It is set in New York City. Everyone speaks German. The movie is subtitled. Um, and it is about a 
detective who has stumbled upon a series of dicks being bit off by condoms. Cool. And uh, it's played completely straight. Yeah. Uh, it is shot beautifully. It is the best shot trauma movie distributed mm-hmm. or made easily. It's kind of a, a, it was maybe a shocking thing to like come across this. Cause like most of these movies are like not very well lit or anything like that. This movie mm-hmm. has like a real atmosphere to it. It was like, what, what is this? Feels like a real movie, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's also about condoms that bite off dicks. Of course. Yeah. So the movie just follows. Yeah. There's this uh, cop. He looks kind of like a Bob Hoskins. And Mm -hmm. uh, we are, we get a seat in silhouette. He's got a 12 and a half inch cock that. uh, Oh, good. Yeah. That he likes to fuck uh, young men with. uh, Okay. He is a gay man. But uh, so he's going to these sleazy hotels or this, this, Mm -hmm. this one sleazy hotel. And uh, yeah, there's these people who getting their dicks bit off and it's like, well, that can't be true. That's, that's mm-hmm. impossible. But it turns out that there's some sort of uh, conspiracy made by some religious people who hate sex, RJ. I don't know if this is like getting too close mm. to home for you. Well, um, I'm on board with that. Yeah. I'm see, all for that. Yeah. So uh, there's this thing. It's like, originally it's like all like poor people and no one cares about that, but it's then the president's dick gets bit off. What do they do then? Well, then people are like, what the hell? We got to get this case solved. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this movie is baffling. It's too long. It's like, it could be like probably like a good 20 minutes shorter because like mm-hmm. it feels like the climax comes right at the right time, but then it keeps going. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was just like, what the fuck? What, what is this movie? <laughs> like, uh, how, like, why is this movie exist? Um, but it's like, again, it's like so well made like just on a technical level and Mm -hmm. it's like, it doesn't have the ridiculous trauma elements to it, I guess, beyond the fact that Mm -hmm. it's about a killer condom uh, or actually it's a bunch of killer condoms and they all like kind of, they all go across the floor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's some bad decision-making going on. I think taking a (laughs) condom that isn't in a wrapper and putting it on your body. I think that's like a a bad miss. I mean, it depends. I usually put one on whenever I leave the house. That's you never know. You never know. You never know. I already, I, I put one on before we did the podcast, just in case. Just, just in case you fall into something. Well, yeah, I don't want a kabuki man it. That's right. You know? But yeah, Killer Condom is uh, interesting. I also watched the Toxic Crusaders, the movie, which is a oh, like cartoon? a smash up of like three or four episodes into one movie. Cool. Was it fun? It's exactly what you'd expect of a yeah. like weird like Lloyd Kaufman yes I'll take your money let's make a cartoon out of it let's get the brand out there brand ambassador <laughs> and uh it's got the like it it, it it turns into a Saturday morning cartoon I, I, have gotcha. no, I have no idea what the end goal of this would have been yeah mm-hmm. you should watch my trauma <laughs> movies it's like these are the least kid-friendly things imaginable allegedly but hey there was money to be made and it lasted like 13 episodes so mm, it's better than it's more than we have uh, why well, hey, we're at uh what almost 150 what episodes yeah yeah but what how many people did that cartoon reach do you think i, I don't know it's impossible to say well, i'll talk about that on another uh documentary but rj mm-hmm. you uh visited jeff town so it's come full circle dear one of the first movies you talked about on the podcast like first month at least mm-hmm. jeff town uh, this is a 58-minute trauma documentary. 
Distributed. But a man named Jeff. Yes. Who has Down syndrome. He likes wrestling. He likes beer, apparently. And uh, I think everyone in Jeff's life is really shitty to Jeff. And I have a real issue with this. There's a couple people who like are nice to him. But I feel like the filmmakers were out to get Jeff, Jarrett. And I'm not okay with that. Because they really suck. So you see Jeff and he's like, he's a guy with Down syndrome. Like he's just living his life. And then you meet his uh, like co-workers and stuff like that. And his boss is like, yeah, he's kind of in love with uh, this one girl. And he's like, she humors him and she's like, okay about it. <clears throat> and then he proposed once and he's like, I really didn't like that because the, the jewelry like store really took advantage of him. So I made them like return his money. And I was like, that's nice that he did that. And then it cuts to the girl. And I don't know if like, if this was her actual like way of being, or if maybe the filmmakers are like, Hey, uh, ask him about this or ask him about that. But she's really like teasing him about like being in love with her. And, uh, she's like, well, we were going to get married, but then you cheated on me. And he's like, no, I didn't. And she's like, yeah, you cheated on me. And, uh, you know, you, you have all those pornos under your bed and he's like, no. And she's like, what about those pornos, Jeff? What are you going to do with all those pornos? What do you do when you look at those pornos? And he's just like, no. And you feel really bad. You're just like, holy fuck lady, leave him alone. Like, I don't know what Jeff is outside of it, but I felt really bad. I was like, man, this lady's like berating him on the fact that like he looks at porn. It's not his fault. Everyone does it. So like there was that. And then there's one guy, this real piece of shit guy who's like, you know what? He's like, I don't think Jeff is uh, a hard R. I don't think Jeff is like has Down syndrome. I think he's manipulating people the way he acts. He's like, I would never be able to act like that. Sure. I'd love to go in places and get free beers and like just touch people. He's like, but I can't do that. So he's like, I just really think that it's unfair. And it's like, what? It's like, does this guy not know what like what's going on here so jeff town's a weird movie jerk because <laughs> i was just like man me, are they like the, making fun of jeff this is some that to me is hashtag unrateable jeff town. Unra- unrateable yeah jeff town's pretty fucking unrateable but how about that wrestling action yeah I, I wish there was more i wish there was more scenes of jeff like hanging out and like watching his wrestling and stuff you know i don't know i may again I, I've been known to look into things a little too much, but uh, I did find the people were kind of shitty to Jeff, and I was like, well, that sucks. Like, it's not his fault. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's not his fault he acts like that. Why? It's like, oh, well, not a, no normal person would act like that. And it's like, yeah, he has a fucking mental impairment. Like, he's got a genetic abnormality. Ah, Jeff Town. Jeff Town. <laughs> Jeff Town. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's going to take that trip one day. Hey, do you want to hear about a different 1998 film with an interesting title? Yeah, I do. So I watched a movie, Jarrett, called Fag Hag. And it has Will Wheaton in it. One of my most hated fucking actors on the planet. So this movie... He kind of looks looks like you're on Greyjoy. No, he doesn't. Nobody looks like Will Wheaton. Definitely not me. I don't look like Will Wheaton. Okay. So there's some of the, there's a huge description of this. Uh, only 21 people have this logged on Letterboxd. 
Hmm. A gay drifter whose ambition is to make it big as the world's first white HIV-positive rap star, T-Cell. The two make friends. Oh, wait, there's someone else. When Destiny meets Scott Bushy. Okay. Doesn't fucking matter. It's this girl. She's annoying, and she, like, wants to be a star. And she meets this guy who's also annoying, and he wants to be a star. And uh, she tries to... She says that, you know, gays are kind of like a disease and i think maybe i'm the cure so she tries to change this gay man convert him back mm-hmm. and then she realizes that's not what it's about she's actually a fag hag which is a girl who's friends with lots of gay men mm-hmm. this is an hour of my life i can't get back that's yeah. all i can say like that's it's good i can't get it back but i did it for the podcast <laughs> And now you know that fake egg is exactly what you would expect. I guess I'm glad that hour translated to a minute. <laughs> a minute of talking about it? No. Well, I mean, I did watch it at two times speed, so oh, it was okay. only a half an hour. So, and okay. uh, I was eating breakfast at the time. But I, I did watch, and uh, it was horrible. How about uh, Butt Crack, RJ? It's one of the best movies I've seen all year. Legitimately. Uh, do you want me to tell my hilarious true story or can should I just nah. direct people to the letterbox? They can just read that letterbox review. Yeah, it's it's blowing up that review. So here's the story of Butt Crack. Uh, butt Crack opens and you have two roommates and you see that one roommate's trying to get with his girlfriend, but the other roommate, Wade, is uh, always kind of around and he's just like this really sloppy piece of shit. He's like always really gross and he's always like, he's like, what are you guys doing? You want to hang out? Want to play Atari? And he'll be like, burp, 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 burp. And he's like, I'm going to do some laundry and he'll like pick up a shirt and he'll bend over and his like whole ass is out and the girlfriend's always like, Ugh. like she's like, this guy's fucking disgusting and the roommate's like, yeah, I know he's fucking gross. He's like, I wish I didn't live here either. He's like, maybe next month I'll move out or something like that so wade's always like in the way and then like so the roommate's friend is like okay i'll, I'll pick him up i'll take him to a movie so that you can actually hang out with your girlfriend and he's like that sounds awesome thanks so the guy picks him up and then he takes him out and the guy's like trying to do way to solid he's like dude did you ever realize that like your butt is fucking out all the time he's like did you not realize that your butt cracks out and wade is like he's like what are you a fag are you coming on to me? Are you one of them gay boys? He's like, let me out right now. He's like, I knew you were always gay. I knew you were coming on to me. So he gets like let out and he walks back home. Other roommates with his girlfriend, they're hanging out. Wade comes in and uh, he like surprises them and his butt crack is out. Girlfriend pukes everywhere. And uh, Wade's like, I don't know what you guys are freaking out about. So Wade's like, I'm gonna go take a bath. So Wade goes to take a bath. And then what happens is the roommates like, sick of wade and he goes in there and he's like you know what wade i'm really sick of you and he like drops a toaster in the bathtub wade dies Jarrett. and then wade there's a funeral wade's sister comes she dabbles in witchcraft and occultism she resurrects wade he comes back anyone who sees his butt crack gets turned into a butt crack zombie themselves so they're all walking around from this dark black magic with their butt cracks hanging out there is a preacher man uh, who is trying to fight the black magic. Uh, what is his name? Mojo Nixon from Super Mario Bros. Uh, he's there and he is trying to fight the forces of evil butt cracks. It's a pretty terrific movie. It's pretty good. I recommend everyone watches it. Are you going to watch Butt Crack? Nope. 
why not? <laughs> it's it's not good, but I like it. <laughs> there you go. Yep. The truth. All right, what do you got for me, man? Well, I got Terra Firmer. Yeah, you can keep Terra Firmer. I don't want any of that. Oh, man. So I, all I knew was RJ, just like this movie seemed to really uh, upset him greatly in some untold way. And I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. he was like messaging me about it. And I was like, what mm-hmm. is he on about? It's so like, well, I guess I better watch this Terra Firmer. And so I did. And I started watching this movie and I started laughing and laughing some more as as this movie just like opens up with like uh, a man being beaten to death with his own leg mm-hmm. I think you can't help but laugh and then mm-hmm. the, it's just uh, th- this is where uh, Kaufman has begun to settle into his uh, his groove that he kind of rides out for the up until even now mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> this movie uh, I don't know I don't know what RJ's problem with it is oh, it God. is uh, I don't know it's it's pretty funny uh, it's it's way too long. That's like mm-hmm. one of the problems w- that emerges with uh some of these movies. You're like, why is this like ninety minutes is like the cap for some of this? But it's like suddenly you're like, no, yeah. Lloyd needs an hour and forty six minutes for his movies. And you're like, why? What, what what are you doing and accomplishing in those like <laughs> that fifteen minutes? I don't even know what you would cut out necessarily, but it just seems like they overstay their welcome uh, is the unfortunate thing, which keeps these mm-hmm. from being the true classics. I know they could be, but yeah. Um, yeah Terra firmer. Th- what's the plot trajectory of this bad boy, RJ? I don't know. Well, it's a film <laughs> the, crew. Uh, oh yeah. So this is the one that's based on the book that I read. All I need to know about filmmaking. I learned from the toxic mm. Avenger. Allegedly it's based on that. It's not, it's really not at all. It's like, Oh, here's like anecdotes about working on a set of a, a tra- of a trauma movie with Lloyd Kaufman. Lloyd Kaufman returns to acting in front of the camera, um, where he plays, what is he called? What is he? Larry Benjamin. Who's <laughs> he, he's blind. That's one of the jokes. Cause Lloyd Kaufman would be like, that's hilarious. Um, a blind director. Yeah. Uh, we get the, I guess, first appearance here of Trent Haga uh, playing Jerry. Trent Haga would go on to like work on a bunch of trauma stuff for a bit. Then he would go and mm-hmm. write that movie che- uh, Cheap Thrills, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Will Keenan return uh, from his great triumph in Tromeo and Juliet here playing Casey, who plays this like kind of a dickhead is kind of his character yeah. arc. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, it turns out, spoilers, He's the killer. What else is he, Jared? Uh, he's also a hermaphrodite. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so we get a nice shot of his peen vagina lips uh, mm-hmm. and someone else's breasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get Ron Jeremy, uh, who has the greatest Ron Jeremy appearance in a trauma film, uh, playing his like mutilated father father so that makeup that 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 makeup was horrifying it's so like messed up uh watching like the behind the scenes stuff for this film uh which i might as well talk about too Mm -hmm. uh farts of darkness the making of terror firmer yep so there's two of these uh there's also to go along with citizen toxie apocalypse soon the making of citizen toxie uh, mm. These two making ofs are easily in the top five of all trauma films. Uh, I'm a sucker for making of documentaries in the first place, but watching mm-hmm. these, 
you you kind of have to watch I think the movies to have a context to why these making ofs are good, and yeah. it's only these two. But these are like outstanding. Like they get um, you get a vision of like the process of making a trauma film that like you don't get for any other film. Like you get like the whole, like the stress, the tension, the spazziness of Lloyd Kaufman as he yells and freaks out about everything all the time, making situations all the worse because of the way he handles things. What would he Um, yell about Jared? Oh, you name it. You name a thing that could happen wrong. Like, oh, the wrong costumes are there. And like, because it's like, why are you people not doing this? Why aren't you doing your jobs? I can't keep track of everything. But it's like, you just changed your mind. Like, you didn't tell us that you were going to do that. It's like, these things do not paint Lloyd Kaufman mm-hmm. in a positive light. In fact, it explains a lot about Lloyd Kaufman films. Um, mm. But like, it's kind of amazing that these things are released by Lloyd Kaufman. So he seems to be pretty okay with the fact that like the world will know, hey, this guy uh, takes advantage of people and people are really mm-hmm. unhappy and are stressed out uh, about it. Even though he'll kind of like package this as like, these people are so thankful that they worked on my movies because they learned more about making movies, working with me than they could have in four years of film school, which mm-hmm. may or may not be true. But if you actually look at the track record of people who like went out and beyond working for Troma, it's not very high because it's like, it also attracts people that- What about like, James Gunn, Jarrett? The, the one time- that what one, about Tromeo and Juliet, Jarrett? That, that one guy, J- James Gunn, the one thing he hangs his entire hat on about his, mm-hmm. his personal project. Mm-hmm. That one thing, yeah. yeah. So you're saying that these documentaries are the real deal? They're awesome. Like I think they're fantastic. Yeah. I, I've, you've seen both of them. I'd say you should watch them. I mean, they're long. Like the, the Citizen yeah. Toxie one's like two and a half hours. But I mean, I find them uh, really fascinating because like, you, you get a sense of like how much fun it is i guess to make movies mm. too and like yeah. the re- and you get to see like the work and process that goes into this and you're like wow like even like even if you think terra firmer is like a complete piece of shit you can't yeah. watch this making of and not appreciate the amount of work and effort that goes into making even like a piece of shit like it's yeah. like it's a amazing kind of thing it's a reminder mm. that like i think um you know, even with like these, uh, like say a Marvel movie that I would be like very critical of, um, like yeah. it's like a lot of effort and time and work goes into the, making these. And even like those are like on the successful side, like unsuccessful movies, like the amount of work that goes into these things, like it really doesn't get celebrated enough. It's always mm-hmm. about like the singular vision of Lloyd Kaufman or like uh, Kevin Feige. It's like everyone <laughs> just talks about him. It's like he's, the, per- he, he's the producer. It's like, yeah. like what about all the other people like the – all the effects work, the amount of time you could put into it. Um, but yeah, I'll be talking about in a couple of weeks making of documentaries. Mm. But uh, yeah, Terra Firmer, I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty funny. It just is too long. Um, yeah. And uh, I, li- I like the title of the documentary. Yeah, I, I, I get, I've kind of expected that. I tried to watch that first and I was like, oh, this is about Terra Firmer. And then I watched Terra Firmer and I was like, oh, I don't want to watch Farts of Darkness anymore. You should. It's. I think you would definitely enjoy uh, it more. I don't know because, if I'll ever watch a trauma movie again. Actually, that's not true. They 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 distribute so many movies. You never know when they'll just sneak up on you. Yeah. Well, fuck. The one thing we never mentioned was that uh, that intro. Dun, 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 with the Boyd Kaufman, Michael Hertz coming up. That yeah. I don't. Na, 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 so na, many fuck na, every ba, ba, ba. every single movie. Mm-hmm. It'd be so unfortunate Firmer, if this episode had opened with that. Uh, That'd be cool. Terra Firmer is like the the medley of everything Trom was ever done. It seems. Yep. 
Whereas like all the movies have like a uh, little nods to each other where it's like posters of toxic Avenger or like people are wearing t-shirts and, or mention yeah, all, of like all yeah, those other all, things. All the Tromaville ones do. All, all the Tromaville yeah. ones. Yeah. And this is like the full fe- uh, trifecta of all that. That's not what I meant. It's like the full force of all that where it's like, I think you really get a little bit of everything in Terra Firmer. And there's like parts of it that I thought were okay, but I honestly, this movie really just fucking rubbed me the wrong way where I was like 20 minutes in. I was like, I fucking hate this thing. Uh, and I don't, I don't even know why right now. Cause I think I, I blocked a lot of it out of my mind, but <laughs> it was so much of it was just like, so much of it was just like on the nose, like bad dro- jokes where I was just like, fuck. I was like, I don't care anymore where, even like the blind director stuff, like it just, there's so much of it all the time. And I was like, fuck me. I was like, I, I don't, it's not funny, Void. It's not funny. <laughs> wow. Or it's like, it's that, like the guy the, who shits his pants. That, and that, like, that, that's when it becomes funny though. Oh, well, for some people. <laughs> yeah. Or like the guy who shits his pants and they're like, is that, they're like, we didn't want a uh, pants shitting effect. <laughs> and they're like, try it out. Oh, no. He, like, this isn't pudding. Oh, fuck. That's so funny. That's so goddamn funny. And then, <laughs> oh, come on. That was hilarious. That guy, oh, my God, the stuff they put him through. Yeah, whatever, Yanov or whatever his name is. God damn it. Him, like, running around naked. Uh, fuck that. No, him, like, eating that. <laughs> that was hilarious. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was just, like, all of that. Like, so much of it, I was just kind of like, uh like all, all the hermaphrodite like killer stuff, I was kind of just like, Ugh. well, that's just like straight out of like it's just like dressed to kill or like any number of yeah, like, I, I know, killer. yeah, yeah. That's that part is just like fine, but it's like it's just yeah. there. It's like the least interesting thing because like it's pretty obvious. It's like well, there's not very many people he could pos- who could possibly be the killer. It probably mm-hmm. is Will Keenan. I I did think Ron Jeremy was like super fucking like haunting looking i when i saw him i was like oh <laughs> like not even in like a bad like oh i don't like this i was just like oh i was yeah, like that, that makeup gross. is really good yeah he he looks pretty fucking pretty wild uh i don't know i don't know jerry i don't know what it was about terra firmer it was just like i was watching it and i was like man i am not into this fucking thing at all <laughs> at all and the, it's the, fine the, that the, you are like the, the I don't, second the second phase of uh, trauma is not to your liking. Yeah, not really to be honest. Like I'm not really into these later day trauma ones, but uh, I don't know. Like I'm not like I'm not mad that if other people like it, it's not like one of those movies where it's like if you like that movie, you're a piece of shit. Like <laughs> I just I really didn't like Terra Firmer, and I don't mind that you liked it. That's fine. I I thought it was funny. <laughs> like yeah, but so uh, Citizen Toxie, the Toxic mm-hmm. Avenger Four. Again, uh, again, this, do you have the same? Because like, so this is the one movie that Chanel came downstairs and was watching mm-hmm. some of with me, and she was laughing out loud with me watching this movie Kay. because it's yeah, yeah. So Citizen Toxie, uh, there are things that I like in it, but again, it's it's just it's this new age trauma stuff where I I find like some of it is like so so over the top on the nose that it really pulls me out of it. And like I know you said, like I am like very confused <laughs> when it comes to my taste i i guess because it like there's some like like i liked butt crack i liked a movie that was entirely about a guy's butt crack i thought that was funny and like so terra firmer and citizen talk swiss shit. army man yeah exactly 
So like these two movies should be like slam dunks for me, but for whatever reason, I've just, I don't really get it. And, uh, I don't know, like Sergeant Kabuki man in this one, I was like so annoyed by, it. I was like, it's like, I don't want to see you. I thought like the, the universe swap thing was fine. I was like, that's okay. But like this movie opens up with like the school for retards. And then it's like <laughs> the new video game, kill all retards. And it's not like it, that doesn't like, I'm not going to like fucking make a petition on change.org and be like, boy, Kaufman has to be stopped. Like, I don't care about that. But at the same time, I'm just like, yeah, like this isn't, this isn't for me that much. And also, like I said, I don't really like the way toxic Avenger looks in this. Like his head is like so stiff. I was like, uh, it's like, that doesn't look, look good. I thought Noxie looked cool. I liked his little <laughs> like rat braid. Yeah. So like, I think citizen, Toxie is fine. It's just, I don't know, man. There's like certain things, like even like the fetus battle at the end, I was kind of like, yeah. With the duel of the fates sound alike music? Yeah, I was kind of just like, eh, I don't yeah. care that much. No, like, again, the movie, they, these movies, they go on too long. These, Yeah, these, yeah for set. sure. They're way too long. So I don't know. What do, Tell me why you liked Citizen Toxie. Well, I thought, again, like it was like another movie that, uh, this is the, I, I liked it, mm, the least of the this this phase two, um, okay. like I didn't I didn't like it as much as Terra Firmer. Yeah, and the jokes didn't come as constant, I guess. Uh, yeah, and it didn't have uh, uh, Ron Jeremy makeup, but it had like I don't know, it had just like ridiculous gore effects. I love the I, I really did like the idea of like the the parallel universes. Yeah, um, no, that's not bad actually. Yeah. Like I like the yep. oh, we still haven't really talked about um oh what's his name the fat guy. Joe Sheshaker. Uh, Joe Flesher. Fleshaker. Isn't it? It's Fleshaker. Fleshaker. Yeah. yeah. So he, he becomes like the new Pat Ryan. He is no Pat Ryan though. Him being no. something does not assure anything. He has no uh, real screen presence, but like apparently he talks about it in one of the making ofs. Like he has like a addiction to flour. Uh. And so he's just like gigantic. Um, cause yeah, in Terra Firmer, he gets chopped to, he got, she gets chopped up in the elevator or an escalator. Mm-hmm. And escalator. In, in this one, he's like, he's the, the fat l- side, l- lard, lard ass, lard ass. Who blows yeah. Up. I thought you would like that. Lard ass. Yeah. You get the long gimmick of the, uh, the countdown taking forever. Yeah. The, the, the baby, the baby diaper mafia, uh, that yeah. attacks the uh, school for the mentally retarded. Um, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, from the explosion, the, the, they, cr- they split paths and they go into each other's other universes. So we, we get like. Amortaville, which I think is a good uh, play on mm-hmm. words. Yeah, I thought that like the opposites actually worked pretty good. Like Noxic uh, Offender, I was like, that's not bad. I was like, that that's an okay yeah. like reverse. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And again, uh, maybe there's things that improve when you watch the uh, Apocalypse soon, the making of Citizen Toxie. But you find out just like mm-hmm. how fucking shitty the stuntmen are. Where there's like they were paying a guy like way too much money to like jump three feet. And then, like, uh-huh. they, then they show, like, the regular actors do their own stunts, and they just can do it. And you're like, well, yeah. what, what, these guys are really afraid to do anything, but they want to get paid a lot of money. Or the guy with the guns that they fired at the school, like, it mm-hmm. just won't work, and, like, it's costing, like, thousands of dollars to do this stuff. All the little things you just uh, take for granted, I guess, when you're a movie viewer who doesn't have to deal mm-hmm. with the, the bullshit. You don't have to put up with the process that goes into making, like, even a Citizen Toxie. But yeah. I don't know. This one's, like, I, I enjoyed it. Like, there's enough things in, in it that, like, I laughed at. But, again, this is, like, right on the line. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's definitely yeah. the the best uh, uh, Toxic Adventure sequel. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> but with, without a doubt. Yeah, like, I feel like two and three have, like, certain charming elements for me that I'm like, yeah, though that's not bad. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Like, that's what I mean. Citizen Toxie and Terra Firmer should be slam dunks for me. But they're not. And I don't really know why. Like, there's certain parts of it that I do think are funny. Like, Vardass was kind of funny. I was like, yeah, I like this fat guy. Oh, by the way, he is now my most watched actor this year. <laughs> Excellent. I'll, which I, is pretty pretty choice. And Moy Kaufman is my most watched director. Well, I don't think I'll, I'll top those. So, no. uh, I mean, that's the game we play, man. <laughs> that's, that's right. It's like, like Charles Ben last year dominated 2018. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I kind of liked the... Uh, the alternate universe thing, but uh, I did find the like the hard R character oh, a little, a little, yeah, I, I didn't little think that worked. distasteful. I don't think it was distasteful. It's just, it wasn't it, funny. It doesn't work. Yeah, it's yeah. not funny. Yeah, it's, it's way he, too much. He has this affectation. It's just like, yeah, mm, yeah that that bit kind of uh, they drove into the ground. That's the stuff I did not like. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like and see, said, that's the kind it's, of stuff. It's where, no terror firmer. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff where I actually put. Toxic Avenger 2, 3, and 4, probably all on the like completely equal plane. Where like I think every one of them had stuff I didn't like, and each one of them had a few things that I, I did like. So I don't know. I think after one, it's all it's just all shit from there. So <laughs> which I don't know. It, that's a little unfair. Like two, three, and four for Toxic Avenger at least. I think they do all have some good some good things to them, but uh I don't know. Well, Trauma, RJ, man. you didn't watch Tales from the Crapper, so... I did not, but you can tell me about it. So, without a doubt, the worst thing that Troma's ever made. Without, yeah, without, good. With, so this is like, apparently the story goes, and there's even a making of for this called The Thick Brown Line. Of course <laughs> there is. And even it's not very good, because mm-hmm. it comes in halfway through the story. So, he get, so Floyd Kaufman... Back in the early days, the Troma website was going. They were going to be on that dot-com bubble, and uh, they were going to do a TV show or or a web show called Tales from the Crapper. And they gave this woman like $250,000 to make episodes that they would put on the website. So this woman, she was a former uh, Playboy model. Mm -hmm. What's India Allen. And I always wonder, I'm like, why on earth did... Lloyd Kaufman give this woman $250,000, a woman who's never directed or made anything in her entire life. Uh-oh. And I'll just let you fill in the gaps. I'll let everyone just imagine. But Is there, act- no, is there nothing, an actual nothing. story there or nope, just assumptions? Nope. Just assumptions from me. Kay. It doesn't get brought up. Okay. It never cool. gets, no, one, no one talks about it in the thick I can fill line. in those blanks. But it's like, why did he do this? It doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. He's he's such a money-minded person. And like he complains about all sorts of things. But he thought this was a good idea. So what happened hmm. was um, some time passes. And then they, mm-hmm. get, they get the footage that this woman has made. And it's absolutely unusable garbage. Like, ab- like it's absolutely worthless. So Lloyd Kaufman, who's never turned down a challenge, he's like, "Well, fuck it. We have to, we have to sab- we have to get some of my money back. So mm-hmm. we're going to fill in the gaps. We're gonna, I'm going to get the egg team. I'm going to get James Gunn in on this. We're all gonna, we're gonna work Oof. on this. We're gonna like salvage this unsalvageable mess. And they mm-hmm. don't. They absolutely cannot. Like where it's like, it's like some generic cop story. No, so, sorry, no. It's an anthology idea. It, 
Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. It sound, is this like an anthology story? It's supposed to be. But like, yeah, okay. there's like a cop in strip clubs because that's what this footage was all shot for. It's like two, mm-hmm. it's two short stories that take up the whole length of it. Mm-hmm. But it's like there's times where it's like the music is com- or the sound has completely been dubbed over because the sound that was originally recorded was unusable. It's just like yeah. unwatchable. Like there's there's aliens, RJ. So I mean, maybe uh, you should check this out. But in Tales from the Crapper, yeah, really, yes. Well, add it to my alien list. There you go. But yeah, it is just unwatchable. Like there's no reason. There's nothing, no purpose other than like if you were a masochist and like had to watch this. I watched maybe like 20 minutes and I was like, nope. Then so you're I watched, telling me it was so good, I, hey? So I started watching the making of, and even the making mm-hmm. of, I was like, after like watching the last two, which were so great, this one was like, ugh. It, yeah. it tells you half the story and it's just like, oh, they're working on making absolute crap. And yeah. and they keep making excuses. And it's Lloyd Cobb, and he was also shooting this one more himself where the other ones were actually made by other people. Mm-hmm. So you don't have that removal that Kaufman would have. Right. Um, yeah, so, whew. Yeah. You, Tales uh, from the Crapper, eh? How yeah. does that uh, line up with Poultrygeist? Uh, d- different quality levels of why I don't like those movies, but. Uh, you might as well hit Poultrygeist now, too, though, right? I suppose. So I watched Poultrygeist, which many regard as like one of the best trauma films. A revival. <laughs> some say, some say this is like the, like, up there with Troma and Juliet. This Return is, to form. This is not the case. Uh, no. So Poultry Geist is apparently, the story goes that Kaufman tells, and he's a storyteller. Oh, yeah. Is, uh, is a McDonald's moved in next to the Troma offices, <laughs> and uh, apparently they started getting lots of rats and like other good. disgusting things. And the McDonald's were not good neighbors. And he would talk to them about this, and they did nothing. So he's like, well, I'm going to make a movie about how disgusting <laughs> McDonald's are. So he makes a movie about KFC instead, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's like the, that's not even this kind of the same thing. No, so he gets like he they they're able to like rent a McDonald's that's been abandoned or closed mm-hmm. in like Queens, um, and this movie is like. They just start like at this point. Okay, one thing we haven't talked about is the downscaling of the company. How it seems like mm-hmm. at one point they spent money to make movies, and then mm-hmm. I think over time they realized, hey, it doesn't matter how much we spend on a movie, we make the same amount. So we're just going to keep cutting back how much we spend, and they'll make about the same. Mm-hmm. And so every movie is just about cutting corners just a little bit more. So, Poltergeist Perfect. the. The only thing to recommend Poultrygeist is the the Night of the Living Dead chicken mutant monster possession stuff, mm-hmm. which is pretty rad. Like the costumes for all the chicken monster people are pretty mm-hmm. cool. And you get them like in like hordes of them coming down on this building. The movie itself. So uh, I, I believe there's something involving um, burial Indian graveyard stuff of course oh the other the other thing that's a commonality in lloyd kaufman is he really loves talking about native americans and he's making jokes about them and but but in this one it's about how how drunk they are (laughs) yeah there you go rj there you go (laughs) yep well i mean i i haven't seen it come up yet but i mean Oh, there's not, it's, it's not surprising yeah, he, when he does. It's always like, hey, here's like an Italian in an, uh, an Indian costume. Oh, that's the one thing that I like in Cannibal is when they do uh, encounter the First Nations peoples. Oh, it's Japanese. just Japanese. Yeah, I thought that was funny. I liked it. Yeah. Tell me more about Poultry Geist's, uh Well, the, the the downside of this whole number is it's a musical. 
Mm-hmm. And it is a horrible musical. The songs suck. It, I, I couldn't even imagine you watching this. If you didn't like Terra Firmer and you didn't like yeah. Citizen Toxie, this is like w- so much worse than those things. I believe it. It's oh, I so bad. Lloyd Kaufman, again, is in his too. Um, I don't even know what the fuck to talk about with this movie. Let's pull up the that's, synopsis. That's enough. That's a starter. That's enough. I don't know. Mm. We've been talking for like eight hours. Only almost four. Just shy. Just shy. Uh, humans, yeah. the other white meat, unless you're black, then it's dark meat. Or if you're Asian, then it's yellow meat. Or if you're Native oh. American, it's God. red meat. See, that's where we're going. Yeah. That's where we're going with this type of uh, movie I, picture. I follow. Yeah. It is just like, I don't know. There's like... There's a couple of death scenes that are like pretty awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Like in, in actually one of them involving uh, Joe, Joe uh, Fleshaker um, where he, he emerges out of himself as like a, a muscle man on skeleton and he's like walking around. That <laughs> is pretty awesome. Um, th- th- that's about it. This movie sucks though. Like, yeah, not good. Not good at all. But man, there's people who fucking love it. And it's like, I ask, what's wrong with them? Is that is that a generational gap? Maybe this one's for you. Maybe you're part of the poultry guys generation, RJ. I really doubt it, man. <laughs> I doubt it too. I really doubt it. There's so few things that I like. I don't know what it is. Andrea asked me the other day, she's like, when did you like die inside? And I was like, well, I don't know. Last couple of years, I guess. She's like, you used to like, like so much stuff. And now you just don't like anything. I was like, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I don't have to tell you. I, well, I, it all started three years ago when I started this podcast. That's true. Yeah, and then uh, and then I just just full of remorse and hate and loathing. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Poultry oh, guy stay. Yeah. One thing I'll throw out too is because uh, we haven't talked about him yet. Uh, one of the highlights of doing this trauma thing for me is that I've uh, discovered the films of Giuseppe Andrews. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yep. watched. Uh, I, I would say that like the jumping on point for him would be watching the Adam Rifkin documentary. Uh, mm-hmm. Gi- Giuseppe makes a movie that would give you a sense of the sort of uh, movies that he's making because these are gummo style Harmony Corinne films. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, and these are like this is more like the trash humpers side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so your mer- your uh, mileage will ver- will definitely vary depending on uh your tolerance for this type of filmmaking but right. uh he, like yeah uh, lloyd kaufman was distributing his stuff in the early days and put out a few of his films like trailer town uh mm-hmm. and one of the the one that i actually quite liked touch me in the morning uh, and there's one other one called um pieces something like that i didn't get to watch that one ran out of time you know watching 50 of these in one month will do that to you mm-hmm but um, yeah, I I have enjoyed his films. It's uh, I wouldn't have watched them otherwise if I hadn't done this. So, yay! So you got something out of it. I got one thing out of it. One That's thing. That's nice. And a very long podcast episode. But how about Probably. Axiom Maximus, RJ? Oh, baby. Okay, how do you want to go about this? You just tell me how you uh, how it went down. You uh, messaged me last yesterday. Yeah, saying lay it out there for people. Uh, you went. Uh, and I'm like, what? Action Maximus. You should watch the first five minutes. Just watch the first five minutes of this movie. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, uh, I'll, I can do that. And then I watched the first five minutes. Within the first minute or so, I was like, whoa, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. But then about the next two and a half minutes are black credits. And I'm like, what is RJ talking about? And then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep watching it based on the first minute. Mm-hmm. And 
Wow. This is some uh, outsider art right yep. here. Yeah. So, uh, so Actium Maximus, War of the Alien Dinosaurs is the subtitle. 2005 directed by Mark Hicks. So when I when I said uh, to Jared, I was like, what I meant was, we got a live one here, man. We got to watch this thing. And the reason I wanted Jared to watch a little bit of it was because I was like, I will probably not describe this accurately, and I need someone else to have seen a little bit of it right. to kind of steer me in the right way. So this was actually, uh, this is a double bill with uh, Star Wars 2, apparently. This thing gets packaged together with uh, one of the worst movies I watched all month. Yeah. So I'm watching this, I throw on this Actium Maximus, and I was just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) So this thing is like, I actually, I rated this really highly in my ranked list. Uh, I watched the whole thing. Uh, I actually, I think it's. That's a tough order too. Because this, this, this movie is not an easy it's watch. It's not very accessible. All you need is about maybe the first half hour and you're good. At most. Yeah, yeah. at most. Yeah, and you'll get the whole the whole run through. Um, this movie is like, it's it's wild, man. Like, so you start and you get like kind of this, exa- uh, this explanation about how there is this, or you don't even get an explanation about the planet, but there is this like different planet with aliens and there is a, Coliseum like gladiatorial like thing where uh, the planet is run by this grand automaton Pol Pox who's kind of like um, uh, like a Doctor Who villain yep. uh, what are the the Daleks yep. or whatever it's like this QB thing that like moves and it's this like sentient robot and he rules everything on this planet and then there are these other aliens called the Laphrodites which I kind of thought like in Halo three, the video game, there were those like parasite things that were like kind of floating, like squiddy guys. That was like the best way I could pick it. And, uh, so like the, the grand automaton doesn't like that. These like rebels are here. He doesn't like their religious practices. They're not like assimilating, but there are these gladiatorial games and they have the things that they call alien dinosaurs, but what they really, they're just like these giant fucking monsters with like, like three or four heads. And uh, when you get introduced to these things, there's like this guitar, like doom metal music playing. <laughs> and it, they just like come out and they're like, Bruh! and it's just like long, like long lingering shots of them kind of moving, but never fighting each other. It's just them moving. Mm-hmm. And then it'll show you like the aftermath and it'll just be like, like body parts and it'll be close ups of like red stuff. And it's like red fuzz. And it's really hard to dis- distinguish what's going on. And I said in my review, I was like, so when I had shingles, Jarrett, from cruising, when you gave me shingles, uh, I, I was on this medication and I had like these fever dreams and they were like totally fucking like like vivid. And like I was like kind of lucid awake, but they were like completely uncomprehensible. And I feel like that's what this movie is. Where it's like, it's not like a hard storyline to follow. Like you can kind of follow it, but there's all these like these dips into these long action scenes with the doom metal plane. And it's just, it's, it's, it's fucking crazy, man. Like I actually, I I do like this movie. I watched Mm -hmm. the whole thing and I was just like, like, I was like, I don't know. I don't even know what this is. I love the idea of this movie. 
And yeah. I, I love the look. Like when all the kids are always on about a vapor wave and stuff or synth yeah. wave and stuff like that. It's like, <laughs> that's what this is. And no one talks about it. I think, mm-hmm. I think it being part of the trauma label probably hurts it. Hurts because it. Yeah. No one, no, no one's going to watch this. Like you look at the poster and you're like, what the fuck is this? And yeah. like, you, then you watch it and you're like, what? is this like how like who made this like some man like i want to know more about mark hicks i, I want to know this guy yeah okay so i did some digging and it, he is this guy's a fucking ghost it was the only thing he ever made he acted directed and uh produced yeah. it and if, if he, a lot of his family did like the designs and stuff like that and he's like the main guy but i can't find anything else about mm. how this guy existed yeah so what happened to him where is he yeah now? Where, where that is, but like there's him and this actually really reminded me of like um, a uh, like a Mega 64 skit. But like like even that is like giving giving this thing a lot of credit where it's just like the Mega 64 stuff is like actually like produced. I, I don't know, man, like this thing that the only reason I wanted you to watch this was because I was like, I don't know how to fucking talk about this thing. But I want to because I'm kind of like taken back by this. Well, you know this what? Movie. It kind of reminds me of like um, if you remember uh, uh, Evil Within, where like it's this movie that's mm-hmm. made by this like cokehead. Or like, oh yeah, yeah. And it's like, but yeah. it's like it's actually a movie. Yeah. And then you have this movie, which mm-hmm. like I'm like, what? Like, where did this go wrong? Like, what? What was? What was the process of it? Like, did? Like, yeah. But it's amazing. But it's like I, I love it because of how. It doesn't resemble anything that anyone mm-hmm. would actually want to make, and it's there, and it's just like so repetitive and like puppets. The, the puppets all look awesome though. Like, yeah, so much work was actually put into like the design, and I actually at times love because there's these like the unintelligible dialogue, and like yeah. some of it's yeah. subtitled it's and some of it isn't. But then, but you read the dialogue, mm-hmm. you're like, I love this like ridiculous shitty sci-fi text that you're getting mm-hmm. where the words don't make any sense. But I never got more sick of anything in my life as every time I get. Meanwhile, on Cursorplex or whatever it was, oh, I yeah. hated that so much. It I was a like, because I kept thinking like the movie was over, and then it's like, meanwhile, I'm like, no, like, I just wanted to end. Yeah, like, I, well, I this wanna... thing's yeah, it's yeah, feature, sorry. it's feature length, mm-hmm. um, and like it's so like, mm-hmm. nothing changes or happens in it, but like it's quite a it's quite a trip to watch. Yeah, like if any, so like you were saying, your big takeaway from Troma was finding Giuseppe. My big takeaway is Actia Maximus, man. Like, because, <laughs> like, it, it's the only reason I watched it was because it had Alien in the title. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, I, I was just, and see, like, even now, I'm just like, I don't even know how to fucking talk about this thing. And that was why I wanted you to watch it. I was like, I need someone else to bounce this off of because yeah. it's, and it's not like, this isn't like Citizen Kane, this, oh, no, guys. This isn't a movie. This isn't a movie. It's not even on IMDb. It's not even tagged as a movie. It's tagged as a video. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. Never, it's, it's, this does not have a theatrical release. It's so, I don't know. It's unlike anything else. Yeah. I was, I was just like, man, this is it's fascinating. Fucking, it's very, yeah. it's fascinating stuff. Like I said, like I put this How in bizarre. Like, this is, an, it's an art film than it is anything that, that uh, Troma mm-hmm. would put out. Speaking of art in cinema, The Taint. We're in the, the homes. We're in the home stretch, RJ. Yeah, I know we're getting close. We might only need one more bathroom break before we can finish this. Oh, we can do it. The, the taint. Uh, what's there to say about the taint, Jarrett? Um, this title is very misleading. 
the poster is striking. I've always remember I've always remembered yeah. this poster since like first getting back into the DVD horror Blu-ray kind of thing way back when and being like, what is this mm-hmm. movie? That looks kind of cool. But then I'd see that trauma thing go, Ugh. and then yeah. be like, so I've always just been like, nah, not for me. And I've always like never really known what it was about. And then, yep. Then you watched so, it. A friend of the show, uh, was telling me that he met the creator of the taint in a, in an elevator one time. Hmm. And he said, I liked your movie. And the guy went, cool. Thanks, man. That's that. Wow. Uh, so the taint is like, uh, it's, I watched it a while ago, but so this movie is like this dystopian future where the water is tainted. I guess maybe that's the taint. Yeah. Yeah, not like an actual human, like we'll male just, we'll, we'll taint. Just, we'll, we'll just, yes, it's not the male taint. So it's the water is tainted and like the water turns people into these like ravenous, like zombie type people. Who murder and rape and torture M- women. Mur- murder and rape, yeah. And, and, but, uh, you're, but you also get a big penis out of the deal. Yes, that's true. Yeah, you get this huge dick. So I take this as dicks and boners. And a friend of the show, Sam Sanchez, was like both dicks and boners. And I was like, yeah. It's it's a very subtle, mm. subtle distinction Allegedly. here. Allegedly. So there are these like dick boner rapists walking around. And then you're introduced to this like blonde, like baby face guy. And uh, he's, a, he's a simpleton. He's a simpleton. And he's he kind of like the director. Yes. Yeah. So he he's the guy. Um, and he's like kind of doing his own thing. And he comes across this lady uh, and they're talking about, he's like, Oh, you haven't changed. And I feel like this world is for people who don't hydrate properly, but cause it's like anyone who was just drinking pop would have probably been fine. Like I, I know people who don't drink water. There was this fucking guy I know, Jared last week. He's like, I'm, he's like, it's so hot out. I don't want to like dehydrate. So you know what he did instead of drinking a glass of water, he bought a fucking watermelon to eat <laughs> instead of drinking water. I was like, just drink water. Fascinating fascinating so anyways uh there are people who just don't drink water which is unbelievable uh this thing like i don't like new digital filming i think it looks Uh, like shit yep and uh this thing also goes for like art house aesthetic which i also don't really like but i i kind of liked this movie like i think it does do some things right it's just i don't like the new digital filming and it's yeah, that's something that's also yeah. crept up in the uh, trauma movies. Uh, after, yeah. like with Terra Firmer, like I'm, it looks digital to me, and I can't get confirmation on that. Um, but yeah, yeah, like that's where that became. Then Poultrygeist is just like looks like horrible. Um, yeah, so that's that's a major bummer. Uh, but there are a few things I liked in this movie, and uh, it, it it actually really reminded me of uh, Fatal Farms RoboCop thing, just like boner rapists like kind of walking around. Uh, I don't know. I think the taint is pretty good. Like, I don't think it's it's not an eight plus <laughs> movie or anything yeah. like that. But I liked it more than some of the other uh, trauma stuff it, I was watching. It was just like, so it's all flashbacks. Like, yeah, there's, there's like, a lot of flashbacks. It's, well, like, that's like the whole, there's like the main thrust of the movie, which is maybe about twenty minutes of it, and then there's like the other fifty minutes. It's like twenty mm-hmm. minutes per flashback or something like that. And you're like, oh, it, it's like it reminds me of like there's like the one movie, The Signal, which is like. A much better movie um it's like kind of like kind of like idea of like zombies or whatever and this it's like what are these people like they can control themselves but women just make them go out and kill people they don't yeah. really flush that one out too much oh we also get the uh yeah. the abortion with the coat hanger scene thrown in there for good measure yeah that one's a little uh mm, but you're okay with that one apparently compared to other things that we've seen 
Mm, no, I wasn't like super into that. Real into that? I wasn't real into that or anything <laughs> really? like that. I mean, I, I rated Tromeo and Juliet higher than Taint, and I didn't like that. It, like, I don't like rape dungeons or abortion coat hangers. In, so in, in, in my dorm room. <sighs> yeah, it's see. This is the thing. This is when when we were like, we're gonna do trauma. I was like, I'd rather not. Yeah, this movie but, feels like the child of uh, of trauma, though. Like everything about yeah, it. Like when you yeah. have like the one guy. Okay, first of all, I just got to ask. Neither of you two are faggots, right? And I'm like, what the fuck? You're like, like good. It's like that flies in 1985. In 2010, in 2010, it's kind of like, ugh. You're really <laughs> just going to alienate a whole bunch of people, aren't you? Because it's not True. even like this is a period piece and we're going to ironically call people fags, which is yeah. just as awesome. Right, RJ? Mm. Yeah. So, sure. yeah, the taint. Uh, not a fan. It just felt like a really cheap kind of like YouTube video series that I would yeah. never watch. Um, That's fine. I didn't think yeah. you would like it. No. Uh, and then... 2011, boy, this is like where me and Troma go part ways. Yep. So you watch Father's Day, but I just want to mention that I attempted watching this film that they also picked up called The Los Angeles Ripper, a.k.a. L.A. Maniac. I watched 13 minutes of this, and uh, I was good. This is shot on video, like, vi- mm. like mini DV. In 2011? Mini DV, or, like, so uh. it, it, or actually maybe even on someone's phone. It mm-hmm. is just absolute garbage like good absolutely like fuck off do not waste my time with this Mm -hmm. ever so that that's where my uh like nope modern cinema i don't know there's something wrong with it (laughs) because uh (laughs) something's wrong all right man i don't know this is what people are wanting to do and uh yeah but tell me about Mm -hmm. father's day rj okay so father's day is a very mixed bag, Jarrett. A mixed bag. So you and me have talked about this. You don't like Astron 6, right? Nope. Nope. So hey, this hey was that this is my first this was my first foyer foyer into Astron 6. Uh I'd never seen any of their stuff before. And I feel like it's kind of this mix between like uh kind of like Tim and Eric but mixed with like the grime of trauma and then something else on top of that, something else on top of that too, Jared. So it's like this mix between this, like very self-aware comedy over the top gore and then like pushing boundaries of what's obscene. I think that's why like Lloyd Kaufman was into this. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, because he they also distributed. There's like an Astron Six short films DVD that they also put out. Yeah, yeah. So there's that, and then uh, from what I believe, or from what I've been led to believe, there's the the Manborg movie. Yep. And then uh, they have a Giallo. The also, editor, which the editor. Yeah. Are, are you a fan? No, no, you don't like them at all, right? No, they are they are absolutely not my thing. What, what about that Biocop preview? That looks that was awesome. Have you seen that? No. No. Okay. So there's like a, on one of their features, there's like a five minute trailer for a movie that like, cause I guess that's how they got started. They were making like fake trailers yeah. and there's a thing called Biocop. I actually really liked that. I thought that was awesome. And is then, it, uh, is it like Kung Fury? 
Mm, it's like uh, it's like a cop that's like melting and wants to die but can't. <laughs> well, that sounds okay, but uh, but I'm sure I think that sh- these boys will mess it up because they also did that the void. Or half of them did the void. Yeah. Okay. So apparently, what it was was like Astron Six is like uh, it was two different groups of filmmakers from fucking Winnipeg yep. of all places, and uh, apparently they were always competing against each other in the like in these like fake like or these film festivals where it's like short films yep. where, where they were making these like fake trailers, and uh, eventually they were just like, hey, why don't we just do something together? So now they are doing stuff together. But it was one guy who uh, did The Void. It was Jeremy Gillespie, I think, was the guy. Yeah, so like one of the dudes went off and did The Void, but not all of them are in there. So it's just like these these other ones. Uh, but yeah, like that Biocop is really cool. And then they have a, um, a short in uh, ABC's of Death that I watched. Uh, have you seen that? Yes. I, I like that, Which where it's one? like action toys, and they like go to the world of the action toys. I thought that was really good, too. It's really fucking dark. It's got like fantasy man. Uh, I'll send them your way. They're both loggable and letterbox, so it's oh, not well. wasted time, Jarrett. Perfect. Uh, I'll send them both your way after. But anyway, you know I don't like to waste my time. I know you don't. You don't. If you can't log it, Jarrett won't watch it. That's just <laughs> a fact. So Father's Day is this movie where there is a man named Fuckman who rapes goes dads. around and he rapes dads. So if you're a dad, this guy is gonna rape you. Uh, there are lots of scenes of men being raped, which uh, is definitely the part of the movie that I'm not a fan of uh, because I don't like watching people being raped. Uh, and it is a very strong element in this movie. Yep. <laughs> so there's that. And I'm not really on board with that. So what happens is there's that. Then you have like the his his name is Ahab. So he's like the Ahab character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the guy who had lived through it years ago. And he's back now because Fuckman is back. You have the younger guy who's experiencing it for the first time. His dad gets raped and murdered. So it's the young guy, the Ahab character, and then a priest. And they're teaming up to battle the Fuckman. Uh, so what you have is them, they're fighting the fuck man. And this movie has a couple turns where it's like, at first it's just like, it's just them. They're trying to find this guy. And then it turns into like this occult thing where the fuck man has like an occult, uh, of followers. And you're like, Oh, okay. And it goes that way. And then what happens is it actually goes into the spiritual realm, Jared, and they go into hell to battle the fuck demon fuck man. Uh, and then it goes that route also. So this movie has a couple couple turns. Uh, I actually, believe it or not, Jared, I actually liked Father's Day. Uh, I don't like the rape stuff. It is excessive. It's 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 too much, and it, it like it just shows guys getting raped. There's like guys just covered in shit in this movie, and I was like, ugh. So like I don't really like that stuff, but uh, I did like. Uh, I actually do kind of th- like I do like their humor. I know you said you do you don't like their humor. There there are certain scenes in this that uh, I actually thought were pretty funny, um, and I think I I do kind of like what they're going for. Like I see why you don't like it, uh, like the way it's kind of set up, which is the same reasons why I don't like Terra Firmer, where like the 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 way the comedy is presented, I don't like Terra Firmer for that. But uh, Father's Day somehow works for me. 
Uh, it's just, yeah, the rape stuff really kind of brings me down. But the rest of the movie, I was like, yeah, this isn't bad. Like, I was like, I like this. And uh, there's some funny stuff that I laughed at. I, I do think for you, it's it's probably some of it is just too over the top in the in the comedy or like too like shitty. too like wink wink. It's like the the production of it, how cheap yeah. it looks. It, it looks like shit to me. Like it doesn't like I'm so distracted by like how poorly made the movies are. Sure. And it's like they could try so much harder to do this and they don't because that's like part of their aesthetic. <laughs> it's yeah. like not not my thing. At yeah. all. No, I get it. I can see why it wouldn't be for you, but it's like I said, amazingly, uh, I was into it. This movie had body burns. It had uh, body melts. Had some strip club uh, club priests. Now you can watch Manborg. Uh, I will watch Manborg. I would. I'll, I'll watch their other stuff uh, in Creeptober. But I'll send you those shorts. They're actually pretty good. But I don't know. Maybe you won't like them. <laughs> I don't know anymore. <sighs> what else do we have to talk about? Finally, here? finally. Uh-huh. Finally, I watched Return to Nukem High Volume One. Volume One. So how was the the return? Not to good. Nukem Not good. <laughs> Not so, good, man. <laughs> so this is like apparently the the, the tale goes that mm-hmm. uh, Lloyd Kaufman was talking to Quentin Tarantino like at, mm-hmm. at at con a few years earlier, and Tarantino's like, you should do something more ambitious. Fuck. Like do okay. something, like make like a real movie. Like why are you slumming? Mm-hmm. It? Why are you still making this stuff? You, you should make a real movie. Like I like your stuff. Why don't you make a real movie? And he took mm-hmm. him up on his challenge, and uh, he's like, "Well, in my homage, I'm going to do two volumes just like Kill Bill." And uh, so he decided to do. He's he basically just took Class of Newcom High and split it into two movies and remade them with like 2013 Canadian t- TV. Like production value, that's, why? That's the step up. But why? Because I don't know. Because no one, everyone's like gotten smart and doesn't work for him anymore. Mm. He's like alienated everyone. I sent you some pictures of the types of people that go to conventions and work for him still. Oh yeah, you've seen yeah. you've seen it all. And I've seen um, some stuff. You've seen some things. And uh, boy, oh boy, yeah, this movie is just like it's so unessential. It is so unnecessary. It doesn't need to exist. It doesn't do it. It's, it does everything the f- original movie did, but it takes a lot longer to get to those things. And they changed up mm-hmm. the thing where it's like, well, instead of like a guy girl, it's two girls. Of course it is. Yeah. Cause that's hot. But it's like, no, is it? It's not. It's not. <laughs> I, I don't care. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't, I don't go to trauma for sexiness. <laughs> Why not? It's just, uh, I don't really watch really most things for sexiness. What do you, uh, I was going to call you a big Q word, but. Oh, well, you, this, I caught it though. This would have been the episode to do it. I know you you hate monger. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I seen some people say like, wow, this movie's got really good lighting and looks like a real movie. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. It looks like a TV movie at best, which I guess is still a step up. But I'm like, no, like the. Toxie one and uh, Class of Newcomb High one, I thought looked okay. I mean, is there any word on what uh, Quentin thought of this? No, I don't no? know. If words soon coming. I'm pre- I'm pretty sure it'll just be like, oh, that's what that will look like. Oh, oh, and so the other thing. So this movie, uh, this is where uh, Lloyd has discovered Kickstarter. 
Oh no! So now of he's, so he's got that Kickstarter money. You know, after uh, James Rolfe made uh, a whole bunch of money to make a really bad movie, um, uh-huh. so Kaufman can do that too. And so, Volume Two is still apparently making its way to uh, backers this at this very moment. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it looks like with Return to Newcomb High, Lloyd discovered CGI blood, which like is one thing that like you could say it was like good about the earlier films that he was still doing everything practical, practical, but come to return to Newcomb high. No, um, let's, let's gussy it up. I mean, there are like practical reasons to use CGI blood where you don't have to like ruin clothing because of exploding blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. But especially when you're working low budget, it makes way more sense. And it's interesting that Kaufman went so long, but he never does yeah. like, he doesn't really do second takes or anything like that. Like he's a very sloppy filmmaker and, uh, very sloppy, very, um, uh, always stressing out about the wrong things, I believe. Uh, I, I follow. Yeah. I follow, Jerry. There's a reason why he is Lloyd Kaufman. Mm-hmm. He's about, he's the brand ambassador. Ooh. Well, then. Yeah. So we're almost in the finishing light here, Jared. I think that's it. What about Doggy Tales? Well, you can tell me about Doggy Tales. So, Jared, this is probably unironically the be- one of the best trauma movies I've watched all month. It is 30 minutes of puppies at, at a dog park playing. Uh, nothing un, nothing uncouth happens to any of those dogs. There's no secret dog killer, Silver Lake style, hiding in the background. There's no Toxic Avenger blind support dogs being shot or anything like that. It's just 30 minutes of dogs hanging out, running around. The dogs talk. Uh, one dog's really scared because it's going to to the kennel, and it's like I don't know what it's going to be like over there. But the other dogs comfort the doggy, and it's like, hey, this is kind of stuff we're into, and it's just them running around, playing with toys, going for a swim. It's big doggy fun, it says Jared. Wow. Directed by Uncle Lloyd himself. <laughs> Allegedly. On the YouTube, that's what it claims. 49 people have logged this film. Nice. So I'm on board with it. I think it's good. Doggy tails, Jarrett. Beautiful. Doggy tails. And I think that is that a wrap? I think that's the, it. On Tromaville? Yep. The This will be our longest episode ever. Taking, good. Taking full moon over. Overtaking full moon? Yep. What are we at here? Oh, wow. We've been recording for four and a half hours. Christ. Yeah. We'll see what that breaks down to with some, a little bit of trimming, but um, that'll do it. And I just made my uh, trauma ranked list live. You did? Yeah. So Good for you. For, for all the world. Well, folks, I hope it was worth it. Uh, I'd be really surprised if anyone is still listening at this point. But if you are, congratulations. Kudos to you. Congratulations. You almost waste, wasted a 30th of the time we wasted this month. That's right. That's right. Sadly. Well, next time um, you hear from us, we'll be talking about Jean-Luc Godard, of all things. Oh, what a, uh, they're almost the same, right? And perhaps we'll uh, throw in us a, a treat for anyone still listening at this point. The week after that, we're doing Blade Runner. Ooh, do you think anyone actually is going to listen to this? Uh, we're going to find out. We'll find out, hey? <laughs> well, 
Awesome. All right. What, what are we going to do next year, RJ? Nothing. I really hope the podcast is over by then. Well, you just might get your wish. Yeah, we'll see. Good night, folks. Good. Watch out for those dog rapists and father fuckers shotgunning women mm. and blowing off dicks and all those Kaufman-esque things. Blowing off dicks, hey? Yep. Unbelievable. We're bad people. Phoebe Legends was toxic vixen until she got gold busted. And the priceless road trips. Nightmare weekends on the Jersey Shore. And special effects in recorded live. People just played it. Drummers walk. Drummer.